I want to talk about our wonderful surprise that we have. So we're being joined right now by two comic bloggers. Joining us via Skype, we have Eric Shea and an avid comic book collector for over 20 years. And we have Jim Werner, who's been an avid comic fan for over three years. Now, Eric and Jim are bloggers whose fan site focuses on DC comics called Weird Science Comics Blogs.blogspot.com. Hey, it's time for that big song, bitch, also known as the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And this is Boy, that, number- that butchering of that that website url just it kills, kills me. me it kills me too i i uh, wanted to laugh so goddamn bad because i can't help it every fucking time like uh, why what, would what you do that to us this, what this episode, episode we number 81 of weird out loud Whew, 81 yes hello and welcome to the official and official podcast of weird science dc comics.com for the week of july 23rd 2016 eric you pumped up you pumped pump baby i don't know Ooh. what was it christine or i think it was christine actually when i was listening to that to get it ready yeah. uh what what a moron what a moron like, you were we eric here, you me <laughs> i'm saying though here we are like okay it's our big shot we're gonna do this great cross promotion we're gonna talk about this comic people are gonna be on tv talking about our site yep. and they come fucked us they fucked and, us. and, and they even say on it she says at one point we had the podcast at that point for about three months and yeah we you know we could act all Freaking high and mighty and pretentious, but uh, we really thought that it was gonna—we were gonna catapult Sky to the moon. Just a fan for, to like, start the a- moon. I don't know what we thought we were gonna be, but boy, uh, right is. when she said that, we were—I don't know it's how you were—I was sitting there. I'm like, oh no, here we go. And then they get me on. I, I should play that nonsense that I was saying. I don't even know what the hell. <laughs> then uh, I was actually watching it to grab the sound from right. it, and I hear at the end. Me talking about the pot. I don't even remember that. I was so goddamn tired. I'm tired. Well, I'm telling you, we don't remember it's, each week we talk about shit. Well, we talk nine, 19 hours of goddamn <laughs> podcasts. I hear all these other podcasts because, Eric, I've been upping the ante. I've been listening to tons of podcasts. And you did uh, allude to one of my favorites, the 365 Flicks podcast, which sure I did. have nothing but praise for them. I love them. Uh, there's none, There's some others out there, though, Eric. Oh, they do, bitch, you moan. This one podcast I listen to, I'm not even going to say who it is. Weird Science? Uh, Maybe. No, they have like an hour-long podcast. I think 30 minutes of it is bitching and moaning about how tired they are and how overworked. Like, really? Overworked. It's a cute little podcast they have. I remember my first podcast. Yes, but we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network. Proud. We be geeks network. Yeah, Proud. I got my voice back a little. Yeah, nice. the one guy on the site yelling at me about my. Uh, well, you didn't have to yell your kids all day, Ricola. right? Ricola. How's that? <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> and also the Batman Podcast Network. Also, I want to give a Proud. little shout out to the Potter Family hashtag group on Twitter, which is pretty awesome. That's how we met the three six five flicks. And like I said, I, I listen to them all week and laugh. I laugh and laugh. And you know why? It's because I told you it, it, they are like the Scottish version of us. Yeah. Like if anybody listens to us and really they're like, oh, three six five flicks. Oh, they talk movies or whatever. I don't know if I. If you like the nonsense that we yell, <laughs> they're they're with the, they're us with a Scottish accent, which always ups the class. Eric. Oh yeah, definitely. A British accent does Scottish. I don't if know you, about that. If you don't like our nonsense, then all bets are off. 
Actually, I'd still listen to them. But yeah, you can follow us, us, Eric, us on Twitter at Weird Science DC. You can talk to me. I'm always yapping, always yapping. I, I haven't been uh, yapping as much this week. I, I'll be like week. that other podcast. I've been fucking cold. tired all goddamn week. It's been hot, hot and tasty, Eric. <laughs> also, like us on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics. You can email Please. us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Also, follow our site, which I mentioned earlier, weirdsciencedccomics.com. And on Fish. Uh, we're at Podbean at weirdsciencedccomics.podbean.com, and our show is available wherever other fine podcasts are found, including iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, Podbean, Google Play, Eric. We all love the Internet's land. And if you listen to it on any of those that allow you to rate and review it, do it. Us, do it, Doug, as you always That's tell right. me. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we'd appreciate a good review. We're not going to force anybody into anything, are we? I'm going to shoot this dog if you don't give us a good review. Really? Right? Going to pull no, this nobody, gave us ass. nobody gave us reviews this week. Nobody cares. Nobody cares, Eric. Also, that I makes sense. tell you, if you want to talk to us, not in person. I almost said in Thank person. Thank God. If you want to call in, yeah. <laughs> I yeah, got scared. You, really, if, if they were going to call in and talk to us in person, it would be a very boring podcast because both me and you would shut up. We wouldn't say a word. I know. I hate talking on the telephone. Uh, I don't know. I, I was listening to... Some podcast this week, uh, I can't even remember. I'm bad with that. But uh, one guy was actually talking on his phone during the podcast. Like, that was how he called in. I could not do that. My no. ear gets too hot. Gets too hot, Eric. you got to have your arm propped up. And like, Plus, I have the cord, and I'm twirling the cord because I have a uh, rotary phone landline downstairs because I'm a hipster. That's what's funny now. If I did have that, I'd be a hipster. About 10 years ago, I'd be, you know, so behind the times. Now it's come all full circle. Hipster, Eric. I got a twirly mustache. I look like Shaggy in that fucking Scooby-Doo apocalypse or whatever. sexy? He was pretty sexy. I, I will give him that. But, yeah, you can call into our Weird Science Rant and Rave line. Call at 641-715-3900 and enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. And I will say, when we do comics and we... Oh, yeah. When we talk about comics, I always say, like, by the end of a comic, if I really am invested in that comic, any new character, it doesn't matter how new they are, I will remember their name. If you ask me during the week in a random time, Jim, what's the rant rave line? I fucking, I have no clue. No idea. No clue. I, it's not, it doesn't roll off the tip of your tongue, does it? I couldn't does tell it? you what the freaking website was for two years. That is true, but we do have some rant and raves. And because of the soundboard, Eric, this fancy soundboard, we actually you, can interact parents. with these. I'm going to play these rant and rave uh, right now, and we're going to talk about it. Here is the first one, Eric. It's from Dancing Mike. All right. The following message is brought to you by the Golden Age 1942 in Maryville, <laughs> Mike, Tennessee. He's, he, I think he's getting kicked off. Oh, weird Eric. science. He's really pushing that goddamn show. Damn, hello, you other people and sick burn hello mother sick burn i um, just wanted to check in and uh called for a while um this is my update on the dc comic subscription service and how freaking wonderful it is <laughs> um so i waited and waited and waited and never received batman number two so oh, he was being sarcastic. The I Golden get you. Age, 1942. Earlier today, I, I bought Batman again. number two and Batman number three, 
and came home and called DC Comics and said, send me a freaking refund for the rest of this. And yeah, that was, yeah, I'm getting a refund. Not going to do that anymore. I don't know why you do it anyway. Um, you go to the so, comic book shop all the time. Yeah, really, I, I think that I just paused it there. So we Thank you. Uh, boy, it, I hope somebody is getting paid from this podcast. I, if it's Dancing Mike, I'm all for it anyway. I really hope that Dancing Mike goes to this comic shop and just talks about us the whole time. <laughs> it gets on the nerves. Like, hey, I bet if he mentioned us, they wouldn't lo- allow him in anymore. That's what happened to D-Ron. You, got <laughs> you mentioned us, you get kicked out. Uh, it's funny, though. I have to say, uh, Mike... If you haven't watched Dan's videos uh, on YouTube, you have to go because he really does. <laughs> uh, it calls to mind that what was that shop that Dan always oh, yells leveled about? up. Yeah, level up. He's always young, but back to back to Mike. So anyway, uh, Batman, I got to read two and three right in a row. I'm really, really enjoying this story so far. It's nice to see that Gotham and Gotham Girl are actually people who are trying to do good, and they're not villains yet. Yeah, I think that a yeah, yeah. psycho pirate will have something to do about or something to say about that. And um, um, I love Matches Malone. And uh, most of all, Alfred being a bit snarky in issue two was a bit of, yeah, he was a bit too snarky for yeah, my... Uh, I didn't like Dude, it, Alfred is well. dead inside in the series. Yeah, I don't know. Even this, this issue, uh, when it, we talked about... It bothered about me, this issue as well. Yeah, he has a really bad line. But uh like he wants to die. He is tired of living at this point. He keep when they have the oh a suicide bomber on the why can't it be in the back cave, he's yelling. Yeah, pretty much like oh he's so, so original. Alfred, people are fucking yeah. dead. That's I was I wrote him. I have a goddamn heart, man. I was man. so angry, but here's my continuing. Uh, just a small quibble because I'm just glad that Batman is no longer the raging dickhead that he was under Snyder's uh, tutelage and direction. So um and there's a really, really, really slow burn going on to this monster man, apparently. But overall, I'm really enjoying Batman right now. Uh, glad that I'll actually get it on time at the Golden Age, 1942 we go. in Maryville, Tennessee. Be funny, be like, what I should do is uh, when, you know, when they have ads and stuff like that in videos and they block it out, I should beep. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not getting that kickback or anything. Yep, there he goes. No kickback. suggested that. Um, but anyway, um, enjoying the podcast as always. Uh, enjoy the work you do, Jim. Uh, great work. <laughs> and um, God, the fuck dance, Mike. You do that, and, and you're the only person besides me that knows what you meant when you said Don's back pills. So yes, that's right. Old guy's got to stick together on that one, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Enjoying the podcast, and especially the stuff that you do, and <laughs> bringing those other losers along. And Big we'll talk there. to you later. Have a this, good week. Big fan. This is the only, the only reason the rant rave line is still on because Dancing Mike has. Oh these yeah, rants I love it. And and the thing is, uh, I think I might send him money. Me and <laughs> I what I was going to call. What is the shop called? Uh, the Golden Age. Golden Age. Nineteen forty-two. Yeah, yeah. One. Me and him. Me and the I heard it about seven times. I can't believe I can't remember it off the tip of my goddamn. <laughs> it's just like the random rave line. Uh, but yes, we're going to have the The next one is from a new guy, uh, Brian from Arkansas, Eric. Hey, this is Brian in Arkansas. Um, I just wanted to call and say Birds of Prey Rebirth was pretty cool. I liked the yeah, artist. Right it was, Brian. And um, I guess that's all. Yeah. I'm really feeling the new Birds of Prey title. Look forward to Batgirl with art from Raphael Albuquerque. He's pretty great. 
Yeah, who doesn't love Kirky? We love, we love Kirky. Uh, and now the next one is, again, Eric, some more praise from me from Danzig Mike. Jesus Christ. Following message is brought oh, to you goodness. by the Golden Age, 1942 in Maryville. Is the same one? I don't think Hello, it is. Hello, Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Hello, Jim. Hello, uh, you other people. Who are <laughs> the same before. goddamn oh, one. You just wanted oh. to hear it again. Mother, maybe it's dancing Mike. I just wanted to give you an update on the lovely, lovely, lovely. Yeah, it's the same goddamn one, Jim. Nope. Um, let's see. I did not get Batman number. Are you kidding me? Also today, (laughs) I I think I think he didn't think that the one. uh, I don't think he thought the one saved. Bought Batman number. Did he have this scripted? Because this is I don't know because this one's a lot less. Comic subscription service said, "Send me a refund." And okay, I have- so it's the same. <laughs> Do you send him a script to read so he like this no, is why I, he called back? Not. I think what happened is he recorded the one, and maybe he thought it didn't record, or he forgot he called because the one legitimately is a minute forty-seven seconds. That right. the first one was two thirty-nine. They were two separate calls. <laughs> I don't know. I just like hearing praise for me. I never That's what I figured. Well, here we go. Fingers crossed, Eric. Here is another one from Brian. <laughs> Hey, this is Brian in Arkansas. Again, I just thought of something else. This is else. a new one. Oh, good. Um, you guys were really raving about uh, Nicola Scott's art on Wonder Woman number two. Sorry. I had never heard of this lady until last year. She did a series with Greg Rucka at Image called Black Magic, and I was, like, blown away by both Rucka and her art. So, yeah, she needs to um, draw a lot more stuff. <laughs> I agree. You love her. She's very pretty, too. I have a cross on her. You're talking to me. We have to get her an award. And I believe that one of the years you gave her artist. I did. Artist of the year. I thought you did. For her run on Earth, too, with James Robbins. Robinson. It's so funny because I didn't have a lot of books that she drew. So every time I hear her name anymore, I get it mixed up with Emmanuel Lupacino. I don't. I, I always do. When he was saying, I'm like, yeah, and then when he, hey, and I liked her work, I'm thinking, he's going to say Supergirl. I'm like, that's not Nicholas Scott. What <laughs> an idiot. Nicholas Scott follows us on, on Twitter. Eric. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. For a while, she did not. We are important. I told you, when she started on Twitter, she was like a late bloomer yeah. on Twitter. And when she started, I didn't know, you know, I think that she didn't realize the, the back and forth of, you know, following people and all that. And then we put something up of hers. You were probably praising her to all heaven. That's what I do. Love her. And, uh, yeah, she followed us back. What do you think of that? I go to the bar. I get a little drunk. I tell people how Nicholas, my girlfriend. Yeah, you send her messages. Now we're blocked. Dick pics. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want to do that. Jesus Christ. That's why I don't drink anymore. (laughs) Ah, yes. But, yeah, uh, that is the rant raves. I know it it is a little bit of a work in progress. You (laughs) So we're going to slip these in. I don't know how it's going to sound. It's a work in progress. But, um. Other than that, I we have the soundboard, and I was so excited last week. And yes, I might have went a little bit far with the crickets and maybe farts. I don't know. I I thought it was pretty good. Some people called me out, um, but I said to you, as a young kid, like you always say, little Eric Shea. Oh, little Eric Shea used to right. Justice League book. Little Jim Warner always wanted to be on the morning zoo. That's all you I ever made heard. like little recordings of yourself. Oh, yeah. I used to record stuff and then put songs in, and I think I, uh, but yet never would ever pursue anything of the sort. This or is the play first, them for anyone. No, no. This was the first thing that I've ever done that uh, was similar. And I, from the get go, 
uh, I wanted to have the soundboard because oh, yeah. it just, to me, I just like every time you open your mouth, I want to have a fart sound. It makes me laugh. It makes me giggle. Well, yeah. according to Dancing Mike, you're doing a bang-up job. Uh, well, Dancing Mike, he's my biggest fan. But uh, one thing, <laughs> I went home yesterday uh, while we were working because I had bought the Ecto Cooler. Actually, this goes Finally. back to Dan Stransky, where Dan had a review where I played last week of the Ecto Cooler. Um, and I found where Is that it was. What that so was? I to get it. And, Couldn't uh, hear over that, all the animals. Yes, Dan and the the herd of animals. And so when I went home to get the Ecto Cooler, because I got one for you, and I forgot to take it to work. So I went to go and get it. And on the way back to work, I heard the morning zoo, and they were doing that, like, Friday, get ready for the weekend song. And I love those. I, I know you know about it. And I it, do. Here in the Lehigh Valley, Eric, the Bear Man and Keith, as they're called, uh, play that, and it's to the song Kippadonna's on my own damn couch. That's the that's the song. And, and I have no song, idea if the rest of the country or world knows this song. If no, it's just but like I know a local that, thing. I know the morning zoos all do this sort of thing. It's like, right. hey, everybody, get ready for the weekend. They play the song with the worst sound effects, like clips, movie clips inserted or whatever. So I said to you, I always wanted to have one of those. Yeah. I wanted to have the soundboard. Now we have the soundboard. We can do it. And because we don't have like a working for the weekend because most of the time, well, this goes up on Sunday night. Yeah. So most of the time, get ready for the work week thing to it for the work week. So I figured I'm going to do one of these, get people fired up like, man, I know Monday sucks, but boy, this song is getting me going. I'm fired up. So here it is, Eric. I'm going to debut it here. This is Jim's right. morning zoo song. Come on, Eric. You fired up. Let's go. Let's get you fired up, right? This is Jeopardy! Where's my gun? Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late! When your day is long... Come on, people! Hey, where are the white women at? In the night... The night is yours alone... We're going streaky! Yeah. you sure you... Everybody hurts. Some oh, no more Yankee, my wanky. The donga needs food. Sometimes everything is wrong. Inconceivable! From that day on, we was always together. Jitty and me was like peas no, and carrots. The piano key that time. I admitted it. Feel like letting go. You can do it. If you think you've had too much. Cannonball. Get your ass to wash. Oh, I was God. thinking to myself, though. No, <laughs> If going to work wasn't bad enough, we just lost 25% of our listeners to suicide. <laughs> They're all dead. 
<laughs> they all died now. Oh, my goodness gracious, Eric. Doesn't that get you pumped up, though? For oh, the- my God. Week? I'm so excited. Here this is. I'm, I'm slashing my wrist vertically. I'm not looking for attention this time. Come on, Eric. Listen, it always gets you going. This is such a feel-good song, right? Oh, fucking morning zoo. That's it, Eric. That, uh, see you in seven, Eric. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, I love the soundboard. <laughs> I can just put it anytime we're in. Oh, yes. Uh, but you know what? Uh, it is San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, Big are you aware of that, Eric? That I am aware the news of that. Of this week is that it is San Diego Comic Con. Everybody's fired up. I am not a big fan. I, I, we've Anything. talked about this many a time. Well, I'm not a big fan of the Comic Con only because you rarely get a lot of announcements. It's more of just you know you go there, you spend some money. There were some good announcements. Hell yeah! You know, because Eric, you know what it's time for? What's that? It is time for the news. Now it's time for Jim and the News. Praise me, Eric. Listening to Jim, Jim and the News is what I want to do. He's talking solicits and very uncovers before. I have my arms up. You, if you would see me, I'm like sitting here with my arms up. And now it's time for Jim and the News. <laughs> Keeps going, Eric. It's not done yet. Oh my God! I love praise. In fact, I should I should raise the level on that so you can hear it better. Yes. And now it's time for Jim and the news. Oh yeah, and I guess Eric's there too. <laughs> that is from Death's oh, Life, of course. Boss. And, uh, Stealing my funny. job and praising Jim. At one point, I was going to uh, like fade out earlier, yeah, but right. I heard the end. I'm like, I, I had to keep it going. <laughs> uh, Eric, there, uh, dancing Mike. Uh, he is. Uh, uh, he's definitely Team Jim, right? Definitely, definitely. He doesn't even know there's a Team Eric in existence. <laughs> Nobody does. No. But here is the news, Eric. Wait a minute. Can I can I play that again one more time and dance around? I get out of my chair and dance. Do, 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 do. Then I I won't be able to hear it though. But uh, you know I'll know it's there. But dance here. around like you're fucking listening to the sounds of music. Oh, uh, yes, just I, I'm telling you while he was doing it, I was like, uh, what's his name? Tim Robbins in uh, Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Hands up. You have Eric. no idea what you're talking about. No right? idea what I'm talking about, Eric. But the first You've seen the cover though. I have. I've seen that scene in videos. That's as far as I've gotten. First bit of news, Eric. DC Comics announces another exclusive creator. Um, I'm actually a little upset that they did this at Comic-Con. You know why? Yeah. It really got swept under the carpet. Did you hear anything about this? No, actually. You no. sending and, me this was the first yes, I heard. The other ones, though, when they came, even if you were like, oh, you know what? I'm not that big. But we heard about it. I think that this is something they should have released earlier this week and then had her – who is it's Joelle Jones had her at like a conference and talked about it. I think that announcing it during the weekend here uh, made it not as good. But DC Comics has announced that writer artist Joelle Jones has signed an exclusive agreement with the publisher. The deal was announced at the Friday DC Press breakfast. Ooh, you wonder what? Uh, wonder what they had. You think those blackjacks like all you can eat buffet? I would think so. Oh my God! Why can't we be there? Boy, we would. Nobody next likes thing You us. know, it's a sausage eating contest we're doing, and boy, you are good at eating. Oh my sausage, god, my friend. Re- Reggie was there. 
He probably was. <laughs> I know he's at San Diego. I don't know. Uh, Reggie always yells about us eating. He's probably there eating it up. Uh, Jones has done several works for DC, including issues of Superman, American Alien, and Fables, but is perhaps best known for her work on Lady Killer, co-created coincidentally by recently promoted Vertigo Group editor Jamie S. Rich. No immediate DC projects were announced for Los Angeles-based artists. She recently completed a short run on Marvel's Spider-Woman, currently writing and drawing a new Lady Killer series for Dark Horse which we received an advanced copy of the first issue. And it's so weird to me that she's been signed exclusively, but she's still working on this well, for it's Dark Horse. Because, yeah, it hasn't even come out yet, yeah. this, this uh, new Lady Killer series. So it, it'll be one of those, like, she can finish that, and then you come. But, yeah, we did have the preview copy or, like, an advanced review copy of the Lady Killer uh, book, and I was going to do that today because of this news. Right. got lazy. Oh, yeah, and friggin' it's a long-ass day. Damn right. I actually had a weird thing. I woke up pretty early. I did a couple reviews. I did my Batman 66 meet Steed and Peel, Mrs. Peel. And, you know, that's an important book here. Oh, yeah. Got to get get that that out. Got to get it done. Um, Did that. I'm telling you, I thought, boy, that took me an hour. And I look, it took me like 15 minutes. There was a weird (laughs) – I was in your time vortex. Yeah. Because then I'm like, fuck it. I'll review a print issue of Injustice as well. Uh, One thing, though, I went back to see because the print issue has two – uh, reviews, you know, right. two digital chapters. I went back to grab some pictures from those and was amazed at how popular those were, Eric. I am pulling my weight on the site. What do you think of that? I, I watched South Paul. <laughs> I thought you were going to say South Park. No. All right. But yeah, um, For I don't some reason, Hulu's let me watch Showtime this week. Oh. I'm not going to give that up. Oh. Was South Paul about a uh, baseball player, a pitcher? No, no it was not. So it was Jake Gyllenhaal was a boxer. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Sits in boxing as well. I'm thinking more of uh, like the uh, pitching. Pitcher, yeah. I got you. Pitcher. Actually, remember you were talking about the guy who who stuttered in your class and you got so angry. Stuttering Steve? Catcher. No, it was I. See you later. But no, I would never what do something like that. That was, my, that was my buddy Feldman. He got kicked out of class, and then I heard about it at lunch. F- 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 John. <laughs> All right, the next one. But uh, Joel Jones, I, I really don't know. I, I did look through that lady killer. Actually, I didn't reveal it because I couldn't find the goddamn email from Dark. Right. So I was looking desperately for it. I may have deleted it. Um, I don't know much about Joel Jones. I guess that she they said she did one of the American Aliens, and I liked all those except yeah, for well. one. There was one issue that God, I, I it particularly like the art. There's that word again. And um, it was probably that one. It was not particularly. That's not the word. Uh, yes, it is. No, it's not. It starts with an R. No, no. That, that That's what we kept messing up. It's particularly. No, it's I not. I cannot say it. I can't say it. The you other word I said. No, we kept thinking it was recently. It's not recently. That that's you're getting it. You Maybe I am. It around. It. Yeah. Now you're getting it confused. It was so messed up before. I kept saying recently. I can say that, except I I whistle it. I hate whistling, Eric. So I'll punch you in the face. How about reluctantly? Reluctantly. No. Huh. But now I don't even remember what it was. Particularly. Particularly. Yeah. I can't say that word very well. It, it's I stumble on it. I stumble on it, Eric. All in all, though, I've heard good things about Lady Killer. I've never checked it out myself. Particularly, Lady Killer. I don't know much about it. This this podcast has gone off the rails, Eric. It's the soundboard that's doing it. You know it? And now I'm I'm stalling to get to it, Eric. Stalling. What are you, getting Eric. To? you hear me, Jim? Oh my goodness. <laughs>
That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. Why does Jess slam the door every time she talks, Eric? That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. Good editing. What is she doing? (laughs) The next one is a thing. It's weird. We talked about this last week where you said anything we talk about at work ends up happening. Yeah. It did again. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. sent you the news. DC Comics announces Injustice 2 prequel comic being written by Tom Taylor. What did I tell you this week? That they were going to have an Injustice 2 prequel no, comic? That's not what I said. Remember what I said? No, They're I have no idea. Going to, and I hope they don't. Remember I said, I hope that it's over. I'm done. I said, I, I've done this every goddamn week for five freaking years, it seems. And I'll like I the best. And then the minute that I saw this, it was announced. And Tom Taylor's in, I'm in. So I was excited. But yeah, Tom Taylor, Will Helm, the new digital first prequel comic book series based on the highly anticipated... Injustice 2 video game developed by NetherRealm Studios and published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. I think, this, I think it looks cool. I don't know how highly anticipated it is. Everything I hear is like, what is this bullshit with the armor? Well, we talked about it. Not that we're a video game podcast, Eric, but I do think they have to do something because... No, it makes sense. No, there's no super pill now. No the crypt, uh, kryptonite pill so, or whatever they yeah, call the, it. Well, the, the, it was, they just called it the green pill at the moment in the comic. Right. Comic book right now, the the Injustice Year 5 is getting very close to the end, which would be the beginning of the video game. Right. And, yeah. Uh, Batman looks like he took, like, one of the last ones to beat the shit out of Superman. It's so good. And now but we yeah, get to see after, what happens after that, Jim. Well, they, and they have to have some way that, um, you know, Batman can take a hit from Superman and not die instantly. Because so. that's what I first called foul when I saw they were doing the original Injustice game. Like, how the fuck is this even going to work? Yeah. Superman wins. Done. And see, they, they made it work. Taylor played a pivotal I still kind of called creating, bullshit on the pill back when it came uh, out. Pivotal role in creating the best-selling Injustice Gods Among Us comic and served as a series original writer. His run quickly became a fan favorite, Eric, and was widely considered a huge critical and sales success. And uh, yeah, before I go on, I will say that at in the lean years of the weird science blog dot blog spot dot in dot in. Um, dot frank dot steve dot realm uh it, injustice kept us going. It yeah, really. Right. Did. If, if this would have been like a uh, a startup business, injustice. Say we started a restaurant, the Weird Science restaurant. I would not the eat. Injustice that. comic was my big fat ass dad coming and eating every day because it really did. It, it gave us a little hope. But yeah, so you can blame that comic for all the nonsense. No, honestly, when that comic first came out, there was a lot of hype to it because like friends of mine who like they like DC comics, they didn't like collect comics, so they were reading this book. And I remember we weren't reviewing it at first, and I'm like, boy, I, I like it. I, I was reading it. I'm like, why the fuck am I reading it and not reviewing it? <laughs> uh, so I, I think I jumped in. The first year probably had like 35, 36 uh, chapters. I think I jumped in at the end of the 20s is when I started reviewing it and then haven't missed one since. I was just going to say one 23. And, yeah, it was somewhere around there that I jumped in, and yeah, I've been going on since. I think I have over 100 Injustice reviews. I bet. Crazy. Similar to the first album, having had a big role in tearing apart the Injustice universe and its characters, I'm very excited for the opportunity to return and do it again, said Taylor. Oh, wait a minute. He's Australian, isn't he? To be given such much freedom to play with the world's greatest superheroes, supervillains every week is a dream, Eric. Injustice. Good. Australian for comics. Australian for bullshit. And I want to thank everyone at DC, WBIE, and NetherRealm for their continued faith in me, editor Jim Chadwick, and our incredible team. 
Well, I think was, about it, though. Yeah, it's like, didn't he leave the book previously? I don't think he was taken yeah, off the book. No, well, he... I, I guess it was kind of both. He went to Marvel. Yeah. He ditched. He went to Marvel. I, I still, like, they still have faith in Yeah, they always had faith in you left, man. Yeah, really. He, he would still be doing it. It's like uh, a revisionist fucking they, relationship yeah, right here. They would have been like, you can do it with all you want, but it's big news. He's coming. Yeah, I love Tom Except Tom. for Brian Bucciolato, who took over for him and has been doing it for like two years now. And they're like, oh, it's okay. You're gone. <laughs> Similar to the first Injustice comic, the new Injustice 2 series will serve as a prequel story to the Injustice 2 video game. Releasing new ch- digital chapters every week so that I have to fucking have a review each week. All right. And for the next uh, five years, man. And more injustice. Prior to the game's launch in 2017, I will make my call if this lasts more than two years. Of, and now this is two comic book yeah. years. I'll be shocked. I'll be shocked, Eric. I, I think this will be one and done. Uh, maybe 30-some issues and then done. Uh, not that I don't think it's going to be as popular, but I don't think it's going to be as popular. I, I, they don't show the digital sales, but I'm sure they've declined over the past two, like, pseudo I, years. I think so, and and really, when we first started, I was really hyped up about the digital stuff because they had a book for each day. Oh, yeah. It, it kind of had, like, a kind of like a, a way they went about it. They've gone away from that, so you never even know what. We don't even know what's going on anymore no, over there. And, and because Haven't they taken down their freaking digital page? No, they have that page. It was down the one day. Okay. I kept looking to see if Injustice this last Tuesday. When Injustice was going to come out, I couldn't get uh, I couldn't even get it. Uh, but yeah, besides that, I just think that they are really, like these digital things at first, it was like, man, they're really pushing the digital. And then to supplement it, they print it. Now it just seems like, let's just get the digital. The next week we'll get the fucking, it's more to get the print out. Yes, now, like, you know, it always seemed like double dipping to me, but that's fine. A lot of people, as we hear on the goddamn mail, don't like digital. Yeah, they don't. So, but I I do like the digital books. But yeah, I'm not, I I can't say I'm looking forward to it just yet. I still haven't played the first game. That's what, that's why that's always my. I'll I'll let you borrow it. Well, that's always my thing to tell everybody. This is how you can tell that I love the comic because I've read and reviewed all these. I still haven't played the game. So, well, you can play the game now so you know what's going to happen for you. Yeah, actually, I don't want to be spoiled. I like how it's going. Though, in some of the reviews, I'll say things like, Boy, I hope that this person that and they're like, didn't you play the game? That person's dead. Shazam is dead, Jim. Well, I know that. I actually watched the cutscenes, like they have on YouTube. I know what's going on then. Cutscene thing, so I know. Uh, the next bit of news is freaking hilarious to me. DC brings Garth Ennis. We like Garth Ennis, right? I love oh, Garth Ennis. Uh, Garth Ennis brought us coming, preacher. Yeah, to the Hanna Barbera line of comics. Preacher co-creator Garth Ennis is writing a dastardly and muttly title for DC Comics' Hanna-Barbera line, Eric. Da- Dick Dastardly and Muttley. <laughs> Think of that. I just really want to know if it's in the same continuity as Wacky Race Lab. Well, the news was announced at Friday's DC Comics press breakfast again. <laughs> Can't no release news on an empty stomach, Jim. Yeah, no details were given on the artist involved in the project, nor an anticipated release date. Dick Dastardly and his canine sidekick, Muttley, who laughed like this. <laughs> That's right. Are two popular characters from various Hanna-Barbera ensemble cartoons, most notably Wacky Races. The duo are currently appearing in the revamped Wacky Raceland series by DC. Uh, boy, I, it can't – I guess it could be them yeah. just because you would think it's a darker deal. I actually hope that Garth Ennis goes full-out cartoony and it's just wacky would, fun. It would be so weird. Because this Wacky Raceland, everybody who listened, they know my opinion on the book, and I, I really think that that thing is 
bunch of garbage, but we'll see. And it's weird to announce this because in all those, the Wacky Raceland is the one who that had the worst sales. Yes. Yeah. Number one issue. And I can't see that that would be, you know, does that deserve a spinoff? Honestly, I it's really because... thought that, like, the Hanna-Barbera stuff was going to slowly go away. And it's really shocking me that they're releasing, like, a, yeah. this news of a new title. Yep. Uh, Reggie wants Thunder, uh, what's it called? Thundar. Thundar. And you want the Herculoids to have their own series. Nobody yeah. wants the Herculoids. No? You don't want the Herculoids? I don't even know what the Herculoids are. The Herculoids. They remind me of the Shmoo. In my He's... mind, they're like rock men. Yes. Here's are they the... rock men? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. All I know is I love Dick Dasterly and his canine sidekick, Muttley, who laughs like this, Eric. <laughs> but not in that book. Not in Wacky Raceland. There's Ain't no, no fun in that book. He's a freaking cybernetic fucking mutant fucking disaster. Scooby? Whew. It's kind of – I actually, if they wanted to combine it in and he was a thing on the side, it doesn't make sense. All right, the next bit of news. DC and IDW announce a sequel to Green Lantern's Star Trek crossover. Another thing I talked to you about this. I know, we talked about it this week. As well as an animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle and Batman crossover. We did not oh. talk about that. And No, no, but I did tell you that I just finished uh, reviewing the Green Lantern Star Trek, and I said to you when it was over, it shocked me because if people had read it or didn't read it, um, the Green Lanterns crossed over to the Star Trek universe because their their universe was destroyed and Ganthet at the last second Boom, sent them off to another universe to save them. And when they got there, a Necron followed them. So that was the whole thing. It was the right. Star Trek and Green Lantern Corps versus Necron. And um, I never really thought the end game because when they beat Necron at the end, I just assume, oh, everything's fine. Let's go back to our universe. There is no universe. No. It is destroyed. So it's destroyed, a lot of them, a lot, yeah, a lot of them joined the Star Trek crew, which I thought was cool. And some just went off. Some were like, eh, fuck it, I retire. And so you're telling me in the next, uh, the next Star Trek movie sequel, they're going to have the Green Lanterns on deck? Awesome. Just out of nowhere, they're following now the freaking comic book continuity? And in fact, yeah, well, in fact, it ends with, like, Hal leading the ways, like, flying with the Green Lantern ring with the Enterprise behind them all in a, uh, like, a green freaking enveloped uh, shield. Now, now the movies are going to start out like freaking comic books where we see everybody on deck and then there's a Green Lantern. It's like, producer notes, see Green Lantern slash the oh, yeah, Star Trek comic. See, see everything. But, yeah, the, I'm excited about this. I will be reviewing at least a DC uh, or the Green Lantern Star Trek. I don't know about the animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle thing. I, well, that's like, the thing. I, I read this news. I'm like, is this an anime? Like, I don't know if it's a comic. It's is it the animated thought? series. It's the animated Teenage oh, okay. Ninja I'm sorry. Turtle I, I series from Nickelodeon out. and then the Batman animated series. But is it but the original Batman animated series? That's yeah, what I want to talk to you about. IDW Publishing and DC Entertainment will continue their successful editorial mashups and bring fans two new comic book crossovers based on some of their most popular properties, including a sequel to the smash hit. I remember when it, it came out on the cover. The, the event of the century, it said. <laughs> Crazy smash hit co-publishing adventure, Star Trek Green Lantern, and an all-new crossover with animation-inspired versions of Batman and Nickelodeon's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Captain Kirk and the crew of the USS Enterprise will once again cross paths with the Green Lantern Corps, sequel to last year's Star Trek Green Lantern series. The creative team of Mike Johnson, who we love, and uh, Angel Hernandez, who I'm telling you, this book was really good. Mike Johnson is a huge Star Trek guy. Yeah. He, I really liked his Supergirl. I'm saying, like, didn't he do the Star see? Trek uh, comic at Solo? Yeah, he does. He still does. Yeah, that's oh, nice. like his big thing. His his big thing is the IDW Star Trek. Uh, and I know comic. he co-wrote uh, World's End before. Yeah, and he'll reteam. They'll reteam him and Angel Hernandez will reteam for another epic space opera. This one picking up the new status quo where it left off, 
and introducing additional cosmic heroes and villains familiar to fans of both series. Series is slated for a winter 2016 launch, so that's coming up. And then, following the recent success of Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, which I love, IDW and DC and Nickelodeon are also happy to announce another pairing between the Cape Crusader and Ninja Turtles, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Adventures, coming this November. Based on the animated versions of both series, the storyline for fans of all ages will bring the Dark Knight of the beloved Batman the animated series in contact with Nickelodeon's animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Dynamic duo of writer Matthew K. Manning, who did Beware the Batman, and artist John Samariva, yeah. Samariva to, who does the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Amazing Adventures, will team on the series. Um, now, that one. I'm saying, though, I, like, I read this it's news bit. pretty good. And I just don't, like, I can't wrap my head around it, like, it being the actual animated series from the 90s. Like, yeah. in my mind, they wouldn't do that, but who knows? Yeah, but it's with the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That fits in. And anyway, that, yeah, that's, when were they the most popular? In the 80s? No, it was, I think they were more in the late 80s, 90s. All right. Right? Because they weren't popular with me. Anybody yes, I knew were. did. It was, no, they were not. You were out of high school. Of course they weren't popular to no, you. That, yeah, at the end of the 80s. Yeah, I was out of high school. During I didn't even know it. I knew kind of. When did the uh, Secret of the Ooze come out? Because that's the yeah, exactly. It's the nineties. You son of a bitch. Well, that's after it was already ice. been out. For, Secret of the Ooze I was the se- second movie. Yeah, I'm saying though, even the first movie is what eighty nine. I think it was eighty nine or ninety. Late eighties and nineties. I think it makes perfect sense. Plus, it's one of those where it doesn't even need to make sense. Oh no, I'm cool. I was just curious from the news how it was going to be. Like in my mind, when they say now the Batman animated series, I don't think of the nineties when I think of like Beware the Batman or like uh, that. If they're going to do anything, the Batman. It's going to be. If they announce this and like, oh, it's and they it is it is the writer from Beware the Batman. But if they announce. Oh, you know, they go to IDW. Yeah, we want to get our animated series together. We want to do Beware the Batman. Fuck you, Beware the Batman. Well, We're doing like, it. Uh, it's going to be the animated series. I think it's Justice League Adventures that they're putting out now, the cartoon series. It's almost like – it's almost along the lines from what I've seen of it to be almost like an Imagine X cartoon, but it's not yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just the, – the big news would be, you know, that's the big seller, the Batman. The right, right. Series. They throw that out and people go nuts. They want to see snarky Alfred. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's the next bit of news. Now, I don't even know that I sent you this because this was later. Yeah. Uh, Jim Lee promises a wild storm announcement that will blow fans away. Uh, did I send you this? No, you did not. Yeah, listen to this one here. At his DC Meet the Co-Publishers panel with Dan DiDio at Comic-Con International San Diego, Jim Lee revealed that there were plans for Wildstorm characters. It's funny, plans is in quotes there. For Wildstorm characters. Lee, who joined DC him. after selling Wildstorm to the publisher in 1999, said that he plans to make an announcement at New York Comic Con that I think people are going to be blown away by. Any Is there any Wildstorm character announcement that will blow you away? Me, no, but I know there's a lot of Grifter fans that have hung on since the Wildcats yeah, in the I, 90s. But do you think that a Grifter announcement would blow people away? We've seen Grifter. We, we've had Griffin. I don't know. Apollo oh. Midnight like series didn't seem to blow people away. Oh, it says the only Wildstorm character currently appearing in DC Comics is Midnighter in the new Nightwing series with the Midnighter Apollo miniseries. Spoilers, man. You. No. October 5th, one day before New York Comic Con. New York Comic Con is scheduled for October 6th through the 9th, so he's going to announce something. He's also probably going to announce that he's working on a book that he'll be late on because uh, I can even put it in the news. One of the big things was that he will not be fully on that Suicide Squad book. No. He was got pushed on. 
He's supposed to do the first five issues, and since I, in my mind, he got done because he said he has the first twelve pages of each issue, and then the second, like the last part of the book, is a backup where it's just yeah. individual characters and doing their thing. Yeah. And I'm like, he got done two and a half books and said, I'm going to divvy this up to make my run yeah, complete. That's what happened. It's uh, definitely what happened. Huh. Now, the next one, Eric. Three new DC animated movies announced. Listen to this one. I don't have this one. Warner either. Brothers Animation has announced plans for three new animated feature films. Teen Titans, The Judas Contract. Nice. Okay. Justice League Dark. Nice. Which they kind of hinted at before. I think that was in the special uh, edition of uh, It's Going to Be the Killing Joke. Has that oh, nice. listed in. And Batman and Harley Quinn. Trio has, an, has announced at the Batman the Killing Joke panel at Comic-Con International San Diego. Previously hinted in the home video packaging for Batman the Killing Joke, Justice League Dark is scheduled for release in early 2017. will be a loose adaptation of the new 52 title of the same name, which starred John Constantine and a team of supernatural superheroes. I hope it's that first six issues. Uh, it probably will be. It'll be like... Because that had Enchantress in it as the villain. It, who knows what they'll do, but it, it'll be like the Justice League War, how they kind of, but they'll be right, right. like they did nonsense. Teen Titans, the Judas Contract will be based on the 1984, the Judas Contract storyline from George Perez and Marv Wolfman's new Teen Titans run, yep. scheduled for a debut in 2017. And then Batman and Harley Quinn will be a wholly original story by longtime DC animation vet Bruce Timm. Also scheduled for a 2017 release. Now another now, with, thing that with Bruce Tim doing it, do you think he'll put Harley in her old costume or try to like bring the new one out? I really don't know, and really I don't care. Okay, <laughs> uh, I know that there was a lot of uh, hoop de doo about the Killing Joke movie that they they did play like a you know release for yeah. whatever. What do you call it? A uh, premiere. Premiere. And people went all nuts. I saw that on Twitter, everybody going nuts, because I guess, spoiler alert, uh, Bruce has sex with Batgirl. Yeah. Sexy sex. Somehow that leads to the whole thing with the Joker, and people were saying they were all upset. I smell Batgirl on you, Batman. Yeah, people were all upset. Actually, people were real upset uh, that... Because the way that they were saying, and I don't know, I haven't seen it, I, I all I read were these tweets and things like that, but basically it's kind of used to justify why the Joker actually does rape her in this. What? And yeah, that's what they were saying. That's what Now I'm fuck? saying that's what all these tweets were saying, that that's what... Uh, yeah, well, saying. there's a lot of tweets out there that say shit like that. Yeah, but it does seem now like... Now I gotta that's... fucking watch this. God damn yeah. it. And it's, I guess, Brian Azzarello and Bruce Tim are the ones who wrote this story, like adapted it. And I don't know why they would change it like that. I don't even know why they would do that. But I guess... I, I don't know also. I think that it was also because they said that it's pushing more of Batman being upset, you know, than just Gordon. And well, that's some bullshit. That, but yeah, because he should be upset anyway. Yeah, it's a you know, it's ridiculous. Oh, it's Honestly, a, we're talking I, out of school here because we're just going off of what fucking Twitter Twitter yeah, says. Yeah, but I did read the synopsis and that. Yeah, yeah. It said that in the synopsis, so we'll we'll see what it goes on. Don't but also, more firepower for all also at least. Uh, I don't really care. Again, I do not plan on watching it. I really don't. I'm not. I read the comics. That's what this uh, podcast is about, right? Comics. Sure. You know, I actually watched a little bit of Batman v Superman this week. <laughs> Very little <laughs> probably, bit. Probably a total of about 20 minutes. Freaking Brandon hooked me up, too. And my kids loved it. They watched it. It's too long. I can't sit for three hours. What the hell? Plus, I was uh, reviewing comics. Yeah. 
I think they watched it on Tuesday, right? Yeah, yep. that's when it would have come out. I had three comics to reveal. A bunch of crap, too, in Justice League. I remember I, they were watch, they're watching it. They're like, Dad, you should watch it. I'm like, no, I'm reading this great comic, Justice League. <laughs> God damn it. I kept walking out and watching parts, but I, I will watch it eventually. But uh, also, things that I will not see. There were trailers of the Justice League and Wonder Woman movies came out. At Why will you not see these? Comic-Con. Because I just, I, I don't think I will. I, I actually, the Wonder Woman, I really like the trailer for Wonder Woman. Uh, the Justice League seemed like a lot of nonsense. Now, you said, you sent me a message and you said, oh, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Didn't really look like that much fun to me. The it one scene like that looked like it up was a lot Flash. more than Batman Yeah, v but they, they start off with Bruce talking to Aquaman, Arthur, who is pissed and slams him against a wall. Looks like he's going to kill him. Then he's drinking. I don't yep. know what he was doing at that one point. That was not fun. And then they're talking to Wonder Woman. Hey, is he all in? Eh, kind of. I don't know. He's pissed More off. More or less. That, that didn't seem like fun. Then they go to the one that fun scene. No, it wasn't. It, it was dark. And then they show Cyborg. No fun. And then the one scene that was fun, Flash, right? Right. It's almost exactly the scene from Civil War with Spider-Man. Which you've seen, but you have not Which seen Batman v Superman. Of, yeah, because that didn't come to the discount theater. Yeah, right? I haven't seen Captain America Civil if War, I, so would I can't go, comment on like, that. Like, just say I go to Justice League. I'm like, hey, kids, let's go to the Justice League movie, because I won't be able to go alone. I'll have to take them. How much is it? You're take movie? me? No, well, I'll take you, too. How much right. is the movie? How I much don't know. is it's it? Like at least 10 bucks. Okay. Now I'm $70, you know, gone without any snacks. Nope, nobody told snacked. you to have ki- that many kids. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, nobody told me I, I have to watch these movies. That's why. I, I did. No. I, I'm telling you that this Justice League, I'm sure people went nuts for. I, I thought I didn't. I still I, don't care for the logo, but it looks like I, they, they decided we made a really dark movie with Batman v yeah, Superman. I, we got to light this shit up. That it really doesn't seem light to me. That The only scene that was light, which they extended, was that Flash one. Right. And like I said, that is almost, to me, a spitting image of the Spider-Man from Civil War. And uh, I don't know. The whole thing, Aquaman, I know they don't want him to be a joke, but, boy, they turned him real dark. And I I didn't even smirk there. It seemed out of place. Like you said, Amnesty Bay. Boy, that doesn't seem like a fun place. I, I don't know what's going Like I don't know, I don't know. anything At first, about I, the world. I wasn't even thinking of Amnesty Bay. I'm thinking that that was in the Arctic. No, it's it just saying, like it, really everybody bad. is freaking like all like covered up. I'm like, what is going on? And they look like they're in a shack. Or it almost looks like they decided to shoot at the Game of Thrones set. That's like what it's, it's like. It's it so looked weird like Game looking. of Thrones. So like, hey, Jason Momoa, yep, he's not even in the goddamn show. You were in that season one. How are yeah, you? Like, you up? were in that, right? Let's do this. It seemed real. Different. I don't know anything Except, about like the northeastern part of the United States, really, because I've never been there. But from if I'm watching this, I'm like, I'm never going there. Yeah, and really, when I when I watched it, I thought to myself, boy, they're gonna try to make it because the the big thing about Batman v Superman was it was dark. Like, yeah. Oh my God! It was a, so. I'm thinking that this is like. Remember, um, even in the trailer for Batman v Superman, when you had, is she with you? I thought she was with you. <laughs> like it gets you a couple, Joe. You know, a couple chuckles. Those chuckles weren't there when the movie came. The this these scenes are probably like they're. Oh, let's get the the craziest fun scenes. I'm like that. Does it just didn't seem like I don't know, that, that scene where it looks because the whole thing is about Wonder Woman and like Bruce like putting together the Justice League. And after we see that whole harsh Aquaman bit, he's like, yeah, I think like he's in more or less. Well, more and more or more or less. Uh, and then we see another scene. is like uh, more or less. He, he said no. I didn't even yeah. I didn't even get a, a chuckle from that. Oh, I did. And, like the cyborg stuff was nothing. 
Yeah, they didn't and, want to get a lot of And they, they're not going to show Superman yet because they got to resolve that. But uh, I don't know. I, I really didn't find it that fun. The Wonder Woman looks exciting. Yeah. Uh, Kenny was I, great again, at the though, end. The minute that I saw it, though, I thought of the first freaking Captain America. I think that these movies really have a problem with DC is just always behind. And it did. I'm like, oh, okay, there's Steve Trevor. Is he going to get old? Like, you know, it, it just seemed too much of the same. Uh, but I did like the action. I did like the way they, they did that. I don't know. I'm not that excited for these. Uh, I am. Yeah. You're so excited. Always. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's weird. You, I just did not seem fun to me at all. There, there was and not a I'll... laugh or a chuckle from me at all. And then I watched this uh, Kong Skull Island trailer, and I'm like, um, God damn, they made him big enough to fight King uh, Godzilla now for the next flick. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even watching those, but uh, we're going to go off now, Eric. I was going to do a mumbo-jimbo. Um, I don't know why I'm saying this. I don't feel like doing it right now. All right. No mumbo-jimbo. We're going to skip that. You want to do the mumbo-jimbo? Yeah. Hey, what's up, Mumbo Jimbo? Hello, Eric. It's Mumbo Jimbo. How are you, you doing? I'm doing great, I haven't brother. I talked to you in a while. I, I am seeing things from the future, Eric. That uh, Justice League movie. It's not so fun, Eric. Oh, no. It's not really, Mumbo Jimbo? Think. No, no, not as fun as you think, Eric. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I only have one prediction, Eric. What's your prediction, Only Mumbo one, Jimbo? Besides the Justice League movie not being fun, like you claim. My my prediction for Mumbo Jimbo, I'm looking, I'm, I'm asking the spirits or spirits from beyond. To, wait a minute, Eric, there is your father again. Daddy? Remember the last time we did this, your mother, she got very angry. <laughs> and I blamed it on Mumbo Jimbo. Here is the prediction, Eric. We have one prediction for tonight. The prediction is... There will be a Swamp Thing solo book. Oh, shit, really? A solo really? book, Eric, and guess who's going to write it? Who? You can't tell me because you are not Mumbo Jimbo. The Mumbo Jimbo prediction is Len Wein is going to go from his six-issue miniseries right into continuity of Rebirth Swamp Thing. Ah, ah, ah. And he will also be followed by Kelly Jones on Art Eric. What do you think of that? That sounds amazing, Mumbo Jimbo. Mumbo Jimbo has spoken! There we go, Eric. Boy. Wow. I love Mumbo Ten. Jimbo. <laughs> I, I actually wasn't in the mood for Mumbo Jimbo, but hey, I, I figured we'd do it. Uh, but do you think that's a good news there? I, I don't know what the news was because Mumbo Jimbo left me. Yeah, you, you always leave when Mumbo Jimbo shows up. It's weird. I don't know. It's, and I have my glasses on. Do I have glasses on? I don't no, wear glasses, no, no, no. I do not wear glasses. But yeah, uh, I think that Mumbo Jimbo's right. What do you think of that? I, I believe he is as well. I trust Mumbo Jimbo. You He's trust always Mumbo been Jimbo? Right. You trust him with anything, right? Anything. Well, he, if he calls on to the spirits and tells us a prediction of the future, it always comes true. Well, it does. It does, Eric. But right now, we're going to move on with the mail. Say, on the night. Yeah. How come people have to come in here to get their mail? Well, you know, Pee-wee, I'll have enough time to read all the mail, much less deliver it. I didn't think about it. Uh-huh. Hey, what do you know? Perishable. Now, that means food, Pee-wee. Perishable meets food, Pete. Sure does. I, I always look for that, but yeah, we have a bunch of mail tonight. I don't know. It's weird with the soundboard. I'm used to stopping, and then I could stretch my legs. Now we're doing that's <laughs> actually why the mumbo jumbo. I don't have to go to the bathroom yet, but I, I kind of like to stretch my legs there. It's, it's about 200 degrees in this room, and I'm drinking coffee. You're an idiot. 
They first smell. You're gonna get that coffee inside of you, so it's not like get all warm, so it's not yeah, as warm that's outside. What you do. That's what Ben and Jerry's. Why they sold ice cream in the winter? Ben and Jerry's are liars. That's what they did. Look at them. Hippies done good. He first mails from Craig. Dear Jim, I propose Mind Grinder. Listen to this. Dear, yeah, dear Jim. Everybody loves me. I propose Mind Grinder. Grinder for Reggie's new segment. I will give him the. I propose of Reggie go on Grinder. <laughs> I will give him the benefit of the doubt and assume the Cosmic Treadmill is just a working title. There is some sort of unspoken competition to rename it. If you were wearing a hat, which I'm not at the moment, please tip it in the direction of Mr. Shea. All right. Yours, Craig. Craig does, Thanks, Craig. Not, Craig does not like Reggie's segment being called the Cosmic Treadmill. I don't know. I love that name, Eric. Yeah, it, it's oh my god! It, it, Mumbo Jimbo should have predicted that that's a hit. I uh, thought you like gathered the mob for that. Uh, what what are you talking about? I've always supported anything that Reggie does. <laughs> Everything that Reggie does, I am in Eric, full hundred percent. That's what good you, to hear. Yes. You hear me, Jim? <laughs> I was desperately trying to find that. <laughs> that is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. Get out of here, Jess. Just keep slamming that door, Eric. It's always slamming the door. Jess, Brian no is for podcasting. Brian is next, Eric. And Brian says, let's see what Brian says. Brian says, hey, Jim and Eric, I'm a new listener of Fell Off Comics shortly after the start of the new 52. It's weird that a lot of people did that, right? Yeah. It's also weird. They like People fell off at the start of the new 52, but somehow this rebirth gets them back. Like, when did you – like – They just did, needed something, honestly. Well, I'm saying, it, do you think that – like, they fell off the new – started the new 52, and then you're in issue 20 and some, and they're like, eh, I'm, I'm not getting involved now. And then when there's a restart like that, then, then they jump in? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Not that I didn't like the idea of the new 52. I just found it missing something. I wasn't sure what that – Legacy? And so I gave Rebirth a shot. Now I've bought every book that has come out since. So far, really loving all the series except Green Lanterns, which seems just okay so far. And Justice League, which I agree was just bad. He's a smart man, that Brian. Yeah. So I was really looking forward to Nightwing. It was long been my favorite character of mine. I knew there would have been a Grayson book where he was a spy, but that's about it. So going to the Nightwing book was completely confusing. And even after looking up some of the history of the story and Rebirth Nightwing still made little sense. I enjoyed seeing the interaction between Dick and Damien and loved seeing Dick back in the costume. It's funny because he's jumping in, yeah. and that the Dick and Damien stuff probably right in with him because that's how he would have left Batman probably if he you know right before the New Fifty Two. And who and doesn't love seeing, Dick and Damien? Yeah, really, everybody does. Damien especially, and love seeing Dick back in the costume, but understood little else. Your podcast shed a little or a lot of light. Selling us stuff out. Just fucking cut yourself like short there. New Fifty Two version of the character. So thanks for that. But just wanted you to know you were right about the fact that a new reader going to this book would be completely lost. Hopefully things can improve with a few more issues. Thanks, Brian. I hope for Brian's sake and for everybody's. I love Nightwing. It's one of, he's one of my favorite characters. And It was your favorite book when it started. Then Grayson was yeah, your favorite and, book. He's uh, a favorite I, character. I just, yes, and I hope that it does get to a point where I, I actually, if you ask me right now, I think putting Tim Seeley on the book was a huge mistake only because it, he's writing it. He, re, he co-wrote Grayson, and I think things that he's writing – he does think that they're just common knowledge now. You know, even I don't even know if it's like straight out he thinks that, but just writing it, you're just gonna write it and kind of go with it. Uh, if it's a new guy who really, you know, get somebody who didn't even read Grayson, 
right. and have him kind of go through it so he could explain it a little to the people and then go on. Hopefully, though, when we get Nightwing number one, we're, we're in and we don't need to know anything. I don't need – I love Grayson. I People aren't going to go back and read it. And I'm afraid that they're going to go on Nightwing and just like, eh, I don't understand. And also I'm afraid because Tim Seeley writing it, I'm afraid he's going to rely on too much stuff from Grayson going Well, that's forward. what I mean. That's why I think it would have been better to get a new writer who yeah. is not involved with Grayson, get somebody who's just going in straight up, going in, doesn't even know about it and go from there. But So somebody has to tell that writer about it so he can properly explain exactly. it to people? Exactly. So then he can explain it the way he kind of understands yes. it. So forward it would have been a and lot have of it make sense yeah but nope they got tim seeley and i really do think he's just assuming there's never a like c grayson or whatever yeah. he thinks i think he thinks he did a great job explaining things but we're gonna see from another point of view because frenny is next and she's gonna mention it as well and she says hi guys i'm only halfway through the last podcast number 80 haven't picked up this week's books yet since you asked my thoughts on nightwing rebirth number one i'll tell you okay you ready right. back can't get, I, I'm having a lot of problems catching my breath uh, tonight. I, you maybe have a heart attack? Just, no, it's just fucking hot in this room. Whew. Background. I love the character <laughs> Dick Grayson, but haven't really read a lot of books where he's the lead character. I think this favorable impression comes from an idea that he and Superman have sort of a special bond. Superman did give him the Nightwing, etc. Didn't read Nightwing or Grayson in the New 52, but I had a general idea what was going on just from being in the comic shop weekly and occasional references and other titles. I think that in the comic shop, if it was like ours, oh, the day geez. I went in, remember I put Grayson on my pole? I, I think the week it was announced, the, all I heard was them yelling, Oh, private dick. He's a spy and he's a dick. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, and then they put you down for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and, and Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> and, and have been meaning to get Grayson in trade, but just haven't gotten around to it yet, but it's on my list. I just finished Batman R.I.P. and Batman and Son before that, both in trades. Before that, I read Batman and Robin with Dick and Damien. That's what I was talking about. Volume 1, I'm kind of jumping around. Okay, so Jim, I know you hated this Nightwing Rebirth number 1 issue. It's a little strong there. I don't think I hated it, right? I don't think you Didn't said I hate. say I gave it a 6? I, or did I get so it. angry and gave a 5. You a could five. possibly, actually. So who knows I at gave this it a point. 6. But, but I have to say it made me want to get Grace in Volume 1 to fill in the gap. So that, again, though, that's not what the intention of the book was, but it really... Get volumes, get all the volumes. Grayson, especially volumes one and two, awesome. Awesome, Eric. I remember I was yelling at you. That was when we first started and you weren't, we didn't have to read each other's books. Right. Kind of told. And boy, I just yelled at you to, to read and it. And then I'm like, Go read on. another book that I don't have to talk about? Get out of here. Yes. Yeah. The stuff you were yelling about, I wouldn't really know anything about, but just accepted at face value. The thing with Tiger, I figured the Tony reference was just a super stupid joke about Tony the Tiger, which it was. And so a badass isn't going to want to be teased by being compared to a goofy cartoon tiger on a kid's cereal. A delicious kid's cereal. And an awful cereal to boot, Eric. <laughs> um, again, that is true. But if you were reading Grayson, you would understand just how how angry a tiger got because this is probably – You were about to call him Tony, weren't you? Yeah, I was. This <laughs> is probably like the 700th. Like he is so sick of this. And that's what made it funny. Like, and that's so weird, too, because he was so sick of it when he still had to work with him. So they're kind of friends and he, or Dick kept yeah. ribbing him to the point where he was so furious when he tried yeah. to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. When we go for the full out thing, the last thing we saw of Tiger, he was under an avalanche 
while fighting Dick, and Dick just left him there to die. I and kind of was like, boy, I, I probably see you again. <laughs> like, Maybe. I don't know if you've ever seen avalanches before. The thing with the door, I just assume, was some sort of other dimensional room transport thingy, and that physically going through the door messes with the normal human, non-metahuman's equilibrium or something that caused Dick to lose his lunch. I think he was throwing up at the monster. Uh, he had gone through those doors plenty of times without getting sick, but they, again, Franny got most of it there. You yeah. really didn't have to know. I just, again, that was something from the Midnighter book that they just threw in. I just, I hate when things are thrown in like that for no reason, but because especially that wasn't really, the door wasn't really my full anger. It was that the door was going to the God Garden that Midnighter basically had told them yeah. to go fuck themselves in his Screw. book. Screw. I didn't really require a lot of explanation on that. Even if my assumption is wrong, who cares? I'm just going to go with it. Will I see it again? Maybe, and then I'll figure it out that time. Uh, like I said, the Midnighter stuff seemed very odd for how that ended. It just, you didn't need that. You really didn't. Uh, the panels at St. Hadrian's are actually what made me want to go read Grayson even more because that's something I didn't know. That's I, actually a lot of fun. secret identity was exposed. I knew Dick was going to become a spy guy. I just thought it was his job. Like, he was suddenly not really qualified for anything else. Not something, so now he's like James Bond. No, it was more Batman telling him to, but yeah. I knew from listening to your podcast on the last Grayson issue that the secret identity thing was resolved with some sort of global mind wipe kind of tech or something. Yeah. Don't really know the details or what it's called or how it works on the satellite, but somehow Helena, Helena, Eric. No, Helena. Rick did so that certain people important to Dick would remember that he's Nightwing, correct, or something, whatever. All I really got from that is that Nightwing is who was compromised, not Dick Grayson. And that's not really true. Well, see, Dick uh, Grayson was revealed to be Nightwing and then died, and everybody yeah, believed and him to died. be dead. Everybody thought he was dead. So that was kind of why he had, like, the free reign to go do things. And Spir- couldn't be Nightwing anymore either. No, and Spiral recruited him. In the meantime, he was a double agent with uh, with Batman going to get this superhero list. Mr. Malone. Identities, yes. Anybody who has ever met Dick Grayson, seen his face, been introduced him, whatever, that's still Dick Grayson. That's It's a very shady area. It's very, because he's, everybody again, believes him to be dead as well as being Nightwing. Yes. Yep. It's the fact that Dick Grayson equals Nightwing that was exposed. So with the mind wipe thing, he erases the world's memory that Dick Grayson is Nightwing. It doesn't erase Dick Grayson altogether as if he never existed. But again, they thought he was dead. What's that? A th- was that a thing, like Jason Bourne or something? Was that supposed to be the deal when he became Agent 37? The, the whole reason why he could become Agent 37 and Grayson was because the world, like, he was like, um, it, it happens all the time in movies, like, now that it, now they think I'm dead, I'm even more dangerous, you know, yeah. that sort of thing. Plus he had the hypnosis gave him the sp- spiral face. <laughs> now I'm thinking it's like, <laughs> whatever, all I know is it's We all, are not selling this book. He's back to being Nightwing, right? I think that's all they were going for. I had heard that some people who were huge Nightwing fans were not down with the idea of the Grayson book. But that the ones who actually read it were surprised and really liked it. Yeah. I loved it. Another podcast I listened to before you guys called it one of the best of 2016 because they were so surprised by how much they liked it when they thought they were going to hate it. Didn't you give this one an award, Jim? I gave it the book of the year, Eric. And you know what else? I am a huge Nightwing fan. Never thought I was going to hate it. I was looking forward to it. They, they change characters all the time. And well, that's the thing, too. I, You're not a Nightwing fan. You are a Dick Grayson fan. Yeah, I'm. A, that's true. And this, if anything, and I'm glad you said that. Franny, if you like Dick Grayson. If you like Dick. You'll love Grayson because, really, for the longest time, to, and it's Tom King and Tim Seeley, um, they really showed you what made Dick, Dick Grayson a great guy? Just a great guy. That was his superpower. I said it all the time on the podcast that it really pointed out that his superpower is being a great guy. 
Plus, it was just it was a fun book. It, it really was good. You should get the the just get all the volumes. It got a little hokey at the end, but yeah. So all in all, the rebirth issue made me glad he's back to being Nightwing, and made me want to fill in some gaps with Grayson, the new Fifty Two Nightwing. Also, again, if you really want to fill in all the gaps, you got to get Batman and Robin Eternal as well, and I don't suggest that. And Robin War. It, and Robin War. There was a lot thrown in there when I really possibly don't Midnighter. Think, yeah, and Midnighter. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You didn't need to have all of these tie-ins. You could have just went forward. And I think that a lot of people who would have been angry. Now, Franny seems like she's all in, but she also wasn't one of the people who were like, Grayson, I'm out. That's not my Nightwing. And I think that a lot of those people would jump into that rebirth and just be like, oh, this Lost. is shit. You, why are you, you know, referencing a book that I didn't like, though I never read it? Yeah. Maybe I'll go order that on Amazon now. I'd probably agree with Eric's score, maybe up to a 7.5. I don't remember. Did you give it a 7? Yeah. Okay. But I, I even thought that like... was a little high, though. Okay. But I did not like how Damien was drawn either. Too chunky. And I don't like the two-squared-jawed dick. Yeah, I don't like dick like that either. The full-length dick on the variant <laughs> was better, but still. <laughs> she thinks he's a little too Keanu. And the full-length I... dick. If you ask me. There's a full-length dick, like dick on the variant cover, Jim. If there's a full-length dick on the variant cover that looks like Keanu, count me in, buddy. I like Keanu. I'm a big fan. How we were talking about that this week, too. Yes, and yeah, that, that is from Frenny. And, TTFN. Um, yep, TTFN. What does that mean? Ta-ta for now. Ta-ta for now. I, I don't know those things. It's Tigger. Um, what? From Tigger. Winnie the Pooh Tigger said that all the time. I, I don't like Tigger. I don't like Winnie the Pooh. Winnie like the Pooh. Anything. Winnie the Pooh, and now I like the um, I like the Peanuts cartoons, which are pretty slow. Mm-hmm. Fucking nothing slower than that goddamn fucking Winnie the Pooh. Jesus Christ! I, you can watch paint fucking dry quicker than those cartoons. Eeyore comes in, I want to fucking kill him. You know, no, he wants to die anyway, so you'll be doing really? him a favor. Why doesn't somebody do him a favor and do me a goddamn favor? Christopher uh, I never Robin, liked Pooh. never liked throat. Christopher Robin either. He, he, I never liked him. I thought, boy, I would not want to hang out with that kid. I don't know what he's doing. Nobody did. That's why he hung out with the stuffed animals. Exactly. It's it's all miserable. It was those short shorts. He did with the fucking like the suspender type things built into the shorts. Didn't he have those? Almost like I Mickey don't Mouse. think so. I, he might have. I don't know. I, mean, I thought he like dressed like Mickey Mouse. Brian W. Snacks from Arkansas. Brian from Arkansas. Thanks, Frenny, for making me think of Winnie the Pooh. Brian W. from Thanks, Arkansas Brian. says, and Brian was the one who. Uh, uh, did the rent ring? Yes. He says, hey, guys, thanks for an entertaining podcast. When I first searched for a DC comic podcast several months ago, the first one I found was Raging Bullets. Uh, what are you doing? They need to change their name because there is no rage there at all. They're nope. raging. Could, could they maybe Raging Fanboys, Aaron? Is that, maybe. Is that being, I'm not trying to be insane. Honestly, Raging Fanboys, though, makes me think negative connotation as well. Really? Yeah. They uh, Really, if anybody's listening uh, I, the first time and they're like, boy, now, you guys have done the news. You've done this. Jim's yelling about the fucking Winnie the Pooh that he hates. If you do want positivity, Raging Bullets is your, your guys. Sure is. They do like the DCU, DCEU, DC whatever. And, yeah, they, they where we try, where we seem to find the nitpicking and negatives, they find the positive. But then, then I found you guys right around the time of Batman 44 controversy. We don't talk about that anymore, Brian. You guys seem to talk about dick a lot. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one to follow up. I didn't even see that. I thought this was some kind of LGBT show or something. 
<laughs> After 10 minutes or so, I realized you were talking about Dick Grace. Well, I mean, drink 10 first. minutes. 10 minutes, Eric, it took him. Anyway, keep up the great work, and thanks for all the time and effort you guys put into this podcast. We need more Reggie and less bitching about action comics and this doomsday fight going on for too long without advancing the story. Without advancing anything. I mean, it's called action comics. So three straight issues of nonstop action is appropriate. Thanks, Brian W. Can I want to know when Brian thinks it too, it's too much. Where's the, where's the cutting off point there? Four issues. Yeah. And let me tell you, Eric, I've read the next issue, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. No. There's a little bit of fighting in that one. <laughs> I'm not allowed to talk about it. A little it. bit of action? You know what else? There's a lot of action. Yeah. If I whisper, DC doesn't hear me. You know what That's else? That's how it works. You know what else? I really liked it. Good. That's awesome. I do have it. I have not read it yet. That is Brian W. He's from Conway, Arkansas, Eric. And as I was writing that out, I did have to say Arkansas because I'm the worst speller of all. <laughs> and anytime I, I, I have to, every time. I am a fucking awful speller. Uh, the next one's from Dan. Hey, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and Chris. There are a couple small things that I wanted to write in about this week. Let's start out with something positive. All right. Batman this week was freaking awesome. Yeah. It gave us a story that mirrored Batman's past and gave us a really nice backstory for these two mystery characters that have appeared. Probably one of the best books this week, in my opinion. Now to the other books. Yeah, I'll give you a little secret, Eric. Yeah. It's my pick of the week. Nice. Yeah. I don't know. Let's get, yet. <laughs> Let's get Justice League out of the way right away. Please. You know, I may complain and critique a lot uh, of books, but ultimately it doesn't take a lot for me to like a comic book. I actually think we're the same way. And maybe not. I like reading comic books even when a book isn't that good. I still find myself enjoying the actual time it takes to read the book. That said, I'm not enjoying anything, and that's in capitals, about this book so far. Latest issue just felt like a rehash of the Rebirth one shot, but with some aesthetic differences. At least Tony Daniels' art is really nice to look at. Just feels like a waste of my goddamn uh, all right. time. All, all my notes are gone for that book, so no, we have you, to talk no, about really, it still. I don't have a lot of notes either, and maybe we can get rid. But uh, you want to hear a waste of your goddamn time? I the night that I reviewed it, Tuesday night, like I told you, I kept walking away, <laughs> and I I was so tired, and I was falling asleep, and I had to read it like six times. It seemed then today. I started reading it. I decided to take a shower right in the middle. <laughs> came back, and I'm like, "Well, it's about I, time." Why, why do I? Yeah, really. I <laughs> once a week, whether I need it or not. And I thought, "Why the fuck am I reading this again?" Glutton oh, for punishment. I'd be nuts. Hop over to Aquaman, and for a book that has harped on the political side of Aquaman, certainly doesn't seem to understand politics all that much. And it's funny. I you, all the stuff this going on here. Read it, and you when you read this email and then read the book, this is all you kept thinking of, wasn't I, I, it? No, no, I read the book first and then this okay. email, and I'm like, yeah. and there's all my notes for Aquaman. Yep. To be fair, I don't think most people understand politics a lot, myself included. I hate it. Me, me included as well. However, while reading the book, I would think to myself, I don't think that's how that works. Exactly. And after a quick Google search, I found that it doesn't work that way. He went way further than I did, yeah. though. I don't mind making up political bullshit, but at least make me believe that it could happen. This book just hasn't made Arthur feel like Aquaman to me yet. Not to mention not a lot has happened in the book. I'm getting a little bored. And really, um, this whole surface world, Atlantis, uh, political tech deal, they had skirted the issue a lot during the New 52. And, yeah, I checked out every time. Yeah. It doesn't interest me at all. I really – I think the worst thing that has happened to Aquaman since the very beginning when Jeff Johns made Aquaman cool again, 
uh, he even even the throne of Atlantis stuff. They're still dealing with it in yeah, this. I'm telling you, they um, talk about it in this issue. Yeah. I just really want Aquaman to go and have adventures. I really do. I want him to be. I, I guess Black He's Man get married now. He can't just go and have adventures. Yeah, I, I have a theory about that. There, my friend. Good. Especially when Mara, Mara really pointed out, like, you're my husband to be. Eh, they're never getting married. They just got to remind people that shit has changed and they're getting married. No, I, I believe that Mara is uh, not long for this world. How dare you? As as I like to say. That's why they had to get that. Uh, did, did you like in the book? No. Okay, we're, I promise we wouldn't talk about the books. Did you like that whole thing about the Aquaman costume that seemed like Dan Abnett was apologizing? I did, actually. Uh, it was funny. Then there's Green Lanterns. Look, I have defended this book a lot because I think it gets a bad rep. The reason for that bad rep is Sam Humphreys. (laughs) He's definitely been more of a Marvel guy over the years, and I think the fans uh, that don't want to be fans of both companies hate him for that. Uh, I'll tell you, Dan, I also think that – and Dan is a Marvel guy. He loves Marvel as well. I think that the Marvel people hate him as well. I I haven't seen as much hate for a guy that I had no idea even existed before. He was yeah, until this book was announced, I had oh, no idea who crap. Sam Humphreys was. But yeah, uh, they don't think that it's fair that he's on the book, I guess. In addition, it seems like every writer that touches Green Lantern changes the mythos at least a little bit in their run with the characters. So I don't mind the new stuff that Humphreys has added. That said, he's making it hard to defend. He's throwing way too much at us, way too fast. And there's That's, all my Green Lanterns notes. No. The last book I want to mention <laughs> I don't is have Hellblazer. A lot of notes, hey, Jim. we said we uh, have to read every mail. Yeah. Uh, the last book I want to mention is Hellblazer. John Constantine is probably in my top five comic book characters of all time. I fucking love the guy. Now, while I think his inclusion in the regular DC universe can ultimately be a good thing, here comes my notes, Eric. Yeah. It feels like now. I, I really, I, he can say all he wants to Constantine. I don't have notes. It feels like we've gotten. Uh, from DC so far has been a PG-13 Constantine, and I don't like that. I was able to deal with it in Justice League Dark since he was on a team. I didn't like the solo Constantine series that we got, but the latest series, Constantine the Hellblazer, got us going in the right direction, but something just didn't click. Enter Rebirth, and we get this, dare I say, glorious issue. Nice. I know it may not end up being the Constantine that I want, but I love the issue, and it felt like a I was reading a proper Constantine book. I love the story, and I think the Moriart's art really fits with the character, and I'm a big fan, except when he draws women's faces. Wonder Woman and Mercury could be twins in this issue. Yeah, I like the way they look. I like the way they look as well. Yeah, I said I love comics, and then I complain most of the time in this email. Still, I do love comics and even had fun reading the bad ones, except Justice League. Sorry for the long rant, guys. Looking forward to the podcast. Damn. Uh, Yeah, I agree. Justice League stunk. (laughs) You know what? I gave it a better review than the, the Rebirth because of the art. Uh, Chisanga's next. Hey, Jim and Eric, after reading Justice League this week, I'm more convinced that they didn't know what to do with the book moving forward when Jeff left for Hollywood. The only good thing about this issue was Tony Daniels' art, but the panels were confusing at times, and it doesn't help that Hitch keeps on dropping the reader in the middle of the story because this read like the third issue, and the stakes felt hollow at best. Who do you guys think should have been the main writer of Justice League? Jeff Johns. I wanted Tom Taylor. I know you did. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, yeah, he mentions that. He says, if I was Mr. DC on his rickshaw, I would have tried to get either John Hickman, who's run on Avengers and New Avengers, was good as well as his image books, or Rick Remeter, based on his work on Deadly Class and Tokyo Ghost. And I had heard both of those names being tossed about for JSA as well. Uh, also, Birds of Prey was okay. Didn't we hear it's something about Hickman on a JLA? Uh, it was going to be like the JSA. Is was what it the I, JSA? Okay. Yeah, that's what I heard. 
just There's a lot of rumors for a while. Chisanga, yeah, yeah. Chisanga didn't like Batgirl's expressions in the beginning of Birds of Prey. Made it look like she was on drugs, in my option uh, opinion. I think you mentioned uh, that she looked at you were not very politically correct, telling me what you thought she looked like, Eric, and we're not going to say it. Why? <sighs> Said that she looked retarded. I did. <laughs> I'm finally glad to enjoy Batman Under King, though I'm left wondering how old Gotham and Gotham Girl are if Gotham was a child. Uh, it's years years before. Yeah. Right? And then they grew old. They went on a little. They trained. They did a they little. Like, they went on a little peace mission there, a little fucking whatever you call it, relief mission. And next thing you know, they paid for superpowers there. I loved it. I, I had a really good time reading it. It's mentioned later in almost every review as well, or every mail here. But boy, what is with these people? I even mentioned in my blurb when we start up. What is with these other reviewers? Do you need this over-the-top mindless action that they'll love an issue? The fucking nonsense. No, I've read action in comics. And oh, don't you badmouth it. <laughs> Mark says, sup, Jim and Eric. A couple weeks sup. ago, I set out on a journey to find out if there were any good Superman games. Finally sat down and played the first Superman game on my list, Superman for the Atari 2600. Surprisingly, it wasn't bad, especially for a 2600 game. My review of it is below. Feel free to summarize if you want. I'm going to read it because I played it, Eric. I sent you the. You emu- sent me a thing. I didn't realize what the context uh, was when you sent it to me. I did not see this oh game my there. Oh God! I played it, and it, you know it's an emulated thing, and it's actually emulated through a browser, so you can just go boom and play. What I, was that link you sent me? Before? You sent me a link before. Was I playing Commodore 64 Gremlins? Yeah, yeah, something like that. I also. Uh, after this, I ended up playing some ColecoVision games. I played Zaxxon, Eric, and it nice. looked fucking good. Uh, Remember we were talking I want to find Zaxxon. a good Zaxxon. It looked yeah. so good. And then we were playing, and, and Logan, my 10-year-old, says to me, I bet you I could be better than you. Try so it. We, yeah, he was terrible. He didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was did, yelling did, at did him. Did you hit him? No, I was screaming at him. <laughs> he was being such a jerk about it, too. He, I know what he was doing. He, he just wanted to play, and he knew that if he said you something. You press your buttons. I would let it go. I was so angry. I'm like, look at you running those fucking barrels. <laughs> uh, yes, when the game, he did, he couldn't get that isometric uh, 3D going. He was so confused. I laughed. I wouldn't tell him the controls either. <laughs> that was the best. Because he's, he's taunting me. I'm like, oh, you, you're so fucking convinced you're going to beat me. Go. He didn't know. He's going right into the wall. Remember, you have to go right into that. Like, there's the cutout on the wall. You have to kind of fly through that. Oh, yeah. 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 Nope. I loved that game as a kid. Yes. When the game starts, you are Superman flying down to a blue phone booth. Yeah, that's about as far as I got and changing into Clark Kent. You walk to the right of the next screen and see a bridge break apart. I'm telling you, I flew into the the um, <laughs> phone, booth? phone booth, turned into Clark Kent, didn't know what the fuck was going on. I didn't know you were supposed to walk to the end of the screen. I'm you got to use your imagination. It's Atari, Jim. Oh, my God. It's like what uh, – Freaking Zelda 2, wasn't that the one you played? Or which one was it that you played and you didn't? As a kid, I had no idea what was going on. That was Zelda 2, yeah. And that was where you had to go and what was the one that you had to go and like put something on the left corner and do something? Oh, no, that was Castlevania 2. Okay, Castlevania 2. That's what it was like for me. I had no idea what I was doing. Now you must go back to the phone booth and change into uh, Spider-Man. Sorry, (laughs) Superman, who looks an awful lot like Spider-Man and he does. I didn't know what to do. I was just walking around. That was just the setup of the game, which honestly, uh, for an Atari 2600 game, is actually pretty good. It's all there in the game. You do not need a game manual or game track article to understand. I don't know. It's like <laughs> when I was a, I'm telling you, 
for something like that, in my mind, you need an instruction manual to at least get you started. I didn't I know, know what was going on. I had ET for the twenty six hundred as a kid because like my grandparents bought it for my older cousins, and uh-huh. I would just I just had the cartridge, so I put it in. No idea what's going on. It wasn't until like two years ago I figured out how to actually play the game. Yeah, I had I had problems with the Indiana Jones game, the original yeah. Star game. I didn't know what was going on. I think I fell in a pit. Stuck with Pitfall. Yeah. But now you're Superman, and the timer in the top right has started counting up, and there are boxes to the left for for some reason. But who cares? I can fly around <laughs> surprisingly open-world kind of way. As awesome as this is, without a map and with most of the different screens which represent different parts of the city of the interior, I actually look, I thought that I flew into a box, and then I was in a room. I, I did get that, and I didn't know what was going on. We're going to have to go back to that link you sent me. It begins to feel like they are randomly connected. Navigation becomes your biggest nightmare. It does. I didn't know what was going on. These navigation issues are very counterproductive to the actual objective of the game, which I didn't know. feels like the developers were trying to artificially infuse difficulty in the game by giving Superman a terrible sense of direction. Your objective in the game is to catch several criminals. Lex Luthor looks like a window cleaner for some reason and put him in jail. Then fix the bridge, which was destroyed at the beginning of the game by Luther, apparently. You fix the bridge by bringing all the broken pieces of the bridge and the helicopter back to the screen where the bridge was originally broken. Then after all of that, go back to the phone booth, change back in the Clark Kent, cross the now fixed bridge, and walk to the Daily Planet in the shortest amount of time possible. I got nowhere close. I, I'm telling you, I went into a room, I think. I think I flew into a window. Oh, Atari. Oh, I was so confused. Like, I, I think that the basis of what uh, Dan's, uh, or I, I mean, what's it, Mark's telling me, is that, um, remember the game Adventure? I remember Where the you, game. I don't remember, remember like, there was about a, it. Well, there was a dragon that looked like a duck. And uh, <laughs> it was like, it, it did. And you would go and, like, you'd get a magnet that would bring things, and you'd do it. And then yeah, I don't know if I ever played Adventure, I think actually. that this was kind of supposedly, like, the way he's describing it. It became. It was like a more advanced version. Well, I'm telling you, ET was like that. You had to go around and find pieces of the to make the phone go. I call home. Ah, well, besides trying to navigate the city, your other obstacles are flashing flakes of kryptonite. When hit with one of those, you lose your power to fly and drop whatever you're holding. And that's kind of like when that fucking dragon and adventure would come and it would fucking bounce. Or when the FBI agent yeah. would show up and freaking ET. It's all the same. It's all the, the same. Way to regain your power of flight is to walk into Lois Lane, which is apparently getting her. Uh, getting a kiss the nice thing is whenever you get hit she automatically shows up so it's not a big inconvenience you make out with Lois Lane, get some yeah, really. get hit with that and make out this leads you feeling kind of invincible as the player you are superman after all nothing can more than inconvenience you except for trying to navigate the city oh and all this is far from the worst atari 2600 game i've ever played though by no means the best in fact if you want to play the game you can play it and many others at uh it is uh, www.2600online.com is where we went and played, so you could try to play it. Uh, I'm sorry, you just sent me the link. I wish you would have put some context behind it because I want to yeah, search the game out. I, I thought I sent – yeah, I just – I figured you would click on it. I did. Yeah, well, then you would see that it was an Atari 2600 emulator. It's I right know, there. I, I went through a bunch of games, not Superman, though. No, you didn't have to do it. It's terrible. I don't want to play now. Beware, however, I me- recommend playing this game with the sound off. The sound of Superman flying is horrendous. I don't even have sound when I play. Seriously, I, I can't stress how bad it is. You have to hear it for yourself. Well, that's on the ColecoVision one. You got to go to that. That's not Fair enough. 600. Now for the score. I it's had a version of Zaxxon 26. I'm t- I played a bunch of the 2600 games. Like I'm like, oh, my God, I remember freaking uh, Asteroids. Stroids. Stroids. 
It's difficult to compare. Oh, you know what else is really bad? And I played both the ColecoVision and the 2600. The 2600 version of Defender, it's awful. And I didn't realize, and I don't know, it, it must have been this way when you played. When you fire, when uh-huh. you shoot, your ship disappears. Really? Because I guess it can only handle like what are the two things going at once in that, <laughs> that plane. Oh, my God, it was horrible. And then I played on the ColecoVision. Fucking awesome. Now for the score, it's difficult to compare significantly older games to much newer games. Expectations and amount of content have changed drastically. All of that taken into consideration, I'm giving Superman for the Atari 2600 a 6 out of 10. It's very much okay. Not great, but okay. All things considered, a solid start to my search for a good Superman game. Hopefully things don't go downhill uh, too much from here. Have a great week, guys. And I think it will go downhill because I really don't know many others. That uh, freaking... Goddamn Superman 64 is fucking... Well, even the S- Superman for Nintendo wasn't very good. Yeah, I don't even remember if it was just kind of a base on, on this. I don't even remember. It kind of was, honestly, now that I think yeah, about I, it, because you have to turn into Clark Kent, and you have to go to the Daily yeah, Planet and shit like yeah, that. The same fucking game. All right, next one's J-Man. What's up, Bear? What's Yo, up? Reggie. Jim, you son of a bitch. <laughs> After reading your pre-review on uh, Black Hammer number one and the Paybacks number one, which I was on the fence about, even though I love the very short-lived series from Dark Horse, I decided to add these titles to my pull list. Oh, no. Then I saw Eric's review and your comments on Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth number one. Seriously, why is this not called Birds of Prey? Or just birds. Birds. And added that series to my pull. In a couple of months, I'll be out of a job. With a one-year-old that eats like there's no tomorrow and a jobless <laughs> wife who spends uh, like we can just print money. I know Jess. what that's about. <laughs> Wait a minute. What did you just say, Eric? Jess. Jess, you said. You hear me, Jim? Oh, my God. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. See? <laughs> Jess is mad. I have to cut my spending anywhere I can, but some of these books are just so damn good. Yeah, I actually thought he was calling me a son of a bitch because he didn't like either the Black Hammer number one or the Paybacks number one, which I love both of them. Batman was awesome this week, but I still want to know how Gotham and Gotham Girl got their powers. Getting there. That's, that's the mystery. Superman was pretty good. Does Peter Jake Damasi not like animals there? Green Arrow is action-packed, but overly wordy in a bad way. And this is our whole deal. The more notes down the drain. I still yeah. am on the fence about DC shipping these issues twice a month. When reading a single issue, most Rebirth series, the pacing drags a little too much for me, or it feels like a scene or two in between panels or skipped. This is really what I hated about the New 52 Worlds and Weekly. I personally would prefer getting about 75% of the content of two issues once a month for $4. As much as I hate the idea of spending $4 or more for a single comic book, regardless of length. How do you guys feel about the amount of content where you're getting issue to issue and the overall pacing between two issues every month? I know it may depend on the series, but pick your favorite Rebirth series. And then, uh, well, we'll we'll say that. I'll finish and then we'll talk. Justice League number one was bad. I'm done with this series until Hitch gets off the book. See, you're saving money right there. Right there. Uh, Brian Hitch is saving a lot of people some money. Keep up the good work and keep those crazy sound effects going, Eric. Nice. I'll tell you. Down here, it's our time. Oh, my it's God. It's our time down here. Fucking Mikey. That is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we talk about this pacing issue a lot. I do think that... Making these two a month, these twice monthly books now, they are padding it a bit. I well, really it, do. It's weird too because I said like when um, when Goldie died and Superman like a, a number one was that? Mm-hmm. Is that Superman number one or two? That would be Superman number one. But um, I think it was. Yeah, Superman number one. Yeah. But uh, 
Peter J. Tomasi was on Twitter saying, don't worry, it's going to pay off in the next issue. And it really feels like it pays off more here. So even that felt like it was kind of stretched out. I don't know. I, I think that even like a Batman, Batman, that Solomon Grundy fight, yeah. it was long. So yeah, it was eight like pages, eight pages. You said? Yeah, it was about eight pages. And I do think that some of these things now, I'm also probably going to say that I think some of these writers are getting used to this pace as well, that I think it's going to pick up a little. Um, I don't know. But I do think that some of these where you have 40 pages of comics, say 42 pages, two issues a month, that if these would have been pushed down to like 28 pages, you could have done that. And it would have been every issue would have been fucking awesome, it seems. But I don't know. I I like it and I don't. I like that you get it right away. Like if you have an issue and you're like, God, that was so awesome. There were sometimes in New 52, not only were we only getting them once a month, but there was delays yeah. or you get one at the beginning of one month and the end of the next. And by the like time we you, got to it, we didn't know what the fuck was I'm going telling on. You, like if you were really into dark side war, that got yeah. so fucked up. And then you had the spinoffs, like the like the spinoff titles, like freaking dark side war special, yeah, dark side war flash, Shazam, all that yeah. stuff. But you got a lot of that stuff, but for the main story, you had to wait a while because of the delays going on. Yeah. And I do like the, I, I really do like the fact that we're getting them quick. Um, but it, uh, it keeps sneaking up on us. Like, yeah, we're, seriously. We're like, oh, what do I review next week? And I'm like, God damn it, Batman again. Uh, but I do like it. And especially, again, it's going to be, if, if an issue is great, then of course you want one right away and you get yeah. it in two weeks. If it's not so great, it's start, the start of rebirth even then, like, I didn't like Green Arrow. I'll tell you. I didn't like Green Arrow as much this week. So at least I'm going to, in two weeks, I get another one and maybe it, it kicks ass. I don't think a lot of these are going to stay twice a month. Thing too, I got to look at a page count on these because you brought a bunch of comics into work the other week. Yeah. And they seem really thin. I look and they're, they're usually about 21 pages. Okay. That's normalish. Yeah. It and just feels just, really off. No, like even like it, Bloodlines, like the last issue of that felt really thin. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah, when I bring them in, sometimes they are they're real thin. But I think also when I'm reading them, though, because of the way, like I said, you read that Batman two weeks ago, and they're finding Solomon Grundy. So by the time you get to you, you're done that fight at page nine, you only have that's half the comic pretty much. So when you're done, it just seems really quick. Yeah, I can read all boom, these boom, books boom. like real quick now. Yeah, so even I- when we're doing this for the show. Um, yeah, I'm like, I have four hours that I have to read all these books. I get done in three. I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can fucking spread my legs. I can, you know, take my shoes off. Why are your shoes on? I don't know. Take my pants off. But and his yeah, shoes I fell think, off. And But also, it all, <laughs> it also leads to us saying to each other, like, I don't know what we're going to say about this book. It's <laughs> not a lot happens, but we end up finding something. But then the last email is from Brandon. Brandon says, sup, fellas. Just wanted to drop a few lines to say a few things before I take off the last half of the weekend and do some camping. Got two packages of sliders. Oh, yeah, season one and two? Sliders, season one. Don't say that. That guy fucking reviewed us on iTunes. He didn't like the sliders talk. <laughs> Cheese stuff hot dogs. Two thirty packs, Eric, and I'm, I'm sure he means Mountain Dew. And five steaks for two days. That's a lot, right? Five steaks, I mean. I don't know. No, no, that's a lot. I'm thinking of the two thirty packs as well. Actually, him saying two thirty packs, I think he's got two thirty packs of cheese hot dogs. No, no, he's got beer, Eric. He lost his chip too. 
And uh, for two days, I hope I make a bag of one piece and not constipated. Uh, speaking of which, I, I do want to make a little side note uh, during Brandon's thing. We did not get a, a mail from Manship this week. Manship was in the hospital all week. Really? Speaking of constipated, he had problems shitting all week, and they he, had, he was hospitalized. His fucking digestive system fucking shut down. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's crazy that that leads into that constipated. I, I hadn't heard from him. And I sent him a message. I'm like, uh, you know, hey, what books you read, whatever. And he's like, I'm in the hospital, dude. <laughs> he didn't read anything at that point. And then I felt real bad. Uh, but, yeah, he he might have just gotten out of the hospital. He might still be in as we speak. Uh, it looks like he is back. His digestive system is back up and running. They cannot figure out what the fuck happened. I think he has pica and has been eating now, hair he or some has shit. Some, he has some issues. Um but boy, yeah, it, it's almost like one of those things that if he wouldn't have went to the hospital, he would have died. I've been fucked That's up. That's crazy. But yeah, yeah. Where would we, we love get, you, Manship? Don't where die. would we get the emails? That's all that matters, right? <laughs> the emails. Tell yeah, Manship. Tell your friends who want to see what I look like. Tell them to worry more about you than what I look like. First thing I, I thought when you said it first is like he was in the hospital. Like, did he get beat up for rollerblading again? <laughs> no, that was like that was before. Maybe that's what happened when he got beat up rollerblading with those short shorts at one point, and they hit something. He didn't realize how much damage it did. Right? Dude couldn't shit. I remember when I had my um, I had a hernia, and it ended up get I got like a strangulated fucking intestine or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I had eaten a fucking fucking meatball sub. Freaking, I, I was retched over, and they had to take me. The last thing I remember is them shaving my fucking pubes. Yeah. And I was exactly. giggling. They gave, they actually, <laughs> it was early in the morning when this happened. and we they gassed you? Yeah, no, no, they gave me an epidural. And they asked me, you have you eaten anything? I'm like, I just ate a meatball sub. And they're like, it's fucking 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> You're <laughs> a fucking monster. Hey. I was eating a meatball sub, and they're like, well, this might make you throw up. I'm like, what is it? Oh, an epidural. Oh, my wife got a couple of those when she gave birth, the one of 50 times that yeah. she gave birth. And they're like, eh, they give it to me, fucking throw up all over. That's Fuck, the thing. Like, over. If I go to the hospital, I got to tell them I can't do Demerol because that makes me throw up every time. Oh, my God. I threw up so bad, and then I got so dizzy. And then I looked down. They were shaving my pubes, giggled, and then I woke up like 12 hours later. <laughs> Oh, it was great. Somehow I had a beard then. It was 12 hours and three years later I woke up. Did you pull a hard to kill? It, it was like a hard to kill. I was going around with the broom handle. Yeah. He's chasing me. Actually, uh, my wife lied to them so that I could go home that night, and that was a big disaster. She was mad. She didn't want me at the hospital that night. She doesn't like hospitals. First thing is, I, first thing is, first, I need to call myself out for my Marvel Minute segment last week. Holy shit, did I say the word kind of or kinda as I pronounced it a lot last week? Back in my teaching days, to avoid doing this, if I repeated a word too much in one of my class periods, I would let the kids throw a paper ball at me. <laughs> That's weird. This would work two he was ways. The cool First, teacher. I get the kids to pay attention to what I said, and then uh, also trigger to let me know that I'm being fucking annoying. There is nothing worse than being in a meeting at something or at work or something when someone is speaking and saying um and ah every two seconds. So I'm sure last week a lot of paper balls would have been thrown my way. I'm sorry, guys. I will be better. <laughs> you you like his segment, right, Eric? Yeah, here he does good stuff. <laughs> You are a son of a bitch. <laughs> Congrats to Jody for being the first to start taking some official Marvel high heat on the site for his latest top five post, Eric. He really hit a nerve there with one of the anonymous trolls before repairmen shouted the motherfucker down. 
Did they? Did he sh- shout him down, Eric? Maybe. Maybe. It was bound to happen sooner or later. I just thought he would be provided some recognition for his accomplishment there for being the first. Anonymous, if you're listening, I'm sure he is, Eric. Please go to the other site that covers DC Comics all the time like you were threatening. I'm sure you'll make it a blast. Yeah, he can go wherever the fuck he wants, right? That's right. Frenny, I suggest you listen to the early episodes of the podcast to get a good sense of just exactly why Dan is so infamous. Infamous? 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 If there was a Weird Science DC Comics Hall of Fame, he would proudly have his jersey retired sitting high in the rafters right next to the blog.blogspot.com URL. (laughs) Speaking of Dan, Jim, when you alerted me to the Echo Cooler review last week, I had to watch the train wreck for myself in its entirety just to make sure he wasn't attacked by elephants and monkeys. Cats, dogs. warning. If you go to the 540 mark of the video, he gets into some interesting territory. He celebrates how good the drink is, but also states if he becomes possessed again, that is most likely due to his consumption of this beverage. This is interesting wording, possessed again. Does he mean a demon came to this earth and took control of the body at some point in the past? Is this what Reggie recorded way back when in the depths of those dungeons of the insane asylum? I think Dan needs to make a guest appearance and explain himself. Speaking on behalf of all veteran listeners and contributors, please make this happen for us. I tried to get him on. He yeah. doesn't. He doesn't want any parts. Now for his books. I don't get people to review these Batman comics. How did this issue get a 7.5 on comic book roundup? That is the average. This fills us in on a ton of questions we've all had during uh, since Rebirth, starting they are mostly panned I guess unless Batman is one-hand slamming Solomon Grundy, which he shouldn't be able to do, people aren't happy. I'm pumped to get into Psycho Pirate and Doctor Strange territory. I just Don't call it Doctor Strange. What the, yeah, he does say Doctor Strange. I, I don't see what the problem is at all. God damn it, Brian Hitch, can you do us all a favor and start missing deadlines again so that they can take you off this Justice League book? You have headed straight to Shipsville. Did I just read the same story with different art from Rebirth this week? Yes. Another alien that attaches to people's faces and makes them zombies? Uh, meanwhile, elsewhere in the book, we have the rest of the Justice League fighting Mother Nature. You want to know uh, what the Justice League can't fight? Is a fucking earthquake, so why doesn't Brian Hitch put in an issue one of them to team up and battle earthquakes? I'm out. Fuck Brian Hitch. <laughs> Somebody tell him one story of his worth is worth reading. I'm open to try it. Uh, I we saw when JLA happened, you were re- reviewing it and giving it bad reviews, and people were fuck, jumping all over you on oh, yeah. Twitter. These I first two number one issues of Just League, however, are going on eBay now, so they stopped stinking up my comic book collection. That's what he did with the wacky race raceland. <laughs> it took forever. What do you for end up selling it for? Seventy-five cents? Um, I think it might have been a dollar. You okay. might have actually had it for a dollar, but I think it might have been uh, under it. But boy, it took forever. Uh, in news, Suicide Squad after the Rebirth issue will feature backup stories done by different artists because Jim Lee also gives no fuck about deadlines. In other news, the sun is hot and the water is wet. If <laughs> Rob Williams wasn't writing this book, I'd be out uh, before it even began. Brian Hitch and Jim Lee should team up on a book yet to be named because it will keep them busy and away from all of us <laughs> over since it will never come out. They both can lick, lick, lick my balls. Oh, you know what? I forgot the ending of the news sound clip. I, I'm not prepared for these sounds yet. And that is from ben, Brandon uh, Beamier 3660. And we're going to go off to Brandon and, and anybody. If he says um or whatever, I guess he said he was saying a lot. I can't remember. Uh, but he's going to be doing all new Wolverines. 
that came out this you throw, week. Throw like Marvel. digital paper balls at him. His Twitter digital handle. paper balls. We could make like a. That'd be funny if we made a flash game and it's throwing shit at Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're gonna go off to Brandon and we'll be back with the books. How are we doing, Weird Science? This is uh, Brandon. I'm coming at you with this week's Marvel Minute. Uh, we're going to be doing the all-new Wolverine issue number 10. And we got writer Tom Taylor. Uh, we got artist team of IG Guara and pencils. Uh, Bob Wyacek on inks, along with Victor Olabaza. Um, and then John Roche on colors. Uh, we kick the issue off uh, at the Triskeleton. Uh, where we see Ulysses receives a vision. In the vision, we see Laura Kinney kind of in the background, um, Old Man Logan kind of in the foreground. Uh, it's kind of just a red page, and they're both uh, look to be screaming to the high heavens. Uh, it's kind of like an ominous warning that they're receiving. Maria Hill gets brought to the scene once uh, she, she hears that Ulysses is receiving a vision, um, and she puts a, a phone call into uh, Captain Marvel. Um, we cut away from the scene at the Tri-Skeleton, and we go off to uh, Laura X-23, a.k.a. current all-new Wolverine's apartment, um, and we see that Logan is kind of being restrained down on, on this bed. Uh, he wakes up to kind of whale sounds. Uh, Gabby is playing for him, uh, and he sees Gabby and Jonathan kind of looking down at him. Uh, Jonathan is the pet Wolverine of the house, so we got that in this issue. Um, so the three kind of wondering what the heck's going on here and Gabby kind of fills uh, old man Logan Wolverine in. She lets him know that he either passed out last issue or or from, you know, suffering, suffering too many injuries. Um, and and they wanted to make sure he didn't wake up and freak out. So that's why he's restrained. Soon after X-23 comes in the room and she kind of unties, uh, old man Logan. Um, and then she, mentions to the other people, Gabby and old man Logan, that she hears people kind of approaching. So Gabby kind of gets all excited here, and she's like, I wonder if it's going to be robbers. And they see two robbers kind of peek in through the window, and old man Logan tells them, uh, this really isn't the place you guys want to break into. Uh, You should get out of here. And Gabby's like, they really are kind of in here to, to steal stuff, and all three of them kind of break down laughing. So we got X-23, Gabby, and old man Logan just laughing at these robbers, um, trying to hold them up for something. Uh, and obviously this pisses the thugs off. So so they pull out a gun, uh, aim it at the, the party of three there, um, and Jonathan, the pet Wolverine, kicks into action, and he charges after these two uh, clown, clown-ass robbers. Um, they fire the gun and, and it hits the pet Wolverine. He goes down. Uh, so this really now is pissed off the three human Wolverines we have left in the room. Um, Gabby charges the criminals first and she kind of comes, uh, with a flying knee to their face, takes them down. Uh, X-23 is, is next up into action and, and she charges at the second robber and cuts his gun in half with her, her toe claws. Um, and then shoves him into the wall, and old man Logan kind of finishes everybody off with a few headbutts. Um, but X-23 screams at him to, to to not kill them, and then she offers to kind of subdue and tie these guys up um, so Logan doesn't tie them tie so tight that their bits fall off. 
we move on to kind of the next part of the story, uh, and Gabby's checking on Jonathan, who kind of gets up and appears to be fine uh, from this bullet wound he suffered. Um, so I wonder if he also has a healing factor, because they mentioned um, that there were experiments done to him, um, which is why they would have put him, put the animal down and he's in their custody so they can avoid that happening. Anyway, back to the story here. Uh, old man Logan, he helps Gabby patch up uh, the Wolverine, the pet Wolverine. Uh, they kind of share a moment together um, because Gabby mentioned earlier in the story how uh, Wolverine was possibly her interdimensional uh, grandpa because um, X-23 was cloned off of him and Gabby is cloned off of that X-23. So um, Wolverine kind of lets her know, old man Logan Wolverine lets her know in this spot that uh, that he's proud of kind of the actions that she took taking down those criminals and, and he's a proud interdimensional grandpa. So, so they share a nice moment. Um, just as, as that kind of ends, uh, Wolverine, old man Logan walks out and he sees Laura X-23 sitting at the table and they share a moment together at the table uh, when X-23's phone rings and we find out it's Maria Hill. She's given X-23 the heads up that S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming for old man Logan because of a vision Ulysses has had um, and they say the vision is that old man Logan is going to kill Gabby. Um, so Old Man Logan tries to escape out the window, and there is Captain America in S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, there waiting for him, stopping that escape. And that's kind of, uh, that's how our issue wraps up. So uh, you know how I do things for you guys. I let you know to buy, to borrow, or to forget the issue altogether. Um, and for all-new Wolverine issue number 10, my suggestion would be a buy. Uh, this This is my first experience with the book. I jumped in. Right here at issue 10, so I'm not up to speed on everything, uh, but but I thoroughly enjoyed this effort here by Tom Taylor. Uh, I know he's a favorite writer of Jim's. Uh, he did, did the Injustice stuff. He had an awesome arc on Batman Superman towards the end there. So I'm I'm going to catch up on this and, and kind of see what I missed the first nine issues this weekend um, and get up to speed because I enjoyed it that much. Uh, so although it is a Civil War II tie-in issue, um, it's thoroughly enjoyable and one of the better ones that I've I've had the pleasure of reading here on the last month or so of the event. So that's all I got for you this week, guys. Um, got Marvel Mondays coming up. Got about four going that'll be posted on Monday for you guys. And I'm going to also try to get Exo Mana War up for this weekend, uh, issue number 48. So again, that's all I got. Uh, we're going to send it back to Jim and Eric. You guys have a good weekend. Jeez. Yeah. Right as I'm starting, you're belching. This is not a classy podcast. It used to be before Stay all the fart classy, sound effects. Stay classy, Eric the Shea. I didn't hit any. I don't even have the fart sound board up. I don't even have. I do have the crickets somewhere, but I lost it. 
You don't know where it is. I will I, tell you so, something classy, though. During Brandon's segment there, I went out to get my soda pop from the fridge. Yeah. I think Dance and Mike came over during the news because on my fridge, I have those little, like, letter magnets. Yeah. And I close the door and I look. Eric licks people's dicks. And I'm like, oh. huh. That's an odd thing for the refrigerator to tell that me. Would be. That refrigerator knows more than than your girlfriend does about <laughs> what you do at night. But if she thinks you have a podcast. You just slip out, go to the truck stop. It's hard to Make get out the some third money. floor window. That is true. But we're going to see the it, meat and cheese, meat and cheese of the podcast, Eric. Uh, in general, I will say that my books sucked. <laughs> Not really. I really liked one. Which we again, it's no big fucking mystery. We've already talked in the mail. Everybody's talked about the books already. We know C and seven there. See you in seven. See you in yeah, never. Um, I'm trying to look. I'm going through my notes right now. I like one of my books. Uh, your books were kind of down the middle of the road again for me. Yeah, great, yeah. Yeah, I, it wasn't the greatest of weeks though. I will tell you, Eric. Next week looks like it's gonna kick ass. What do you think of that? Also, we don't have Reggie. We don't have Reggie uh, to talk with about his books. And when we get to Hellblazer, I don't know what to talk about because I am not a fan. I'm not a Constantine fan. I really could care less about Constantine. So me talking about that book is is really odd for me. We get the Ogle Man. We're like, where's Ray Delane? Yeah, Ray Delane. Yeah, Uncle Man. There's a lot of. You know, a lot of kind of just meh books this week. Well, that's the but problem with this extending the story the way it is. We're just kind of hanging out, waiting for things to happen. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? We're going to start with what I love, the book of the Where week. Where things actually yeah. happened? Yeah. Batman number three, even though you look at these reviews. I was looking at them uh, before we started. And yeah, there's people who gave this book a four out of ten. It's nonsense. People really, say we're they, negative shit. Get, these, get the review card. And take them away. Uh, the one guy, uh, four out of ten. This issue feels like a pause in the action. No, really. Go like, read action to, comics. You brother. have to have fucking Batman riding, urban surfing a fucking plane every issue. You can't have that every issue. It was. Cool I don't want time. it every issue. <laughs> I don't want to have this stupid, mindless fucking deal. It's it's cool. I'm gonna get a, a great way to of get Batman you going. Urban surfing a plane. Yeah. Urban surfing a plane, and then Alfred fucking yelling nonsense. But of course, we were talking about Batman number three, written by Tom King, art by David Finch, Danny Mickey, Jordy Belair. You know anything about Jordy Belair? I know it's a cool place to live, as far as I know. Belair? How about yeah. Jordy Belair? Fresh Tell me Prince what, told me that. Think about what you would think of Jordy Belair. Give me a little synopsis of Jordy Belair. Jordy Belair, in my mind, is Jordy from Star Trek living in Belair with his visor okay. on. Okay, what what do you think, Jordy? Do you think Jordy is married and has a wife? No, he has yeah, a visor. Because it's a woman. Oh, Eric, that was my whole point. I didn't know. Why I why you gotta do that shit to me? Oh, I tweeted her, and it's a woman. And I'm like, holy crap! I didn't know Jordy Jordy Belair was a lady. No, no, no. John Workman. You know who John Workman is? A hardworking fella. That he is. Can someone please tell me why this issue is getting bad reviews? I'm sorry that we don't get mindless action to pad the story, but instead actual answers about who and what Gotham and Gotham Girl might be. Seriously, this is the issue I've been waiting for since Tom King took over the book, and it's met by bad review scores? What the fuck, Eric? I was so angry when I was writing this. King has made me fall in love with Gotham and Gotham Girl, but the cliffhanger makes me believe he's not going to take long to break my heart, Eric. I still believe. He's going to break my heart. I don't think these two characters are going to last uh, 
through this whole series. You yeah. think you're going to die, Jim? It's weird. I say this, and in a normal sort of deal, I would think, boy, they're going to die before issue six, but it, I think they're going to be around for the monster men. I think I did see the October solicit. <laughs> so they, they're going to be around for a while, but I do think at some point. Uh, so uh, issue guess, 30, dead. My guess, Gotham Girl dies, but that's just, that's down. That's not She's a. She's Gotham um, oh, sweetheart. Jim, Yes. Um, I like this issue. I like it a lot. I enjoyed it. It starts well. off with a little switcheroo because I'm reading it. I'm like, here we go again. That's what I thought, man. Because it starts off and right away I knew, but they really, it, it got, what we're seeing is basically the origin of Gotham, uh, the character. And he looks a lot like Bruce. Yeah, and mirrors the it, origin it really of Bruce Wayne, that. something fierce. And I'm looking yeah. at it though. I'm like, man, like Martha looks a little weird here. And I'm like, Divided, we are, what was that? Divide and conquer? That's, that's not on the conquer. car key. Nope. You know, it's no, like, where's Zorro? Not, that's not Zorro. So yeah. right away, they're giving you, uh, you know, hints that it isn't, but it does mirror. And why? Why, oh, why? They're coming out of the theater, walking, uh, Gotham, his mom and dad, they're walking there with a little, uh, voice or a narration about how Gotham is horrible. It, it smells like smoke. piss and smoke and whatever, but we've embraced it, whatever. You don't know. At the point, you almost think that the, that is Bruce talking about when his parents got shot again. Like, he can't get over it. Like, he, he doesn't. I know. We um, rebooted the, the number. We don't got to yes. tell the origin again. Well, why? Why, do these, why does this family turn down this alley? This well, alley. I want to know is, though, why do they not go to that food truck before turning down that alley? I don't, I don't know. Well, it's a, they sell pizza and subs at that food truck. I, that just, sounds amazing. Don't go down that alley, you you guys. And we find out later even that they're very rich. Yeah. Don't need to go down. First off, where is your limo? Where's the rickshaw <laughs> the that rickshaw. picks you up outside there? And you, you avoid these alleys. What what shortcut are you taking? Um, oh, shortcut to the well, grave. That's the there. reason they're rich. They didn't want to pay for parking, so they went down to the bad neighborhood. How do you think I got so rich? Exactly. They they're going down there and they they get robbed. And again. There you have the gun. You're like, oh my god! And then it pulls out, and it's a fucking scumbag in a fucking sweatsuit, sweatpants, and a and a wife beater. I'm You're just like, saying, that's no guy, joke, chill. The guy can afford a gun, but he can't afford to wash his fucking wife beater. Really? He he just he's a slob. Here's the deal: that gun, he he grabs somewhere. I don't know. Then he spent all his money on the gun and that gold chain area. He ain't spending on a treadmill, that's for sure. The fuck no, he doesn't believe. Well, he is strong. I was going to say he doesn't belong he, to a He's kind of ripped in the arms. I'll Jesus give him that. Christ. It's he's a gun show for, back here. It's the curls for girls he's doing at the gym. He's one of those guys he just does, he does arms every yeah. fucking time. But yeah, he, he slugs the, the father, and the kid and the mother are yelling. The kid's crying. It's the same thing. And, and then, it's funny, too. It, when it starts here, I actually thought that was supposed to be Gotham Girl. Okay, yeah. And it is his mother. And... At the point you even are expecting pearls, it's a gold necklace, and the guy's. I like, thought that hey. was kind of funny because I expected pearls as well. Yeah, and you always got to have the pearls and bring it back. Oh yeah, and the pearls, and, the, and I'm thinking like it, if Gotham hangs out, like say these characters survive the Monster Men, and eventually they become so popular they get their own series, and we tell it's always going to be the gold chain. Yeah, but it's going to be the gold chain now. But yeah, this guy loves gold chains. He has a couple himself. He's two chains, and uh, he it's sees the gold Mr. chain. T. Yep. He's going to grab the chain, and that's when Batman shows up, and it kind of goes in with the narration of, you know, when we look at the worst of it, we fight back, and then when we yell, we yell loud, and there's Batman. No! And I am Gotham. Grabs the guy fucking by the throat, slams him into the wall, and the next panel you see, I believe that we have now seen Batman kill a man. Yeah, because, he's dead. 
he there's this huge fucking blood <laughs> spot on that con- the back of his head has to be caved in right they yeah. i think there might have been a mistake there that he should have pounded his fr- face first and then you're like oh he got a bloody nose or something nope that back no, of that- the caved in he that's is the best too because then he's you know gives his little inspiration don't be scared or use your fear yeah, to be says, brave yep. later on type of shit but he takes a guy and grappling guns away i'm like he that guy's dead he is taking that body to potter's field and oh yeah it. so nobody yeah, knows that Batman dead. killed a man but yeah and he says to the kid and the family especially even but uh you know what but he says remember all that means is everyone gets the opportunity to fight the fear. When he says you're going to be scared, it's okay to be scared. And then it pulls away. You see that that is the family talking. It wasn't Bruce. It's the father and uh, mother of these kids. And you're like, okay. And right away, you knew that this is what it was, right? That this was going to be Gotham. The, oh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And they're like, and even the mother says, hey. As soon as Batman shows up, there's no doubt. Yeah. And um, they're talking and... He's like, oh, you know, they don't want to hear about Hank and Claire. You know, why? They don't need to hear about the kids. And um, that's when or he says they do want to hear about it. But he this guy's giving more of a story. And, and what it ends up being, it's Bruce. He's there to talk to him. He, he's there under the pretense that they had made a big deposit in a offshore account that the federal government's looking into it. It's not. He wants to know about these two, Hank and Claire. Now, the coolest and, part of this little tale, though, is that. Claire wasn't there. Was she staying at a friend's house that day or something? Yeah, it's like, a friend. Yep. And it was just, you know, Hank who becomes yep. Gotham. And he became obsessed. He became obsessed with Batman. The coolest part of the story to me is that, like, Claire doesn't – Gotham girl does not have this connection that Hank has. And no, she's just kind of following her. along her brother, you know? Like, yep. in, in my mind, like, we have these two characters. So if one of the – like, you know, if they, you, they, you say they're going to die some point in the future. I do pr- think possibly the girl might die. I think it's going to be one of them. But honestly, if Hank dies, I think it would be even more because what does Gotham girl do then? Because she's just been following along this entire time. Yeah, but even – she's been following along, but she's full in now. I mean, really, when they show this, you would think Hank is probably about 13, 14, and she's probably about 10. Right. And now when they're Gotham and Gotham Girl, it seems to be like eight years later, maybe. And uh, but, but Jim, yeah, he's only been Batman out. for five years. Yeah, dude, we're not. Going <laughs> that. That's all bullshit. But yeah, he maybe six uh, now. Hank becomes very obsessed with Batman, and even to the point where his dad says, though, not really Batman, but what Batman does. He's enamored with Batman helping people. And I really like that. And again, everybody's waiting for these characters to to go bad. And to show that they're phony or whatever, this issue throws that right out the window because then you see that the two of them ended up working at the soup kitchen. They're reading to old people, you know, in the hospital. Then they're also training, uh, even to the point they're like, it's weird, too. Because the the dad's telling the story, and he's like, hey, when they're not do-gooding, they were training, preparing, learning. And you're like, what were they preparing for, dad? You know what I mean? He, like, really, like, yeah, that's, he knows that. And I really like uh, that training scene, too, because it is just mirroring the original, like, uh, Batman origin as well. Yeah, I I actually like when they're in the library because it reminded me of like the Hardy Boys. That's exactly what throw. I thought of too. Like, that's so cool. They have the forensic like, evidence. Where's the other books. Hardy Boy? Yeah, really. He they killed him. That was the guy in the alley. 
Uh, and then the they brother, show the brothers were fighting over Nancy Drew, and they end up killing one. Yes, of them. they killed one of them. Then they show them up on the the uh, roof, looking at the bat symbol, and that kind of later on we saw him rebirth when they were in full garb. Then like, hey, is that for us? Not, Not yet. yet. Yeah, and it seems like maybe that's what was going on all along. That they'd always go up and look when when the bat symbol went off. Off the bat uh, thing, they'd go up and like, bat oh single. man, you know what the signal? Yeah, oh I said man, single. Jesus Christ, I said signal. Symbol. But yeah, they they'd go up and look at it and like, oh man, our time's gonna come. But yeah, they they ended up doing really good things. They went overseas to help, and it says they went overseas in some difficult areas. And I'm like, they're in conduct. That's where. <laughs> fucking nonsense uh but then they got a they called their parents hey we need some money a lot of money a lot of the parents wired the money and then a month ago they said they they returned happy healthy but that's also when gotham and gotham girl showed up and the the parents they don't say it but they say it but they don't say like we know and we really think and i really thought that what Tom Kim was going to get at was the new mystery would be, okay, there was this Hank and Claire. Maybe these aren't them. Maybe they took their idea. All this crazy stuff went through my head, but that's when we hear that a uh, matches leaves. It's matches Malone. It's Batman. He's like, hey, thanks a lot. I got to go. And that's when Alfred calls him like, hey, there was a suicide bombing. Uh, wow. It's on a, a, the bridge. Uh, oh, these bridges are having problems with this Batman. Board. There are no but more bridges in Gotham. No, and then there's Alfred, though, and he's like, apparently this was a suicide bomber. How original. I'm like, you fucking, I really, Alfred, I, I want to slap dead. him. Yeah, I want Bruce to say, like, you're done, Alfred. Retire. Get the fuck out of here. Go Where's Duke? At least. Where's Duke, Eric? Dude, he I mean, he might have killed Shit. him. He might have killed Duke. He is so fucking miserable and it's so I don't... weird being in this book though because it really seemed like we were going to have a lot of duke training with bruce and yeah. doing stuff we have had pretty much nothing no with no and i just maybe this is what's happening where it really seems over the top with alfred right it, like it, Tom king is writing this he can't be writing this dialogue and thinking that this is how alfred really is maybe this is leading to alfred saying he's had enough and leaving and blowing his brains out we haven't gotten a lot of duke and that's when duke comes in because this is what you think duke would have been doing at this point you know working the the computer telling him things uh until he actually gets out on the uh you know on the beat with him but we find out there's this fucking (laughs) what it is i know just the suicide bomber uh he calls bruce and bruce the best panel i thought it makes no sense Uh, i want to know how it works and then the car separates and he's in the bat cycle. I'm and telling I you, love it. This seems oh, like one of the coolest. you know cool, what? Like- it's funny because I thought that the car, my whole joke was that the car went off and hit things. I didn't even realize that it comes back together. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Later. But like, this seems together, like a who's toy I would have wanted as a yeah. kid. Sounds so cool. Because really, Daddy, like, when, when Batman Returns came out, they had the Batman Returns like um, vehicle. And in yeah. that movie, you know, the sides broke off, so you get yeah, that, yeah. like, missile-shaped Batmobile to get through the really thin alley. It's yeah. a lot like this. I'm like, this would have been a cool-ass toy. It's so funny to me, though. You look at it. It separates. That that cycle is big. It's I, got the real big tires. I don't think it's that much lower profile than the car. I don't know what he's doing with it. I'm telling it's, you, just, when, it's just for show. When he walked out of the, uh, the parents' house to get, and got in the car, I'm like, all right, don't look at me here because – Imagine the struggle of opening the car door and trying to sit properly because he would have had to straddle the spike. I think maybe 
all this like boom when he hits the thing the seat comes from under him the fucking i don't know it's because i'm telling you with this huge ass wheel it's not that lower pro like you can't no, say I, I that it. that cycle is not fitting you know what i mean he could drive that car i just think he wants to do a cool move really thing. <laughs> Oh Batman God. can't show up in a white sedan. Yes. And at, at this point, I'm enjoying myself. It's it's fun. Then you go and you get to the bridge and there's Gotham and Gotham Girl. And right off the bat, Tom King, mystery solved. He says Gotham's there. And also the fact that this is the first time you're seeing Gotham even struggle or either of them really do anything struggling even when they were fighting solomon grundy they were fighting back and forth you didn't get this idea like oh my god he's not as strong or whatever but he's having problems with this bridge and he says claire i can't it hurts too much and she's like no you can do it hank you have to do it and um but jim what does that cr stand for on his chest that is a g <laughs> it is and, not a uh, goddamn g it is it's an old time i just I even looked see it, up. it when i, I look at it, it. It's a I g. bet. I know. I just, I just don't I, see it when I look at it. I don't see it. how you can't see it. I see it right there. That's why Disney looks like a backwards G to me as well. Yeah, but they say their names, Claire and Hank, right? As And it's mystery solved. It's them. And um, they're showing the bridge. That's when Batman shows up. And she's uh, – Gotham girl has a kid, and she yells out like, hey, ba- he's here. Batman's here. He comes. In the meantime, you're starting a new narration. And again, it's also about Gotham and all oh, Gotham is like this when we grow up and the city's a cesspool and you have all this. This actually ends up being Hugo Strange talking yeah. about the city. And I was, and, it actually threw me off a little bit at first. It did throw me off a bit because, and really you're reading it and it, it's supposed to shock you because then at one point they, he says like, and Miss Waller, this is merely yeah. an illusion. I'm like, whoa, what's going That's on? That's what I realized. Like, shit got real. Yeah. Also, during it, he mentions the zero year, the owls, Joker, Bloom. I like that. Uh, but Batman shows up. He shoots off those uh, crazy things that he used on the plane. Those uh, freaking rocket things that he See, is that what those were? Because I, yeah. I saw yeah. the thing because like the, he has the ones where they land and they shoot up out like suction cups. Yeah. And There's I'm just like, ones- it's uh, yeah. He ha- I see the ones where they actually have the like yeah, the yeah. power on the yeah. like the. It's projectile kind of like, fucking thing. Well, but. actually, he actually, it's it's weird. Actually, they're more suction cups. I'm wrong because the the uh, bat wings there. Right. The, the, oh, that's what that is. I see it. Yeah, now. it's weird. It has the same things. It's throwing me off. That is a little confusing. But, but yeah, I'm, I'm he has the like, bat wing that has shown up, and it's going to help. Such a hold weird the thing bit. to have on your bat cycle. Yeah. In the meantime, it looks like Hugo Strange is watching them through all this again. I'm not so sure. I know it's weird to say. I'm not even so sure that this monster man thing is fully involved with him either. I, I don't know. It's because so far down the pipe at this point. But the problem with it is he's saying he's almost like continuing the whole thing with when they had Psycho Pirate the last issue when uh, Sam Lane said to uh, Amanda Waller, "You have oh you congratulations you've saved the city," and uh, I don't know what's going on. But in the meantime, there's Gotham and Gotham Girl and Batman. They're talking, and Gotham and Gotham Girl are so excited about Batman, and Gotham almost says to Batman exactly what happened. Because he's like, hey, I can't thank you enough. You know, they're saving the bridge. And hey, when I was a kid, my mom had a necklace, and Batman just cuts him off. And he's like, it's good to see you here, Gotham. Then he leaves and says, it's good to see what you did with your fear. And to me, it was you know, that cool, was a right? wink, wink. Yeah. Was, you know, I, he knows. Well, I remember you. You boy. don't have. You don't have to tell me. Also, it was one of those things, almost like a. Um, to me, 
it it ran the way of he doesn't want Gotham the full out say his thing because then he feels obligated to tell his identity. <laughs> like he's like, okay. not. like he's like, hey Batman, you know, I was that kid in that alley you saved. And he's like, Great. See you later. And he jumps off, says he just wants to know. Hey. And then no, off panel he says, aren't. It's so weird calling him Gotham. Yeah. And why'd you pick that name? And why do you have a C on your chest? A CR. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're they're all happy then. Gotham and Gotham Girl are happy. And really, this is the most we've gotten from Gotham Girl. Yeah, she finally speaks I really up. like it. She's fun. It's a she's fan like, girl. And she's so excited because she's like, he let us, we got to see him leave this time. He let us in. Like that, that to yeah. her means we're making in. progress. And yeah, I think because Batman says, listen, I'm going to follow leads. If anything happens in the city, you guys are on. You're you guys on call. are up. Yeah, uh, you do it. He does. Now that he has gone as matches, found out exactly who they are, for him to say that to me, we know that they're good now. Batman yeah, is know there's no funny business going Batman on. Batman is not wrong on these things. He would not trust them like this. And it pretty much put the whole city in danger if they weren't good, like like he knows they are. So I was like, that's good. That's great. And again, you're, you have a mystery solved, but another mystery of how they got their powers. Uh, you know, that money wired, how they no, get it. I can't it. wait to read it. And you're assuming right away that it has something to do almost like with a Keenan Kong with somebody that has that Dr. Omen type thing. I don't think it's Dr. Omen. People I think are it's the green that. pills from Injustice. That's not uh, I just I think that they somebody else has that technology that they use. Oh yeah, some superhero power given thing, you know. Again, you though, don't even need to spell it out like that. it's anything it could possibly be. Yeah, like, but again, what powers do they have? They pretty much have Superman's powers. Yeah, it's I guess. Like they're, you know what I mean? It's it's pretty much spelled out that the only thing they don't have we haven't seen them have heat vision. Yeah. Everything else they have super sight. They you know they do all that. So. Whatever happens, but that leads into the mystery of what Batman's going to do, because you can't have people running around giving anybody who has money powers, because it seems that the villains in the DCU usually have a lot of money, and they'll go and get powers, and then Batman's Well, that's, they, have to, they have to go to the freaking, you know, their supervillain banker, the burned, and they have yeah, to get the money, yeah. and then they have burned. to go and get powers. But still, Batman's going to have to look into it. Uh, more than just this because, yeah, you can't have, you know, all of a sudden, I said Penguin has a lot of money. He could just go off. Next thing you know, he's flying around. And that's but, I, I really like about this issue with that backstory and then seeing how they are kind of fanboy and fangirls for Batman makes them very likable. Well, it, it makes them likable and it makes them now that you – like you even said, you saw Gotham as a boy. He loved Batman. And then you see Gotham Girl, who just was Claire, and oh my god, my big brother's into that. I'm going to be into that, too. Yeah. And it was such a cute little thing, and how great they're getting along. And yeah, I really do think it's setting them up to die, because... You're you know, going to pull a Joss Whedon on our asses? Yeah, yeah. Because all of a sudden, they're sitting there talking and fanboying out and fangirling out, and there's an explosion. They're like, oh crap, we got to go. But even as they're going... Gotham girl's like, you know, we should have a rather rallying cry like Gotham's gather. It's like, no, no, no. Batman goes in quiet. And I love this line where she says like, hey, if Batman jumped off a bridge, does that mean you wouldn't? He's like, hey, we just saw him actually jump off a bridge, Claire. <laughs> Literally yeah, jump off a bridge. I really like that. And then she yells as they b- blast into this area. And again, are you getting the idea that now Tom King is showing you they kind of are playing this as a game? 
You know what I mean? They're not because even when they go, there's, there's a building exploding, and she busts in, go, it's, go, Gotham. And it's a lot of and, it's a big problem we have with people with the superpowers, like even like a Superman, where like you know he takes them for granted because he is all powerful, yeah. and you don't have to worry about it or take it too seriously. And then yep. he realizes the truth, like fuck, I am nothing without my superpowers. Well, yeah, I really do think though, up until now. Like Gotham and Gotham Girl, this is the fan, but oh man, I wish yeah, they're, like, they're playing a game. Superheroes, and it is. It's like a game, and that's I think that's why we saw them as kids. We see that they're good, but I think up until this point, it is a game to them. And they bust in. Very naive. And there is Hugo Strange, Doctor Strange, Professor Strange, Eric will call him. And uh, there's Psycho Pirate. A psychopath looks crazy, doesn't he? I love Scares the shit out of me. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I'm scared. I'm very scared. <laughs> I'm and, so uh, scared. I'm so scared. Remember, we said it was psychopath. It definitely is. And he's like, hey, you know what? I control uh, his emotions, your emotions, and yours. And there yeah, you yeah. see. And again, you've been stressed. The whole issue is stress, this fear that got, you know, Hank Gotham had kind of got over with these. So, he yeah, used it to it, be brave. He's, He's definitely afraid right there. And again, is that when he busts in his psycho pirate saying that that he reads the the uh, the fear, or is he giving them? No, fear? I think he's giving them the fear right yeah, there. He's, and he's, I think they have it anyway. He's uh, projecting his emotions and, at them. And I really do think that you know he can tell what emotions would affect them the most, and it is fear. He has tried to get over this fear, like Batman told him. He, I think that the whole thing was he had been very afraid in that alleyway, and the way that he has fought that throughout is to try to be Batman. And you no, like Batman and get these powers, and now it's going to be the worst thing for him. Because well, he, in my mind, though, I'm saying like Hugo and Psycho Pirate, they're there for Gotham and Gotham Girl, right? In yeah, your mind? They're, they're setting them up. I'm like, they got very lucky that Batman didn't show up ahead of yeah, time. Yeah, like I said, though, uh, he is Hugo definitely has a camera and can hear what they're saying. So I think that he's been waiting because you see it on the monitor, and then see that he is actually watching that monitor. And it it's Batman said, I'm going to go off. You protect when something's going. I think he's like, let's fucking roll. And Boom. They were waiting for and did that. I don't know. Really, if Batman shows up, I think that Batman's fucked too at this moment. Nobody's expecting Psycho Pirate and fucking Hugo Strange to fucking blindside him like that. But yeah, it looks like uh, nobody expects go the wrong. Psycho Pirate. No, and I, I think that, yeah, I think that those two are in some big trouble, especially now that I love them. I love them, and now it's going to go down the tubes. But I really like this issue. I like the art a little more than I have. I told you, I don't think the art's bad. I never thought it was bad. I just think that uh, David Finch has kind of taken a back seat to the story. I still think he is. Um, but I liked it a little more this this and issue. Honestly, the art has never really been a problem for me. It was always the colors, and yeah, the I colors just, seem to work better for me here. I'm telling you, the biggest, the, my favorite panel of the issue was the transforming car cycle. <laughs> uh, but even that, like the the one issue, I guess last issue, the big thing was the Solomon Grundy. Right. And then the other one, it was the riding the plane. But there were there was never like I didn't look at the issues, any of these issues. And b- got blown away, like, oh, my God, every page turn was this and that and all this art. The way I was led to people going nuts, and I like David Finch's art a lot. Me too. Like, even on the Wonder Woman book, uh, there were panel after panel at points where it was just like, holy shit. This well, that's all awesome. you were doing with that book, though, is looking yeah. at it because you well, didn't want to read I mean. it. And I've seen interviews where he said, listen, my art, I'm taking a step back. I don't want to overshadow the story, and the story is really good And this issue to me is where 
everything has kind of come together where I'm like, okay, now we're, now we're getting going. This is like the start for me being full in and excited. And it just, I don't understand these people with their, you know, oh, we take a lull in the action. You don't need that nonstop. Like you said, you had action. The bridge was fucking falling. I know, but people want these, like that one big thing. To be like, oh my God, Solomon Grundy, they fight. And really, that Solomon Grundy, I said, we argued on the podcast. You loved it. I did. It's great fan service. It did nothing for the story whatsoever, except that you wanted to see Batman say, hey, Gotham, you got to watch it. You're, you're not perfect. That's it. But yeah. it was just fan service, and people seem to be fucking mesmerized by it. Because this issue, you don't see him hit fucking Penguin upside the head. They're like, oh my God. But yeah, I loved it. I hated Alfred. I gave it an Alfred's point. the worst part about this book. Yeah, I, I just, I really, I really hope that he either gets his voice down or if what he's doing is trying to lead to, uh, you know, get rid of him somehow. Well, just he, go to therapy, I really, man. Damn. I, no, I just want him to leave and go back to England. He's like, you know what? Come I'm an actor go, again? I, yeah, well, he's acting right now. He's acting like a dick. Oof. That's what he's acting like. He's fucking a, a Lawrence Olivier of fucking dickheads. What do you think of that, Eric? Now I'm getting angry. Jesus Christ. 9-3. 9-3, I give it an 8.5 out of 10. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, the next one I enjoyed probably a little more than you, Eric. What do you Maybe. Think? Su- Superman number 3, written by Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Gleason, with art by Jorge Jimenez, Alejandro Sanchez, and Rob Lee. After John's little fall that led to him being knocked out in the previous issue, our super family decides that it's probably better to be safe than sorry, so they take him to the Fortress of Solitude to be checked out by some Kryptonian technology. Too bad that the Eradicator was there as well, and after a fight, a reprieve, and then another fight, it turns out that the Eradicator is all about purging the human half of John's genome to make the Kryptonian species pure. Plus, Eradicator eats crypto. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> he has a hot dog. Uh, the one thing I don't understand near the end of whatever, it, it, the Eradicator gets there and says that the reason he got there was because of John. And what about Superman? Why can't he get his... You well, know, and the thing is, uh, I don't know how like it's... are they sp- are they pointing out something weird with that though? No, it seems that they got he got there and he happened to find John's blood. Yeah, but it's still he's that. But now that they're there, they he legitimately has a full out Kryptonian there. Why oh, do you have to go through the the trouble of doing anything with John? He could just he has a pure Kryptonian. He doesn't believe in interspecies relationship. I don't know. But then, you know, it's just, uh, I thought that was a little forced because you do legitimately have a Kryptonian there. What I thought was forced is that in the last issue, we saw that, like, I don't even know what we saw. It seemed like a ball full of John's blood goes and it gets assimilated. Why didn't he have a body? Because when we hear his backstory here, he had a body. Yeah. Where'd that body go? I don't know if it was supposed to not be there or there or there was making a new one. I don't know. And why, start did, why does the Eradicator to me look like Plastic Man in a Superman suit? I don't know. But, Did you see but, that? Hey, all I know is Superman recognizes him right away. Yeah, the one where it's, he, the it's, past, just, baby. it's right when he is uh, – when they go in and the Eradicator is more of a silhouette. It looks just like Plastic Man. I know. I'm talking even throughout there. the issue to me, he a lot of times he looks like Plastic Man. Yeah. Well – they go in to the fortress, and I do like at least they explain why they didn't go to Colorado. 
it doesn't make full sense to me. I guess it does. He, he doesn't like, have the Kryptonian technology. Go to Colorado? There. I don't have Kryptonian technology, except that I thought we saw he had some Kryptonian technology, but I guess he wouldn't have. There was no way. I don't way. even know what technology He had all he those aliens that he stone, left I'll tell you that. He isn't feeding those aliens. Uh, those okay. aliens that he kept saying he was going to find them a fucking home. Uh, but yeah, then there's the Eradicator. Superman comes in. He's like, holy shit. The Eradicator just attacks. It starts beating the shit out of him. Uh, John comes too, and it's like, oh, what's going on? I'm fucking dazed. Oh, your dad's fighting this guy. Oh, maybe I should help. It's just, he just, it, it's he really, just beats the living shit. This fight shit is him. really padding out the issue, though. It and is. Then- I, I, the only thing that I'll say is I don't mind it as much because this Superman definitely does not understand, and he might be right most of the time. He cannot get it through his head that he's not in his own universe. Anything he sees with the Lex, well, I'm whatever, telling you, it's, he it's is going that, right from the deal. Eradicator, the last I remember reading with him, is that they worked together and he wasn't yeah. really a bad guy. I know no. he, he had some issues before where he was really brutal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I, I don't know. Is he just like, all right, this guy's had a history, so I'm not going to take any chances yeah, with him my family. Just, yeah, he just goes nuts. What are you doing in the former Superman's home, which I am now just walking into kind of yeah. weird? Yeah, and they're fighting, and in the meantime, they hit the the roof. There's structural damage that goes down. It's about to kill John and Lois, and that's when the Eradicator saves him. He grabs Plastic the man. falling roof, and he's like, oh, you know what? I get, get away, Superman. What do you want me to do with this? And Superman's like, holy shit. He, you know what? He just saved Lois and John. I guess I have to trust him. He's very that's quick. That's kind of cool. Trust. And then he's like, I can't believe I turned my back on him, but boy. I really like the narration here, too. I think I would have sent Eradicator away. I don't think I would have worked on John with him stand, staring at them. I, I really, the I don't like know. The Eradicator. It, that's what I mean. And knowing what he kind of is about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I would have wanted him there. I would have been like, hey, Eradicator, why don't you go to the toilet for a, a minute, whatever. <laughs> and, but he's staring at them. Even John's like, uh, Dad, he's still staring at us. <laughs> no, John. Uh, but then they're going to check out. And then basically... What we're going to find out is that because John has the human DNA as well, uh, the genome, it's his invulnerability is wonky. Well, they're both the, both forth. the Kryptonian and human genome are struggling to find dominance. So that's like it's kind of like a, his powers is turning on and off during the struggle to find out, yeah. like till it decides which one is like uh, more prominent. Yeah, I just and I uh, I didn't even. It that it says it lacks the consistency in your invulnerability. Sometimes you're at risk of skinning your knee. I I just got the I just got the idea that it was adapting. I didn't even think that it was really a dominance thing. That's what Eradicator kind of says that you know the the dominant deal. I just think that it's he it's going back and forth. It's kind of just changing because it's never happened before. And at one point he's more human than the other. I I don't think that it's ever going to be that he would be like I'm now full Kryptonian because the Kryptonian gen, uh, genome has taken over. I didn't get that idea at all. I think that he'll be at a point where he's not going to be as invulnerable as Superman or, right. you know, this uh, sort of thing. He's not as strong or whatever. And he might even have something a little more special. I don't know. Oh, like here, like I'm trying to find the lines. I knew there was something. Yeah, I didn't think these, there was a line. Though. These readings clearly yeah. state your body's still adapting to your unique genome that your mom yeah. and I passed on to you. Yeah. yeah so I'm just, saying in adapting. my mind, it's a. 
adapting because like right now he like we saw him walk through fire before yeah, and yeah. now he's like you know he can skin his knee or fall out of a tree yeah and get a like concussion. i said i think it's adapting i don't think that i i never got the idea that it was fighting like just did dominance type right i like then the, you'd get in the thing where you'd be like well the human genome is as the dominant one and i, I don't think that's going to happen in the meantime freaking the fucking eradicator doesn't like any bit of it and then just starts but you saying, talk about humans yeah and he just starts saying like hey I'm supposed to be here. That Superman also, they're talking about that. Speaking of adapting, why are you here and wearing the House of L emblem on your chest? That, that It's a weird transition. Very weird. He, he, he was just looking to for say that opening. This. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, John's like, I have to go to the bathroom, Dad. Speaking of bathrooms, why are you shit grinning fucking uh, It just seemed weird, but he tells the story about the Eradicators and how they were made by uh, Zod. And also, I love too. It's like the Zod protocol, and boy, they they <laughs> I they were they were involved. They were like the SS. Yeah. They were just going around and grabbing. Now, in the meantime, the Kryptonian it, secret police is this. They really make the the thing of uh, we suck the souls out. Yep. Put them in the Phantom Zone, and then the bodies went into stasis. Stasis. Yeah. Is this? pointing out that eventually we're going to have or even at the end of the story or in the middle whatever that they're going to have to go in the phantom zone because the souls are there uh because see i don't even when, think about it as souls i don't know this life essence is like honestly well, the what you are the phantom projection that you are inside the phantom zone i don't know yes. what you want to call it you could say well, soul even it just, if it's a projection it whatever it is odd there has to be projections that are there that were awaiting trial. Oh yeah, definitely. Krypton blew up. And do you think that? I guess possibly one can't be. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Freaking Superman's dad, though. Oh no, Jor El. Like, I don't know. No. Jor El, because you see the. You know, this leads to them saying about the uh, this the ship. Krypton uh, exploding and Krypton the ship exploding. And, and exploding. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think. Yeah. But it's weird that there is a, a whole thing spelled up because they were there when Krypton exploded. Then and yes, when you look at the. Uh, the art, it does look like yeah. they are consuming the souls or whatever. I think it was Manship who pointed it out on the site. Yeah. And it I did does not look see, like that. I did not even notice that when I was re first reading the book for the, uh, to review it. Yes. It looks like as it's exploding, it looks like he's sucking up and all the is souls. is this going to lead to when they get the proper genome, they're going to try to bring everybody back with those? I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, the, the other thing, though, even if it's not, even if that's like a weird, weird art deal, there definitely has to be s people in the Phantom Zone right now that were awaiting trial. Like, yeah, there's a bad guy, so fuck yeah, them. There's some, but there is there, but there's, but again, are Doomsday was also in the Phantom Zone. Yeah. You don't want to. Are go they there. bad guys though? Because they really spell out this was Zod and the people he was against. Well, Zod's in there that too. Yeah, but no, I'm saying though that that doesn't, and I don't even think he is now. And I don't remember how it makes sense. Um, but in the meantime, like I said, these are really spelled out that they were people against Zod. This wasn't like, oh, we were part of the guy. You know, these are probably some yeah, good Jim, guys. Criminals. Zod yeah. had some pretty good ideas. No, he did. <laughs> and again, they that they pointed out Zod showed that these fucking souls or whatever they General Zod had us. What do they say? The life force. Yeah. It's souls. Life. I know. It's whatever you want to transform call it. them in uh, while they wait trial and and whatnot. But yeah, in the meantime, at the end, uh, 
When you say soul, though, I just get too much of a religious context well, to it that Life I don't Force. like. What else like, is Even it? that. I, Life Force, I think of that naked vampire space movie. Yeah, well, Life Force is a soul. They just don't say it. And, uh, yeah, then Eradicator basically says, I'm, I'm here to, you know, get the fucking, the right uh, genome going. And your son, unfortunately, has some uh, human in it. And I'm going to have let's to get a purge in. Yeah, let's get yeah, a purge. purge. And I like, I think they set it up pretty well that all of a sudden you're like, oh shit. Because yeah, he starts doing it. He starts to try to get the life force out of John. And, uh, it's so funny because it seems like not a lot happens in this book. And it's a very fast read, except for when, uh, when Eradicator's tell yeah, his is. backstory, kind of slow shit really down. Read. But, uh, we go from a lot here where Eradicator's there, Superman, him fight. They're cool. We search, we, uh, find oh, yeah, out about yeah. John. And then he's back to freaking, you know, it's being like, a bad guy again. My, you saved my wife and son. You're cool. Let me see. Oh, we have a hey, whole character way, arc hey, of Eradicator. By the way, here. why are you wearing that fucking symbol? Oh, I'm glad you asked me. Well, this is what happened, and I fucking hate these dirty humans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he starts sucking John's soul, and again, does he, he get enough? John. Does he get enough? Of the life force out that now the Kryptonian is going to be dominant because uh, he does. I don't think he, suck I, a little. he starts. I don't think he gets anything because Crypto uh, intervenes. Uh, all I know is that John is actually almost flying off that table from getting sucked on air. Yeah, yeah, and he's there. And but, now, if so, we're only going for the life force, why does Crypto's entire body seem to be sucked in? Because he is actually the life force, Eric. I don't know. He gets in, and uh, the best thing. People were saying, even in the mail, like, oh, what does he have against uh, animals? I got the idea that this is going to be like the fly. All of a sudden, he's going to make this fucking half-kid, half-dog fucking <laughs> Kryptonian. It's going to fucking be like fucking guts on the outside, walking around, fucking tail. It, it really, is, I'm like, this is like the Superman versus the fly. I'm telling you, though, like when uh, Tomasi was talking about after issue one about how there's going to be the payoff in the next issue after Goldie's death, yeah. this is the payoff I think that we were waiting yeah, for I, because I, now, I, like, I John C. and the cape hit the ground, and he's like, never again. He's not going to yeah. let any, because this animal protected him, and he's like, you know what? I am not going to let this happen anymore. Um, I disagree. I think that he really thought the payoff was that, that burial. And I don't. I don't want to think that's the goddamn payoff. I Here's hated the thing. that. He knows what issue it is, and he said the next issue. I, I don't know. The, the, the solicit for Green Lanterns number two Doesn't was matter. all the about this issue wrote, this tonight. The people who wrote the book know. The solicits are just people who get word fucking three months ago. Tomasi knows what issue is coming out the next week. These I are know. only two weeks away. I know, but maybe like that one point they realized we got to ex- like you know extend this a bit. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, and he would have had to have extended it. They would have went to him. I think that his payoff was to say, oh man, you know what? Lois isn't that upset. We got, I really do. Cause this really, to me, you don't get the payoff yet. He just gets oh, mad. Just, at the just end. that mad look was enough for me. That's yeah, what really that's, fucking shown it. Like, why, why does book. that show that anything about Goldie? Now it's, he's mad that about, crypto's dead. It's about animals being hurt. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, John in this whole thing is uh, making any sort of connection there. He's just pissed because now Crypto's dead, and that was his buddy. You I didn't don't, know I Crypto. Don't, I know, but I don't think that this is any payoff with the Goldie. When I see that— it's more than that goddamn burial scene. No, actually, to me, it's worse because now you fucking, okay, we're done with Goldie, buried. Now you get another animal dead. I think that people—you think that that lady who yelled at you on Facebook— who was all upset about Goldie is going to be happy about this? That she's going to be like, oh, a dog died. I, I don't but think boy, that boy, happy about anything. But boy, John is now angry. Ooh, hoo, hoo. He was crying before and they hated it. Now he's angry. 
And really, the way you say it, I think crypto's coming out anyway. Of course he is. No, crypto's not staying dead in my mind. I don't know. Man, the weir- the weirdest crypto was a ghost. The weirdest part to me is what the fuck is this crypto? Because this is not that giant ass dog, like wolf dog we yeah, saw no, before. Yeah, no, it's weird. We had that wolf dog, but we also had parts where it was this crypto. It's been all over the. See, place. I don't remember ever being this like classic version of crypto. Yeah, I always remember in the New Fifty Two. This, this freaking gig- comic rack thing is fucking going nuts here. I can't keep my book up. Can't keep it up, Eric. Uh, I. It's weird. When I was thinking about it after you said it, at, there's a weird part where I kind of remember this crypto. But I might be wrong. It might just be because it's a classic crypto. Again, maybe that's why. Maybe he's not real. Well, honestly, when uh, the Eradicator, when we, I first read this book, he kept saying we. There was no I. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Is, is this crypto a part of him too? Yeah, maybe. maybe. Was this well, crypto assimilated? Because we have not really seen that I was really going to say, maybe that was what dog. it was. Maybe it was part of that where he was saying when he got assimilated, maybe that cape was there from the old crypto and that assimilated in. I don't know. I, I yeah. want to say that that crypto was in the final days of Superman, but now I can't recall. But that yeah. giant wolf dog, I think, was No, I don't, I don't think we saw him at all. We saw him at the beginning of The Truth. When he went to go, remember at the one point we were yelling because he went to go into the fortress and couldn't get in. We were like, goddamn crypto's in there. Why was feeding that motherfucker? But yeah, again, if it's anything, that's just part of the legacy that you can, that's the whitewashing of everything. Hey, it's legacy. I just would have liked a little bit of an explanation or whatever. Uh, But I will tell you that it is not the uh, usual uh, Patrick Gleason on art. No. And I loved it. So I, did I. I enjoyed it. Uh, it, I, it looks like Jorge is like, you know, uh, leveled up from freaking Earth 2 and joined the yeah, Superman crew. Yeah. I don't know for how long, like if Patrick's going to be on and off. I like think this is one of those where when they need uh, when we used to think when we first started that it was going to go back and forth each issue. I actually think it's one of those where the regular main artist like a David Finch on Batman. He's drawing away Patrick Gleason on this. And he's like, okay, I think that I'm going to need some help around issue five. Right. They do that and they fill in. Because I remember when even I got called out that it's it was going to be Mikael um, Yannon and uh, David Finch on Batman going back and forth. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. Well, it hasn't been. It's been David Finch since yeah. Rebirth. Uh, but I think that uh, Yannon is coming up in a couple issues from now. And, yeah, I think that it's one of those. I'm like Jim Lee who can't finish one goddamn issue, Eric, and has to have backup. They, really – you, they love Jim Lee so much, and people do love him. I, I love his art. Really, if you're going to do anything DC, the variant covers that, that Jim Lee d- does sell fucking, as far as I've been told, hotcakes through the roof. Just have him do that because now he's on a book where people now are not even going to get the full fucking story each time. You're going to get these backups all to fucking convenience him. I don't know why I'm talking about this in Superman, but I'm getting <laughs> angry. Uh, what did you give it? I gave this – I just fucking lost my notes. Give me two seconds. I forget. 7.8 out of 10. I actually – I give it an 8. I really liked it. I I like the whole thing. I like – it's it's weird because you could even look like you said. There's a fight, then not a fight, then a yeah. fight. It's a lot of setup. But I like – again, I like the mystery of John, how his powers are going to come about. This throws in another wrinkle into it with the Eradicator trying to get rid of the human. But at least we had an explanation of something that has been bothering us about why his powers have been going. You even said when he freaking got conked, you're like, this is a kid who walked through fucking fire. Yeah, and right. now he's skinning his fucking knee. That doesn't make sense. Boom. Makes sense. Yeah, I'm done. I, I like the issue enough. It's just like, you know, it wasn't a lot going on. Yeah, in it. And yeah. also going back to this whole thing where Jorge menaces on art. 
Another weird thing is that Patrick Gleason seems to be co-writing this issue with uh, Tomasi. Well, uh, I forget what it was that he's doing. I think that he's actually been listed or he's supposed to be listed as a co-writer this whole time. Oh, because this is the first I've seen it done like this. Yeah, no, I think that he – Or maybe I just this has happened – this has happened before on – I forget what else did uh, – one of the stories, maybe it was the final days of uh, – but one of the stories with uh, him, he co-wrote as well. He's been co-writing a lot with – Maybe it was like the last issues of Batman or Robin. Been, but yeah, he – I think that he was listed and then that led to him going off to you know Robin, son of Batman. So right. he was doing his own thing. And then he left that to start working yeah, on I, this I think I think that they have co-written a bunch of times because I remember mentioning it on the podcast uh, once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's the first uh, time that I recall seeing yeah. it in this series, though. Yeah, and again, I think that's more – I don't know. It, it it seemed to me when I think the joke I had before was it's like when you have a band. Yeah, you know, me and you have a band and we right. have a fucking uh, agreement Can, at whatever I'm song I put to. Yeah, you have Keytar. You don't fucking even know what the fuck's going on. But because I'm a nice guy, I list you as one of the writers. So you oh, get right. royalties. I think, yeah, I think that this is one of those where it might be like a, hey, uh, wink, wink, uh, Patrick. I know you didn't do art on here, but I'll hook you up and you'll get a little paycheck anyway. <laughs> uh, we'll see. But, uh, Who do you want excellent. this issue? Eradicator. All right, you're yeah. co-writer. All right, co-writer it is. Do you, what do you think? Co- I know you're not doing art, but tell me what you think he should look like. Yeah, I like plastic, man. You're in, buddy. In. I'll tell uh, hey, Jorge, Jorge. Get on this. I'll tell Jorge right now. All right, we're gonna move on to an issue I didn't like. Justice League number one. It seems like an issue Ryan that nobody Fisher. likes. It is. Do I have to say written by? <laughs> yes. Please tell everybody who did written this. By Brian Hitch. Awesome art by Tony S. Daniel, nice. Sandu Fleure, Tomei Moray, and Richard Starkings. Not Richard Starkey, Eric. Yeah, fourth wheels are tough. <laughs> the fourth wheel. Brian Hitch starts his proper run on the Justice League, and I can only sit back and wonder how a number one issue can feel so stale and unexciting. Maybe because it reminded me too much of his rebirth issue I read two weeks ago and didn't like. But there's something more to it than just that. The whole story feels thrown together and rushed. The dialogue's pretty awful. By the end, I was just bored. I did like the better than the, I, I did like this better than the rebirth issue because of one thing, and that's the art. Yeah. Tony Daniel kicks ass. And at least gives us a book that looks fantastic. My advice to everyone listening is to stare at the pictures and avoid the words. Yeah, I, I actually started reading this again for the podcast tonight and really, really tried to convince myself to like it. I really thought maybe I can convince myself that there's stuff that I like. I just, and also because Rebirth really killed us their re- the just league rebirth issue killed us because it did seem like a story carried over from the jail jla game. number nine this still does i don't even this know if still, that was an issue or not this still to me seems like it would have been another arc another story out of mind whatever well, especially since the goddamn zeus rod is in it yeah or zeus bolt, I, whatever even you then call i it. even thought to myself i'm not gonna get tied down by that i yeah, want to yeah. see if well, i go through this i won't worry i i couldn't do it because right away, Wonder Woman, he, he has to make it so obvious that she must still be the god of war. I, that threw and me off so much for what off. we're dealing it with in Wonder me Woman off right, right away. now. Yeah, because the one thing off. that we keep dealing with is that the world is more connected now than it's ever been, yeah. supposedly. And this, and and this and throws right a monkey there, wrench. This book does not seem connected at all. It seems like the, the rebirth issue seemed like something that would have happened years before, whatnot. It's just odd. And yeah, I, I will tell off. you this though, as for as much as the continuity of the like, I hated that we 
came off of JLA into this, it seems like, with uh, Wonder yeah. Woman having the Zeus bolt. Yeah. It looks fucking awesome. I wish oh, we yeah. could have talked about this more because it looks badass. Tony Daniel looks fu- – his art is like, awesome. She uh, is the one thing that tanks it, with this. It is badass. Well, the one thing maybe – Somebody got something lost in the translation here because she says that she's going down. She comes in peace, Eric. Those people are leaving in peace. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I that. That's I exactly that what I thought review. when I first I put read. it in my review. <laughs> she hits with that bolt and says, I am here on a mission of peace. I do not know what she thinks peace is because there she yeah, hits with that lightning bolt. Oh, my God. Tanks are in midair. Guys are upside down. The one guy looks like – I don't even know what it looks like. He is completely upside down holding his gun. He's about to land on his head. Yeah, shit, I see him. Is go- shit is going wrong. <laughs> People are dying. And uh, they they call her out. Again, I don't mind it. Like then they have the one guy like, kill that, bi- kill that witch. And then she starts yelling shit. And it just – again, she's like – Border disputes, political differences, racial intolerance. It's so heavy-handed. And again, then she throws a tank at people. The, the worst part, too, is that I, you know, agree that people should not, like, you know, live like this. Yeah. It seems like she's going to a foreign country and starting a war. And just starting. This seems to be like when we had that problem where uh, Superman and Wonder Woman, when they first started dating, the big problem was, uh, I believe, they went to Kondok, right? And they, they went against what the U.S. wanted to do, and that yeah. caused the problem. That's why that whole thing started with the, are they the most dangerous couple? We can't have them together because if they're together, they can decide to do things on their own and all that sort of thing. That seems like here. This does not seem like something the Justice League would be doing. Like, no. It seems like it would be something on her own, but yet it doesn't match up with what we're doing with her in the New 52. And they even at the one point – uh, later, when we get to the point where it's like the twist, they even try to like Hitch has heard this truth thing and kind of gets his own idea about it and throws that in. Because uh, remember when those people become possessed and all that hocus pocus, and they're yeah. like, "You don't know what you think." And oh my god! But yeah, all of a sudden we go from that. Wonder Woman is killing people, and then there's an earthquake, and she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! That wasn't me." I, if I was one of these guys dying, I'd be like, "What does it matter?" You were killing us anyway. Yeah, that Wonder Woman with the... <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> she killed everybody else. The, the last three people got killed from this earthquake. But then you go to the newscast that tells you there are earthquakes there. Major earthquakes. earthquakes. Earthquakes around the world. I don't know. The Greenlanders were in China last issue. Rebirth. Talking about they earthquakes. Were, talking about earthquakes. I think they might have uh, been better off staying in China, Eric, because they're back. They're back to... In Beijing, they're they're back in Beijing trying to stop things. Uh, The the newscaster tells us it's an extinction level event. Everybody's taking the likes we haven't seen since Armageddon. Yeah, everybody's selfies. There's buildings falling. They're just behind taking selfies with it. And there's uh, Jessica and Simon. And if anything, I I think that the Wonder Woman's a little off because of what we know about her now in the uh, – what we don't know about her now. Yeah, but you know (laughs) what I'm saying. It seems a little off. Yeah. I don't know that Brian Hitch knows what to do with Simon and Jessica. I think that he's been told, hey, they argue and they don't really know – I don't know. Jessica can't make constructs. And this this dialogue – keeps seeming off at points every time they show up it seems like shit's getting mixed between them to me and the dialogue's just awful um 
But yeah, they're there. Really, without Jessica being able to do constructs, I really don't even know why she is anywhere. And no. not just constructs, but last issue, it seemed like she – the rebirth issue. It didn't seem like she had that much of a problem. Not that she was making huge constructs, but she never – this is really forced here to really show us like, hey, I know Jessica now. They taught me uh, you know, some lessons. She doesn't know how to do it because she just yells at Simon, and then Simon does it. flies around, watches him do everything. Yeah, and basically what they've done in Beijing is is put – I don't know. It looks like goo. To like, me, but it, it, I don't know, like support. rock crystal constructs yeah. up around the now, buildings. Now tell to keep me, from falling. Yeah. but what? Why are they not saving the people that are obvious? There are buildings on fire still. It still looks like Beijing is falling apart. Yes, that's not a job stopped. for the Justice League. That's no, a job for but, the fire department. <laughs> no, again, they're like, oh, Beijing's secure. No, it's not. It really isn't. And as far as I can tell. You have a building there. If an earthquake happens, I don't care if there's some weird shit against it. All of that is falling. It really, the building itself is going to crumble, and maybe the construct stuff, the green crystal, will stay. It's so stupid. I'm just saying, though, like, let's just say they're flying off now to go deal with another problem. He's like, all right, everything's secure here. I got some crystal rock shit up on these buildings so they don't fall down. If he goes somewhere and loses his will, these are all disappearing. Yeah. And I said to you, this was when I was reading, I'm like, how long do the constructs actually last when they leave? Because they're just going to leave this. And like you said, if the will or to me, the way it would be set up, say they get to Hong Kong and he has to do something else. You right. know, that to me, then your will is now focused on what's happening in Hong Kong. Beijing's fucked. I just it seems so weird. It was a really, really it was a really but, cool story back, I want to say, in the late 90s where Kyle, like, we had this cool thing where what happens when you don't recall, like, a construct or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Because Kyle actually left one behind and forgot about it and actually gained sentience and became a villain. Okay. Uh, it, it was, and, it's it's kind of cool. When it's kind of it's kind of yeah, well, funny. When it happened, I thought it was kind of cool. Now that I explain it. That's kind of silly. Yeah, and it's kind of it. It kind of calls into the whole thing where eventually they have to kind of explain what happens to Spider-Man's webs. Exactly. Because that's everybody be like, oh, yeah. Oh, they're like, yeah, but still, in 24 hours, there's sometimes he's all over. You'd have webs all the fuck all over the place for 24 hours if he fought some crazy thing. But still, this this just seems stupid. It really does to me that oh, I just kind of supported these buildings with these crystals. Ah, eh, we're off. Shit's on fire still. Uh, but then they go to New York with uh, uh, Cyborg. And again, everything in this book seems like Brian Hitch was there, and they just kind of gave him the fucking quick tour of these characters. Cyborg used and, to play football. Yeah, and he seems to have down some of the characters that he dealt most with in the JLA book. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, Flash, he does okay. Because basically, really, Flash runs around. You're fine there. What Flash does in this issue is the same as he did in his already own series. Like, you know, he's like, oh, no, it's like freaking Jose Canseco. You said it before to me when we were talking about work. It is like Jose Canseco in The Simpsons where he goes to save somebody and then they're like, oh, my daughter, Chenny. Chenny, where are you? Uh, But yeah, Cyborg, Cyborg there is what appears. Also, you have this thing. Where Cyborg's there and he's like, oh, you know what? I have to go. The Green Lanterns are heading off to Hong Kong or whatever. Do, are they ever? Did they ever explain what's happening with this? Really, we you kind of get what's happening with this train, uh, but they never really explain it. No. Is is it a runaway train? 
no, is it, that the track got killed? Uh, you know, the track got destroyed and the train will destroy. They never explain it. He's no, they just have it there. right here where he's there and the, like there's a bunch of cars that fell through on the tracks. Yeah, there. but I'm saying they never really say it though. Like I, I had like five different ideas of what might have happened. Like maybe the track, but really all he says is, "Here I am." Uh, this is like when I played football. I got to stop. He never even says like, oh, I got to stop the train. It's only until afterwards you see, yes, there's cars there. Why are those people still standing there? Why would they be selfies? A, no, a train is coming and they're just standing there around selfies, these cars. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it all is like set up so force. Th- there so is an Eevee on that car. They want to catch it to Pokemon uh, Go. Uh, yeah. Uh, really though. With all this, like, Beijing, the building, this is just a train. He's there, and then he gets word. He stops the train. Then he gets word, oh, the uh, school is in trouble. He heads off to that. Then you go to San Francisco. There's Flash. And all these things are, like, so generic. We're scenes. just yeah, – that's the thing is we're, they're just doing random things while earthquakes yeah. are happening. I'm like, yeah. all right. Yeah, this, that's all it is. What am I doing here? And I, I guess maybe there's people out there like – I liked it because it showed the the Justice League saving people, but really this is not you know what I mean. There's earthquakes, like you said. Uh, you go. Why didn't anybody go and save freaking Atlantis? I don't know. Yeah, because Aquaman's in Atlantis. You're not going to save it. It looks like Aqu- uh, Atlantis is destroyed and again. Also, how is this going to carry what are we over? Dealing with an like Aquaman, exactly. Yeah, and also to the fact that. Aquaman's there. He's like, hey, everybody, we got to get out of here. Oh, shit's going wrong. And one of his guys says, oh, my goodness, this is going to cause massive tidal waves on the surface. I'm like, what what I've learned about the Atlanteans there, besides (laughs) Aquaman, they don't give a rat's ass about the surface. So this guy's like, oh, it's going to cause that. Aquaman just turns and goes, I know. I hope my friends are taking care of it. Looks like he just leaves then what he was trying to hold up to just crash down. People are like, oh, my God. And he goes off. And, yes, there is a tidal wave heading to Hong Kong. And this is where I really thought that the dialogue was off because there's – I'll even say that the Green Lantern's coming. I, again, I love the art. Yeah. But he's like, um, hey, give me a second to think it through, Jessica. Then she says, that tsunami's huge, Simon, bigger than anything we've seen on TV. I think if we can create a false shore to break it up and divert its momentum, we can keep it from hitting the city. Roll it back to sea. Then Simon goes, okay, yeah, just what I was thinking. And she says, sure it was. I wish I could make constructs. It's okay, Jess. Wait down there. Uh, uh, what What is going on? That they're fucking this, this nonsense talk while a fucking st- – uh, it's so bad. It is not good dialogue. Simon's the brawn and she's the brains. I don't even get it. Like I said, it's not even like they even seem like something bad is happening. And that's where we get the twist. For all that anxiety Jessica has, cool as a cucumber. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's the one telling him, yeah, she can't make constructs. But that was my whole point of that. She's she's telling Simon what to do. Then Simon's giving like the, oh, what I was thinking. Yeah, sure it was. That fucking, it's not even bickering. It's like. It's just terrible. But yeah, she's she doesn't seem anxious. You don't get the idea of why she can't do the constructs. The whole thing is based on you know her willpower. She can't get it up. She can't get it up. Eric. I was going to say, but, Jesus Christ. In the meantime, though, it's like she just seems to be like the quarterback calling the plays. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, then all of a sudden, I, like I said, the twist is there are these. Uh, al- I, I don't even know. They're possessed. At this people. point, it doesn't even seem to be at that. You know what's going on there? I actually ha- thought. I actually thought it was the rage again. Uh, so but did yeah, I. Right there. They set up that – they set up the, the barrier, and then these people start saying now they're possessed. Green light, stolen light, our light, the Green Lantern, it goes off. Their, their power cuts out, 
and all of a sudden the tsunami goes that you would. I hope like, I hope all those freaking possessed people are happy because they're going to die yeah. now. Well, that's how I was like, they're not really thinking this through. <laughs> they don't care, but they're not thinking it through. Take your stolen light after the tsunami yeah, goes yeah, away. Yeah, they're stolen light. Yeah, wait till things calm down a bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they do that. You would assume that Beijing's in this fucked. Done. Beijing is now done. Um, but then you go back as the tidal wave hits. You go back now also. Oh, that's Hong Kong as it's done. Yeah, this is Hong Kong, but they're in Hong Kong now with the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were in Beijing. Beijing has to Oh, be- Beijing's wow. done too. That construct's yeah. gone. Yeah, those constructs are gone. Now, also, I want to ask you, their their power, their, the rings are out, right? Mm-hmm. They were up in the air. Now there's a tsunami. How are they surviving? No idea. They are falling into a tidal wave from however high up they should be dead. There is no way. And then as they're falling, Simon yells, oh, come on. And then Jessica yells, totally handled that. She's fucking trash talking. She's trash talking as they go down. And also, like, if, they're, if their the light's gone, on? they shouldn't have the Green Lantern costume. No, they shouldn't either. have the costume. They should be dead. But yeah, then you go back to Wonder Woman. She's there. Hey, she starts hearing stolen power, our power. And also, I liked it, too, because... It's almost like Brian Hitch is writing this story, and he's like, okay, it, uh, stolen light. Oh, man, that green light, stolen light, that sounds cool. Yeah, I'll get rid of their green lantern power. Uh-oh, what's Wonder Woman's power? <laughs> stolen power, and it gets worse as it goes. So like Barry, but, it does but, get but, worse. Aquaman, Aquaman's the worst. Stolen <laughs> words. They're like, I don't know what, it, what I'm going to say. What should I say about Aquaman? But, yeah, at this point – Ability to breathe yeah, underwater. Stolen talk to fish. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. Keep that one. We'll move on. And, and also in this one, it seems like people are rising from the dead, right? Yeah. It, yeah. The hands I are coming up out of the, like, yeah. the people that she just killed or just the earthquake killed. killed, could go either way, really, and are coming up out of the ground fucking yeah. zombie-like. So they're coming and they, they start talking. These guys are very talkative. Uh, they're, you know, guard, guardian keep, keeper, watcher. watcher, your time is over. Stolen power. We're coming back. We, the kindred. Okay. Ooh, the kindred. kindred. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And then your time is over. That's definitely a zombie. Holy moly. Uh, but yeah. And, and Wonder Woman's just like, what the fuck are you? Do you see that look on her face? I love that look. What the fuck are you talking Again, about? art is fantastic in this book. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I love when they start coming and she turns around. That look of her turning yeah. on so good. Uh, but yeah, but she's like, fuck you. Also, she's <laughs> probably like, you guys are dead. What is going on here? Uh, then you go back to, uh, to Flash, who I guess now is San Diego. San Diego. He's More going. To, yeah, he's going. He was in San Francisco. I guess he's now in San Diego. And, uh, I get that. He's, he's trying to save everyone. And that's when they're like, our speed. Yeah. Now, are we supposed to think? Let's get into it. These this kindred now has stolen the Green Lantern's power somehow. Yes. Now it seems like they've affected the Speed Force because Barry affected fucking the Speed ball. Force affected an, uh, a godlike powers. Yeah, I, I, you know what I'm saying. That why, how, and what? What's going on? I, I'm surprised I, I, that we didn't get the freaking cyborg stolen huh. technology. Yeah, and that's I think that the problem is is that he's like, well, uh, they they only steal. I don't know. I don't no know. Idea. But yeah, then there's Cyborg. He he can't figure out what's happening. Hey, we're losing contact. And then you finally see Batman. We haven't had Batman. Fucking awesome art, Eric. Stolen money. He's, he's our money. <laughs> stolen vengeance. <laughs> stolen sad sack. But uh, yeah, he's heading to Gotham. He's like, hey, I, I also like it too. Everybody's the around the world and he's in Gotham. The world is falling apart. And he says, hey, 
I'm in Gotham. Minimal effect here, baby. He's like, why is he there then? Why isn't he somewhere else helping? He's like, ah, Quake's a bit minimal here, but something else is going on. I'm en route. Yeah, what's going on? Is it safe? You're heading there. You're going to fucking, you, you don't care. That's the worst, though. Uh, it's like every, all this bad shit's happening around the world. It does kind of seem like Gotham's getting the worst of it, though. Yeah, but at this point, he doesn't seem to think so. I, no. But then... Also, now we're, I'm Brian Hitch again. I'm writing. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Got this. Okay. Batman's, oh shit. I forgot Superman was supposed to be in this book. <laughs> oh, god damn it. They told me he was dead. Oh, well, I'll, I'll fix this. Hey, uh, Cyborg, what's going on with Superman? Hey, he's flying around saving people. Should we call him? No, no. It seems like he's doing good things. He's doing stuff. He's doing stuff. So he heads into Gotham and the, the best. At least it's I'll, not a picture of him chopping vegetables though, you know? It's true. Uh, he gets there. Why is this – what Batman is saying does not match up to what we're saying because he's like, no, he seems to be helping talking about Superman. Whatever's causing all this can't be natural, can it? Try to figure it out. Batman, okay, you are staring on. at something Superman's insane. Superman's just been spotted. Yeah, this thing is – what is going on? He's like, I'll get right back to you. <laughs> cool as a cucumber, that's shit Batman. It's going wrong. <laughs> also, they even, I forget even to mention the line I hate it when Cyborg's like, hey, oh, he's saving everyone. Him. I totally have a man crush on him. And I said, I've been saying all along. And in Cyborg's uh, book of, on his, I think Cyborg might be at least bisexual. He really yeah. comes off that way in his other book where he, his one woman is going after him the whole time and he's more excited about this guy he used to play football. Sebastian. Yeah, Sebastian. But yeah. Uh, so Batman's there. Well, hold on. Before you even get to that, um, why it, it's so weird to me because we had that brief panel, or maybe it was a page in the re, the Rebirth issue of Justice League where they talk about Superman dying and if they can yeah, trust yeah. this Superman. And then we jump into this. He's got a man crush. Like, what about your fallen friend who this guy looks I know. exactly and, like? And bothered, there's status, no emotion like, to this. When, you know, and when Superman left after that at the end of that Rebirth, it was like, hey, uh, I'll be around, and it just. Again, this whole thing, it just is so off. But Batman's there. This is where I really, I actually started cackling, laughing. And my kids probably thought it was crazy because he, he signs off with Cyborg. He says, I'll get back to you. All right. And then he's like, uh, talking to himself, I guess, right? Projectile, maybe a ship, maybe well, a weapon. This, in my hey. mind, at least is inner monologue. Well, here's. And then he starts the talking out loud. What does he, who is he yelling to? That's my whole point. He's like, the, and then he goes, Whatever it is, there are too many people near it. Why is he yelling that? That is so stupid. All he has to do it, and then he yells, everyone, move away before. Now, two panel or a panel before, a page before, everybody was there, and he was just looking at this thing. It, it wasn't even like he was talking to Cyborg and said, hey, something's happening here, and this thing then hits, right? You yeah. see it coming down. No, and then it opens up. And there's bugs that come out. And Big they, old alien bugs. I don't even know. They're like, they look like at one point, the one guy looks like he's about to get his head taken off. They're going in. Are they the face suckers again? I don't know. Are they the evolved things that happen to the people yeah, on bloodlines that go for the this, fucking spine fluid? Is this the kindred? Hey. But Who yeah. knows? I'm telling and you, because this like, is the first thing we see where the ship opens up, these bug things yeah. come out. We haven't seen this anywhere else, but no, we have no, zombies yeah, with red eyes. Get Batman, and then Batman just yells out. He gets back to Victor. Hey, Victor, got a situation here. We might need a quarantine. <laughs> Not only that, he grabs really? the one bug in midair. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah, yeah. It's so bad. Nasty. Oh, also, I have to mention when Cyborg did that whole thing where he stopped the train. Right. Uh, he also called himself in the third person. Way to go, Vic. <laughs> really? 
Let's see, Rick Anderson. I, I need to encourage myself the, like that sometimes. The dialogue, so. the dialogue in this, and the, just the situation, just ridiculous. Because then we go now. Now we have Aquaman, and again, I said that Brian Hitch is like he really, really thought he nailed it with this. They'll steal the green light. Yeah, so cool, and it is. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah. Now you have you've gone down the line. You stole the speed. Wonder Woman's strong, right? The power. power. All right, Aquaman, huh? What can we do here? So he's well, everybody well, get out. If, you see, stolen words. If Atlantis words. was this ultimate civilization, then everything would have stemmed from that. So they created language, they right, created guys? Language and words. That, and language and the words are what defined Aquaman, right? Words, words, and, and that these guys. How the is he standard. still able to talk? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, really. But again, wouldn't you? I. I don't know. I don't know anything with this because it makes no sense. Yeah, we're, and also I will mention too when they say about the power to Wonder Woman, never seems like she lost any power either. Nope. That kind of gets like pushed aside. But yeah, the, these kindred uh, possess the rest of the uh, Atlant- Atlanteans. Yeah, I, I don't even get the idea why they can't just possess the Justice League and, and take it. You know, over. because they got to get the stolen stuff back. Yeah, stolen they do words. It. I don't Where know. are they? Where are our words? They're like, listen, at one point they got yelled at that they were told to use their words, while, you know, when they're cursing or something in school. Use your words, you know, for good. I, I don't know. And then he's like, hey, Aquaman does not get the idea. These guys, their eyes are glowing red. They're talking insane. And he's like, hey, you got to get to safety. Give us back our words. Words make worlds. What? Yeah, fuck you. What is going on? He's like, he still keeps going. They're attacking yeah. him. Everybody move back. And then it looks like Atlantis, without its words. I mean, what? what? Atlantis is based on the foundation of words, Eric. The words are so. gone. Boom. Done. Atlantis is gone. Now. We don't even have spin drift. Well, I know. And the thing is then, then you get to the part where you have the, the Russians again. And what do they say, Eric? It is our time. Time. Down here. And down here. Down here. That's the book you were saying. You said there was something going on. Before we yeah. got on, I'm like, I found a perfect book. I could not it remember was. what it was. And yeah, it's our time. The awakening is starting. Where and here and everywhere. Prepare. And now Wonder Woman thought to herself, okay, I got to fight these guys. I got to deal with it. I know who you are, though. But listen, I saw last issue when Batman and Superman yelled at that fucking alien leaving, that Reaper. <laughs> It was so fucking cool. I'm going to do it now because they, she yells at the kindred. I'm an Amazon. I'm Diana, Wonder Woman, and I have friends, and they're coming for you. Uh, I'm like, really? Right now is not the time to trash talk Wonder Woman. No. fucking world is going. It's gotten real. Hell. Oh, my God. It's gone downhill. And everybody else, you, you haven't been able to contact the rest of them because they're fucked up. Yeah, your friends are coming. I don't know who these friends are. But yeah, really, what what is going on? Really, what what the fuck is going on with this book? We went from the dark side war. We went from every fucking month. Just couldn't wait to talk about the Justice League because even a bad Justice League book was better than most books. Jeff Johns is so good. Jason Fabok art, art kick ass. Every month, and it got delayed a bit, and it upset us. You mentioned it earlier. But every time we'd get a Justice League, at least that week, we knew we'd get at least one kick ass book, right? Fucking even, the, even like you even said, you go way back, Amazovirus, whatever. I'll take the Amazovirus over this any day. And I, any had, yeah, I had some issues with the Amazovirus, but I knew it was going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is – and now people might say, oh, it's the first issue, guys. We're going to 
it's just it's not interesting to me it, it's it's laughable half of it and it, the dialogue is fucking god awful horrible and situation uh, yeah just the whole thing and i, I the thing just, is i did like it more than you though yeah well i found I, myself uh, having a bit of fun like i i I got over the fact that the dialogue was terrible just reading the book, but you know, talking about it with this, it, it's it's pretty god awful. It's but when I was reading it, maybe because of the art was so goddamn cool, the art I was having so a good time. Good. The art is so good, but, but I no, there's I get the sex. They okay, I didn't like it that much more, but I didn't remember what you gave it. But uh, they, he has no idea what to do with the Green Lanterns. Obviously, no, he has no idea. And if you want to really, and honestly, I don't think Sam Humphreys does. If either. you really want to dissect this, um. You would think again. First off, the Superman thing could have easily been shoved in, right? Yeah. So if if this would have been, and again, it's easy now. Like uh, Tony S. Daniels doing the art, so you can't say like, "Oh, this was already made as a JLA." But the scripts, he probably has these scripts there of things, that, or at least, oh, I was going to do this, I was going to do that, and it just this isn't. This, this seems like a continuation of the Reapers. Yeah, yeah, and it just doesn't like, all right, big enough or fresh had, enough for the Justice though, League to me. He had the freaking, uh, in my mind, we had the Justice League Rebirth number one. We had this Reaper thing taking over. All yep. these little insect or these squid monsters were coming out, taking over people's like bodies. Here it's the same thing with insects. We even have the same earthquake yeah, situation here's the, here's going the on. Here's thing, and it almost seemed like he wanted to tie that earthquake in, and it made it seem weird, but also... These bugs, you never even get the idea that they're even connected. No, I'm saying that I think the script was just altered a little bit. Yeah, uh, it just no. I'm saying like what happened to the other people who got possessed. There were no bugs. Oh, there. no bugs at all. So these bugs we didn't have Gotham, a down spacecraft or whatever yeah, that no. was. All of a sudden, these bugs in Gotham come out, and you're like, really? You're gonna throw this into? <laughs> what is going on? Uh, but yeah, it just it's not. It, of all the shit going on. It still wasn't that exciting to me. Yeah. It was more of a joke. Like you said, there were random scenes of the Justice League saving some people. It didn't seem connected really well. And then it did make you think of the Reapers. And even then, you're expecting like Batman to be like, holy shit, first the Reapers. Now these motherfuckers, yeah. what is all this going on? And because of the earthquakes. And even the Green Lanterns just say like, boy, you know, uh, we thought these earthquakes were done. Give us some time frame. Uh, I don't know. Because this seems very like disconnected from where we were in Rebirth, because how we ended, like uh, you know, this world's protected. Yeah. And this seems like the next day. Now we're you have more aliens. Later. Yeah, it does. And then more aliens. You would expect that to end. And this first thing. Now again, you have to have a huge threat for the Justice League to get involved. Um, maybe that's his problem. He just can't come up with a worldwide huge well, event that the Justice League would, would get involved well, with. Well, we have the Kindred, yeah. always what we're given here, but we, the Kindred yeah. seem to be the possessed people, but then we get the bugs, but we have earthquakes as well. There is so much going on here that yeah, doesn't like, really Yeah, like if you jive. Think, like, who did, did they cause the earthquakes and then after that, like, really, if you're going to, like, say the end game of this is the Kindred wants to take over the world, why destroy it first? Why not just possess people? Honestly, going off on a limb here, just because of how disconnected it feels from the rest of what's going on, these bugs could be like space police trying to take out the Kindred, showing up after it. I don't know. Maybe. But they don't look like anything that they would make into something like sentient that would talk. or You know what I mean? If these were aliens, that would be a pretty cool twist. The aliens show up and they think they're bad, but yeah, they attack, though. 
you see them. Well, maybe they're like they grab a hold to see if there's kindred inside them, but we don't know how bad they're hurting the people or if guy, they are at all. One guy has one through his fucking chest, it looks like, and the other guy behind him looks like he's about to get his head sliced off. It, it looks bad. And then Batman, I, it's just who knows. It's just stupid. I, I'm saying I, I would give this a Wonder, six point five Aquaman out of Aquaman with the words, and I, words. It's weird too. Words if, hurt, Arthur. Words hurt. If this art would have been in the rebirth, I don't know that I wouldn't have actually liked the rebirth issue. I think the art combined with the, you know the whole thing seeming recycled because yeah. I actually now that we've talked about it, I think I like the story in rebirth a little better than this. <laughs> this is nonsense. This is driving me nuts. But I I gave it a six. Five of that, if we go right down the middle, five is art. The art, yeah, right. to me, is almost impeccable there. It's so good. And the story's just nonsense. It's a shame. But, yeah, six, I get it. And we're going to move on to a break. And then we'll be back with a couple uh, Rebirth number ones, Eric. Rebirth number ones. Ooh. Just like I was saying when we I don't were talking about it. Uh, I, I was saying how much I enjoyed that Justice League book. Oh, thank God. No, I did not enjoy it. Uh, but we're going to be talking about some Rebirth books, one that we already actually talked about that people who listen to the spotlight will know our opinions of. The other one is uh, Hellblazer Rebirth, uh, number one. And I said it earlier in the mail. I am not a Hellblazer guy. I'm not a Constantine guy at all. I'm not really. I could say that I'm really not even the Dark Universe type guy. You say the did, magic aspect of things. Yeah. Well, I I really liked like Animal Man. I liked the Swamp Thing book, but just in general, I'm really not that into these characters. And Hellblazer and, and Constantine, especially, I just I don't have much background with, and I just. It doesn't really do anything for me. Now, did you watch um, the TV show, Jim? No, and I, I didn't watch. I, I well, didn't watch the TV show. Did I not? I watched the first. Wasn't there one with miners? Like yes, that was episode. the second episode or third episode. episode. One of them. Whatever that was, I watched. That was the bad episode. I watched like up until that. So if that was the second episode, I actually watched the first one. It was okay. I thought yeah. that my wife would like it. She really didn't. Um, so. That's because it was on ten o'clock on a Friday night. Who wants to fucking yeah. watch that? An old man like me. Uh, maybe you I'll in watch, bed already. Get out maybe of here. Maybe I'll watch Powerless, Eric. When that All right. comes out, I'm not going to. That's For not some reason, that really has no. In, I have no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. Well, with all this, I actually stuff forgot about it. Around. You just mentioned it. 
Yeah, with all the shit going around with, you know, save Constantine, the Constantine, this Constantine, that I, I hope that this book does succeed because while it's not for me, a lot of people love Constantine. I oh, yeah, we like heard in the, the mail. Dark stuff. Like you and Reggie, Reggie especially loves the dark side of the DCU and really you, it's being neglected right now. So this is yeah, this is pretty much the the big book for it. So hopefully it does sell. It, it to me it's a hard sell. It's a very people, hard sell. It's always been want, a hard sell. People want superheroes, and this is more. It's obviously it's a it's a Vertigo book, and being forced into the DCU, you know, expanded deal like that. Yeah. And I just this issue, I do like a little more that it is trying to push it into it more of the full out DCU, and maybe this is kind of a hint that eventually we will get like a Justice League Dark again. I don't know that it'll ever be the quote-unquote Justice League Dark. Well, maybe uh, after that Justice League Dark cartoon comes out and hits well, that's big and everybody saying. cries it's, for it, which will never and, happen. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they will be because they are coming out with that comic based on that. But it, that was always weird. It was always like a, a weird way of explaining things as well, saying that it was the Justice League Dark. But uh, Constantine... It's funny to me because he is a dick. That's his. You know, there's his superpower. He yeah, is right. the opposite of Dick Grayson. He's an asshole. Everybody, he's an asshole. Everybody gets near, gets screwed. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to read you Reggie's blurb because Reggie did review this on the site. This is one of the books that immediately when there were a couple of them that we all said, like I said, uh, I don't even know what the book was with me, that when it was announced, we we had like a little draft. But yeah, there yeah. Were ones that were called out before that. Like, we already had them picked. This Reggie had picked. There was no draft. Well, let's see if it comes out. This is a Reggie book. Yeah. And he even said right away, I don't care what I get. If they come out with the Doom Patrol, I'm in. <laughs> and also, I want Constantine. So that's what he got. But it's Hellblazer Rebirth number one, written by Simon Oliver, art by Mortat and Andre Zimonowisk. 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 Is that right? Zamanowicz. Simonowicz. Against the advice of his primary demonic physician, John Constantine returns to jolly old England and immediately sets to reversing the curse that kept him away. He briefly condemns every soul in London to hell, but gains their reprieve when his toothy demon bully blinks first. Once again, Constantine saves the day by being an asshole. Moritat's art is animated and detailed, and the reintroduction of several characters from the Vertigo series Hellblazer is a good sign of things to come. And I do think that that was like really uh, not forced, but it was one of those things like we're going to call it Hellblazer because we're going to go back, the legacy, all that. We have to put these characters in. And we already and, used the name Constantine Hellblazer. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be that. So I, I see what they're getting at. Um, again, though, I, I'll admit, I didn't even know that that was actually the spell that kept him out of England. <laughs> I must just root through these and, and go. And Well, I don't think that was it. Like, you were reading Constantine the Hellblazer when Reggie yeah. was reviewing it. You two guys talked about that. But, like, the, like in the DC New 52 universe, it was really talked about in the normal Constantine book before that. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because when that started, and they do make um, – reference of like oh that was my lost weekend in new york which was the last one where they were in new york the whole time yeah um i don't know you're gonna have to talk more about this this is more of a book that that should be your deal what, tell me I'm about saying, though, this i book still it... have to pull it up i'm trying to grab it uh my copy of it and i'm having problems so you you started off there we, we start to pull the book your off. weight for once okay God damn you 
I'll just hit. See you uh, in seven. I'm just gonna hit fucking uh, sound drops. Uh, uh, we we begin this book with learning why Constantine can't go like back to London, and we find out this soul taking demon. He wants Constantine, but Constantine tricks him into believing that if he goes down to hell, he's gonna rally the troops for all these other souls that have been taken down there. And he kind of is like, you know what, Constantine, you're a dick. I kind of believe you. I kind of don't. What I'm going to do is I'm going to let you stay here, but you're not allowed to come back. This is my territory. Get the fuck out. And if you don't, it's going to come on like a flu at first. And eventually your soul is going to be ripped out of its body, which he's like, it's painless when you're dead. But when you're alive, it's a bitch. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, all right, time, gas, you get me to an airport. I don't care where I'm going. Just get me out of London. Yeah. And we do. And that's where we pick back up why Constantine has been in New York all this time. And I like it, too, because we actually see that this. All our continuity before this is kind of here. We have Wonder Woman and Shazam in this issue. And Shazam's like, look, Constantine's doing something in London when he finally goes back. But he's like, yeah. he's a dick. He's a piece of shit. Don't trust him because it goes back it's to when still Constantine weird. Even I know that you're saying that's calling out the, the, uh, the callback. But really, it, to me, that was just to show again that, uh, you know, everybody's going to be involved. Because really, them showing up, it doesn't make much sense. No, I saying, know what you're saying. Shazam knows him, but so does a lot of other people. Well, I think them just showing up, it's uh, they, you know. They, they know something's going on with them. That's but weird, is it the just, Justice League that sent them? Because really, No, no, anything, I'm saying they're, they're not there. They felt the ripples of magic. It's just the, the whole thing with me. I don't know why. It just seemed weird that it was Shazam and Wonder Woman together. Just those two together just seemed weird to me. Well, they're like I, the most mystically connected yeah, in the Justice League. Of what? League. The Justice League. But, you know, there's I don't even other know what Shazam is right now anyway, so. Yeah, and there's there's other characters that would – Wonder Woman just seemed odd to me to right. show up. Um, yeah, uh, but, yeah, they show up and, I, like you said, Shazam before was pissed at Constantine, so that's good. And I, I, I really like – a lot of people considered that first Constantine series to be shit because it was like the PG version of Constantine. Yeah, yeah. But I really liked it because we did get Constantine in the DCU. We saw him doing shit with other characters. I'm telling you, I want to say it was issue five. I'm probably really wrong on this, that he yeah. stole Shazam's powers for a bit. But it was just cool because I never thought of the idea where I'd see Shazam and Constantine hanging out in a bar. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember that, that issue when you had like Shazam and Constantine yeah. Bar as your freaking tagline. But, uh, to me, really, again, it just seemed to be like, okay, look, uh, people are keeping tabs on Constantine. He's not just going to be able to, you know, run rampant and do things. Cause in New York, he was doing crazy shit. Nobody was showing up. Nobody cared. And they were fucking right around the corner from them. They didn't care. And this seemed to well, this be is a, like, this is a little bit bigger with what he does because when he, I don't know. I, I'm telling goes- you, at one point, he actually, pretty much gives away all of New York at the end of that that series and fucks them and tricks the guy as well. It, it's very similar to how it ended with New York where remember I don't you didn't read it. It was no, I didn't, I don't, I didn't he read gives that up last. all the, he gives up New York as a quote unquote or the city itself has a soul kind right. of and he makes it uh, worth nothing so that it's given away and all this stuff but in the meantime he makes like new york boring and then it's given away by the demon who was controlling it and all that but it's it still it was pretty big it was the whole goddamn city of new york nobody showed up and i really do think like we said how when azarella was done with wonder woman and the new 52 and the finches took over it looked like they were going to get uh the book more involved because really right. the constantine book that especially just ended was pretty much if any characters were showing up, it was just dark characters. It was not going to be anybody else. And I think that, yeah, I think this is like, oh, man, you know, he's going to have to 
uh, you know, the, the Justice League is keeping tabs on him now and all this, and I think it'll come to play later. Well, Constantine, I think that it's all in. Oh, yeah. Well, Constantine finally going back to London Town is because when we see that Shazam and Wonder Woman want to get involved, Swamp Thing comes out of nowhere. Is like, look, you're right. Everything that Shazam yeah. just said about this man is true. He's a piece of shit, but I need you to hang back and just trust me on this one because yeah. as we saw in the Rebirth special, Constantine is working for uh, Swamp Thing to try to get Abby yeah, Arcane no, out of the rock. Yeah, Abby, that was one of the big things of like. And this seems to be the beginning of that. And you know what? I was thinking even more. The the other thing that seems to be a bit of a call out too is uh, Wonder Woman lived in London that whole time in. That's right. Yes. Azarello deal. So it's like her. Home. Even in Meredith Finch's run. Yeah. So I think that's what they're you know getting at as well. That that's her hometown. So she would be there anyway. I don't know. I actually I know that it was called out in the art. I actually. Or in the mail. I actually like the art of her. It's it's kind of a I don't know. It is a weird look for Wonder Woman at points. I just I like the art in this anyway. In general, I uh, was actually so, very worried because when I saw the cover and shit like that, like he has a crazy look on the cover. Uh, I'm telling you, it's the variant cover that got me when I was paging through. He looks like House. If you, <laughs> but I'm who doesn't telling, love House? Hey, well, he looks ju- that variant cover. He looks ju- look at it. You have I'm to getting there. He's House, baby. He is like – actually, he's like House combined with uh, – what's his name who played Hellboy? Ron Perlman. Oh, God. He is Ron a, Perlman I, I don't is even, House. Look, I don't even think of House. He just looks like a fucking wreck on this. He looks like a goddamn <laughs> gargoyle. I think it's Ron Perlman. goblin of some house. sort. <laughs> oh, he's a wreck. He he's got to quit drinking and smoking, yeah, buddy. Really? Really? But uh, yeah, really, this is like the – this is very much like the standard Constantine oh, it's issue very simple, where yeah. it's, you know, I'm going to fool the demon, I'm yeah. going to fuck this person over and whatever. So, yeah, it's pretty it's, good. It's even a lot like that, uh, the first issue of uh, Constantine the Hellblazer where he screws over that demon and gets her to send herself to hell. Yeah. And really, that happens through that All the time, yeah. series. It's just what it is. And uh, but, but it's yeah, a very then, standard Constantine story that really, it does set the tone like we always talk about the rebirth, uh, number ones. Where we see these yeah. characters like Gaz show up, and we have this uh, callback to the Hellblazer series with Mercury, yeah, Mercury, uh, all grown up, grown up, dressed in leather like a hottie. She comes and up for and some that, reason, and that's I actually like the one point though with the uh, the demons like that he calls Laughing Boy, and he's like, "You don't know my name. You have no power over me." She just comes up. Yep, here's his name. Yep. Before <laughs> before that though, when we first get introduced to Mercury, she lives in a Hobbit house. Yeah, I, I was I put that in my notes. I'm like, she lives in a hobbit hole. I'm like, is that a there's thing? Bilbo, huh? There's a place uh, where you used to live that there's actually a store that looks exactly like that. It's built in the side of a. a oh, where did I used to live? In Plumsteadville. Really? Yeah. I yeah, I used to pass out. all the time. You, you wouldn't like it. It's just stupid. It's a huh. fucking. It looks like they sell like fucking incense. Probably sell pot in the back or something. It's a head shop. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be. That's it. Says incense and stuff. It may even be closed down by now, but a couple of years ago, before I worked with you, it was there. I'd pass it all the time. That reminds me of that. What was that place you used to go to? Oh no, you were the always Hobbit curious. Hole. The Hobbit Hole. Yeah, yes. it was called the Hobbit Hole. That place it was just a fucking shop. But it, you know that I remember. That I shop. told you when that head shop burned down. Uh, you could tell exactly who was you know into certain things at that point because people were actually crying, and I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, I walked in there thinking it was a used bookstore the one time. You wanted to get some D and D stuff, like, yeah, I, some I, Tolkien books, some fucking dice. You got a twenty sided <laughs> there, buddy. And yeah, I walked it's in twenty there, or nothing for oh me, my kid. God, you should have saw these guys, and I was like twelve. 
I walked all the way down there. Freaking disaster. <laughs> uh, and then you know me. Then I'm afraid. Then I think that the police are going to have been casing it and then videoing it. And next thing I know, I'm arrested. I didn't know what was going on. Just seeing people burning incense scared the shit out of me. I didn't know what they were up to. Now they're Satanists, right? Yeah, actually, I thought that they must be doing some fucking rituals. I ran the fuck out of there, got out. Remember the guy next door to that was a guy who did haircuts. And later on, here's my weird connection. Later on, my old work bought that store that was the Hobbit Hole and ended up having a shop there. And we'd sit there, and this guy – was uh, married to it seemed to be four Asian ladies. There, there were tons of these Asian. Emilio. Um, yeah. Okay. I didn't know what was going on with this guy. Always had, and I'm he telling. He was my neighbor. Yeah, and at points he'd be kissing one, then he's fucking hugging the other. I didn't know what was going on, but he used to all day would listen to these self-help tapes. So you'd, me and Pete would sit in this shop, you know, waiting for customers, and all we hear is, "People appreciate when you're on time." People like a smile. And we're like, God damn it. And the, when we were thirsty because we couldn't really leave the store, uh, we could really quick because Emilio over there and his fucking Ava Gabor wig selling motherfucking hair cuttery. <laughs> Remember that? He'd always have that big sign, Ava Gabor wigs. I'm like, who knows who Ava Gabor Dude, is? all I thought was that he sold wigs in that shop. Yeah, I well, knew nothing about haircuts either. Haircuts as well. This was years later when I would but be. But he also had a, um, a soda machine. So we'd run over to get sodas, and I would try not to even make eye contact with this guy. He'd creep me out. No, he's a creepy dude. Yeah, he is. And I would go, and then he'd be like, oh, hi, Jim. He had the weirdest voice. Hi, Jim. How are you today? I can't can't even remember how the cadence was. It was so odd. And I'm like. I gotta get the fuck out of here. Like, I gotta go. And I would never he's talk. He's gonna try to sell me a wig. I and he's gonna, next thing, he's I, next thing I have it. a beehive wig on. I'm fucking Ava Gabor. Next, next thing I'm Jaja. <laughs> Hoochie coochie. I'm yelling out the fucking door. Oh, the, the other thing was where you used to live was above the adult bookstore. Yeah. So there was our shop, an adult bookstore, and this hair cuttery all in this little con. Yep clave thing well at one point when we worked there there were mothers uh, like mothers against porn and they were protesting that motherfucking porn shop so me and pete would show up for work and we'd have to go through a fucking picket line and they would oh you you sickos we work at a hose shop here he's fucking jesus what kind of hose yeah, well, also, yeah, hoes. Uh, <laughs> we would work there, and because it was the hobble hole, people actually kept filtering in. And this was years before. People would still come filtering in. We sold hydraulic uh, fittings. They would get like a hydraulic 90 and asked if we sold screens because they would make fucking po- – I'm like, what the Fucking fuck? MacGyvers, man. Fucking, yeah. Fucking engineers. You think that's crazy? The, the protesters out there. Now imagine this: how the Did place you looks. Did protesters there when you were when you were living there? Not that I saw. Yeah, I but think I was high all the time. They were probably all. Plus, they were probably yeah. You were probably down there trying to buy ninety degree fittings from me <laughs> and asking if we had screens. <laughs> but ima- imagine how it looks now. The place, right? Oh, it have, looks like Baghdad now. <laughs> you have the where it was, which was struck by lightning while I lived there and burned to the fucking ground pretty much. Yeah, but I, you I have, heard that that was not lightning. Well, there was a lightning strike that yeah, my well, roommates told me when I wasn't realized, there. Well, you realize that you weren't told the real story? No. Yeah, we work with the guy who set it on fire. That was, that was Jimmy's son. Good. Jimmy's son set it on fire. He told me. He's, he's the one. They were living in one of those apartments or his wife was before he got married to her because it's an adopted son. 
Right. Yeah, set that. He set that place on fire. Well, I was told a tall tale. Oh, I thought you knew that. No, yeah. I believe that my entire like that happened what ten years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. longer now. It was like six, and he, he accidentally set something on fire. And then they moved. Boom. Then they moved close to me, and while they're moving, they actually set the place on fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they Stop moved. And really, if you think that was probably you know probably when Jimmy got married to her, they moved there, and yeah, then they set that apartment on fire. <laughs> Firebug. Jesus oh, Christ. Yeah. It's firefly. No. Now, I'm just saying, though, you had the protesters there when you worked there. Yeah. And this is oh, well yeah. before this is well before I lived there. But you have that new street that goes through there now, you know? Yep. So you got that street. You pretty much have a fucking parking lot, Baghdad, and then the adult yep. bookstore. Right yeah. on the corner of Baghdad there, yeah. it's a goddamn bus stop. Yeah, well, it, it was always that. Was it? And, yeah. And they would the – people – because that corner um, – when you well, sure, that corner there. wasn't always there. When, they put oh, yeah. that in, they they put that in when they put the new road in. I thought no, that road's always been there. Oh that's shit, the road. Yeah, what I that's know. the no, yeah, that goes back to the back that place there. No, that's always been there. That's the road. Oh, that ma- yeah, you know what? That makes sense. Never mind. Yeah, we that's would drive stupid. in that way and we yeah, yeah. park in the back. That was the worst. We'd park in the back, and so when we went around, it looked like we had come out of the porn shop. <laughs> and then at one point, this guy uh, built a, a fucking brick wall. Were you there when he built the brick wall? I was. Because that was around the time that I think we left there. So I might have been there around your time. Maybe. You might have been a motherfucker. But yeah, this guy just out <laughs> I don't of- know, because I moved there in 2003. Uh, Yeah, well, it was probably around there. Because I remember the brick wall being, it never was finished. Yeah, yeah because he kept getting in trouble. You're not allowed <laughs> to just build a brick wall in in the middle of a fucking parking lot. And he kept trying to build it, and the police would come and tell him to tear it down. He'd stop building it, and then a week later, he'd start putting bricks on it again. I just and thought it was like an artistic wall. style where we have oh, this no. half-built wall. I'm no. like, all right, whatever. Oh, well, you're, I didn't you think much. That was too high. You have, to get, you have to fucking get permits for shit like Emilio that. Emilio doesn't get permits. Fuck, Emilio lives the way Emilio wants to live. <laughs> that motherfucker sells Ava Gabor wigs in the 2000s. With he his plays, four Korean wives. He makes up his own rules, Eric. Yeah, he had like four wives, and my buddy Brett ended up teaching uh, Taekwondo, and Emilio's kids took Taekwondo, and and I said to Brett, what's the deal going? He didn't know. He said that they would show up, and like, there'd be this woman, and be like, oh, my son, and then this other woman, oh, my daughter, and I'm telling you, the guy had a harem selling Ava Gabor wigs, and, and did he own the adult world? No. I, it was weird. I always assumed. No, my roommate's the, father owned the adult so world. So what I think was happening, I think that he was mad at that adult world and that wall was, I don't know. It was a protest wall. <sighs> Emilio. I have to get, I'm telling you, I'd love to get those health, health. T- we just, and he'd blare them. And you, I'm telling you, the one I, I just. No, you don't like headphones. Remember, I constantly remember. Emilio does what Emilio wants. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, when I heard the. People appreciate it when you're on time. That would be the most. And then uh, at one point, I think that when Bud, uh, Pete's dad, stepdad, who owned the business that we work with, couldn't get a hold of us, he would call Emilio and he would send one of his ladies to over. Oh, it was a disaster. It really was. I, I don't know what this has. Anything what are his to do with ladies? Constantine. Oh, my. He had like 80 ladies. Anyway, Mercury lives in a goddamn yeah. hobbit hole. And Mercury in a hobbit hole and uh, dressed in leather. She feels the ripples and off they go. 
the one thing I loved in this book is it mentions your favorite food, chicken vandaloo. Oh my god! And uh, everything that, I read uh, that my I started burning on the inside. Everything that Constantine wants that he's telling he's telling that to Chaz, right? He's like, "Hey Chaz, I want yeah. chicken vandaloo." I'm like, "Yep, diarrhea, diarrhea, <laughs> diarrhea." I'm like, "I think Constantine's working that diarrhea magic going on." But yeah, um, in the end, you find out that, like I said, Nib- Nabus, Nibus. I guess maybe the, is that a call out to an old demon as well? I don't know. That's I, I don't know. That's that's I no really I really get thrown off by a book like this because I have no no past at all. I'm telling you, I, for for the Hellblazer original comic, I just really knew of the character and knew he was an asshole. And yeah. my whole real background on it is the Constantine book and the bit of Const, uh, the Hellblazer book I'd read before. Yeah, yeah. The Constantine, the Hellblazer, and now what we get here. Yep. Well, but it seems to fit pretty side. well. Because they, um, because he now knows his name, uh, he kind of bans him out. You can't do anything. You don't have power. And then you see London get better. And I really like the way they had spelled out, like, oh, it'll start like the flu. And you did see those kids uh, sneezing, like, oh, yeah. I'm starting not to feel good. I really like that then when the father comes home, like, Daddy, we're feeling better. And then the one guy's, morning, governor. Hello, yeah, love. It, and again, you get the idea that for once, for once here – not you everybody like gets <laughs> Hello, love. Not everybody gets fucked by Constantine here. No. He kind of saves the day, and then it ends with little, made sick for a little while. And I like that. I, I, it took me off with the the fourth wall breaking at the end. Uh, but it was okay. I, I liked it. The thing is, I don't know if that's a callback to the original series or not. Because I'm yeah, done. I didn't read I it. I don't know if he did that or not. I have no idea because it threw me off as well, and I don't know if this is going to be a mainstay of the book. And it, it, it threw me off, but I actually think. That it kind of, first off, if any character, if you're going to make a character break the fourth wall, I don't really mind Constantine because it's almost like one of those, like, he's that mystical character and he knows what's going on. And this is kind of a like, hey, hello, love. I know you're out there. I know all this stuff. Wink, wink. Goodbye. Freshen a drink. Uh, uh, what is that? Something's your something. I don't know. Something's like, uh, Chip is your governor. I nah, fuck it. I know you're fucking. There's some uh, fucking line. I can't remember it. God better. damn it. Something is your goddamn uncle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Uh, what is it? Uh, Bobby's your uncle. Monkey's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. I don't know. Bob's your uncle. That is it. Bob's your uncle. I don't know. But it, it did. You know what I'm saying? If any character would do that and you'd be like, okay, I get it. It would be that. And I don't know that it's going to carry on. I think that this is one of those, like, he's like, Hey, now you've seen how this book is going to be now, love. And then you move on. I think that's a really neat way to end a rebirth uh, with that, with him telling us how it is. And he kind of does his uh, uh, pseudo cursing. That's what I like, though. Well, that's something you're going to stick around and find out for yourselves yeah. or not. Because quite frankly, at the end of the day, do I strike you as a kind of guy who gives a shit? Like, oh, yeah. he doesn't say you know, shit, Eric. He says circles. He says, pen- he says pentagrams four times. Do, you give a, do, do I look like someone who gives a four pentagram question mark? No, you do not. Your governor. No, I, I do like the fourth wall breaking. I think that that was a, a neat little touch. I think it worked really well, surprisingly. I, for, I'm telling you, when I first started reading this, oh, that's kind of weird, but I'm like, no, that's yeah, kind of cool. I like it. And uh, in general, I like this book. I give it a two. No, I, I actually gave it an eight. I, I I don't know much about Constantine, but I I kind of could go into this and be like, okay, I'm in. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll learn some stuff. And I really, for the most part, like, uh, Nibis, uh, Mercury should probably show up and I get enough of her. 
you know, she's Gaz psychic. is going to come back. She's there. He knew her as a kid. I don't even have to know that that's a callback. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I liked it enough. I liked the art. That that Aaron cover was up. I, I got on a goddamn tangent of some sort, but I was talking about the art earlier where I was really worried about yeah, that main cover. talking about the Hobbit hole. I don't even know anymore, but... um. I was really worried from that because he looked so sh- shaggy. And I remember how I was yelling. I forget who the hell it yeah. was about the fucking sideburns. At the oh, end yeah. Of the no, it was, um, it was um, Jeremy Hunt. It was Jeremy Hunt. And I was yep. yelling about these. He's got to yep. cut them goddamn sideburns. But uh, I really like what we got going into this. Yeah, I, I did too. And I think that, you know, Reggie is big on this book. He gave it an eight as well. So I trust him. I give him an, I give him an eight why- as well. Yeah, I, I just went with Reggie's score because he's in the know and I don't want anybody to yell at me. <laughs> no, I, I did like it. I liked it enough. I If I was a guy who was not doing our site or whatever, I probably would never, ever buy a Constantine book. It's just not my thing. Well, but the, I'm the glad cool, when a book is good because we are forced to read and review. The, well, the cool thing about this Rebirth issue is that it is the standard Constantine story. But it also opens up all of London to us, which has been cut off this yeah. entire time pretty much. And, and really, if, if we're going to go into it that much, you know, you son of a bitch. Um, it actually, to me, is a more satisfying rebirth story than most of what we've gotten. But uh, Jim, I just want to know, for when Constantine went to Earth 2, he was in London there. Why didn't the curse hang out over there? All I know is in that time, he, he was making out with himself. And I it was, was hot. I was hot, baby. Yes. in like Flynn. Oh, you like it now? Bob's you good. No, I didn't like it. Actually, I like to yell at you about it. I never <laughs> read it then. I just yelled at you about him fucking kissing himself. Uh, but we're going to move on with uh, fierce. Yes, we're going to move on to the next book. Do I stutter? Do you slip her the hot beef injection? Oh, my God. Eric, what? Bob, no. Oh, Jesus Christ. What are we talking about? Shit got real here. It got Batgirl real. and the. Batgirl and the Birds of Prey Rebirth, number one, written by Julie Benson and Shauna Benson, with art by Claire Rowe, Alan Pasolacqua, and Steve Wands. Right, that's correct. <laughs> in our Rebirth that's issue. Sound effect, Eric. That's right. In oh. our Rebirth issue of Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, we find out that something precious has been taken from Batgirl, and that thing is her earlier persona of Oracle, but now it's being used for evil. With that discovery, Batgirl calls up the former rock and roll star Black Canary to get on the case. To fuck, I'm fucking having trouble reading. Can you tonight. talk? What I is know. Going right? on? You're lucky. Well, actually, you're unlucky that we never redo things like this. I know. The rock and roll <laughs> star Black Canary to get on the case. Rock and roll star, huh? Get on the case to find out who would perpetrate such a deed, but it won't be all pinatas and RC Cola, though, because their first lead happens to be on Helena Bertinelli's hit list. Helena Bertinelli? Helena! Mr. Pepperoni? Pepperoni? I'll say that. Actually, if you want to go into it of what I did like and didn't like about this, the pepperoni joke was a little too extended. Holy cremoles? Holy cremoles. Had a little bit of feel like that? Yeah, I, I, are you done with your little intro there? Oh, I'm done, done with it. It took You're me a lot longer than I thought it was going yeah, to, but really. it's done now. Jesus Christ. But yeah, um, as we were saying in our little intro, and, and that won't be on the main podcast, I don't know why I'm mentioning it there. Uh, I really like this book. I really do. Um, I don't know if it's, I think it's part of a, it's a couple things. There's A plus B equals five. Right. Uh, because we right. have had a bunch of these rebirths. We know kind of what to expect from them and sometimes we're more upset than others uh most of the time people listening will know that the thing that gets us most upset is a continuity issue and it's because this rebirth was really spelled out it's not a reboot 
I don't care how many podcasts I listen. They say reboot. <laughs> I'm going to put my reboot up their re ass, Eric. Yeah, up right. the re ass. So far, I'm going to tie my shoes by opening their mouth. What do you think of that? I like I'm it. Getting angry now. I'm getting angry again, but it wasn't it, it, a soft reset. I don't even know if I'd call that. A, it it that wasn't. Anymore. It was just a promise to tell better stories. Yes, that's all it was. Now, shake, handshake, tell better stories, and in the meantime, maybe a little kiss on the mouth, yeah, and a wink. maybe on the lips. They um. <laughs> They also want to kind of say like, hey, listen, you know what? This nonsense with Mr. Bloom, don't worry about that. We're going to get some classic, you know, in all the books that we're not going to deal with this nonsense of Jim Gordon in a bat suit. We're not going to have Superman. Back to basics, baby. Back to basics, meat and potatoes, legacy, all that. Now you have the birds of prey. You have a, a lot of ways to go. You can kind of give a team that is a full-out team. And I do think that eventually we're going to add more players to the team. Oh, no, definitely. I, I hope so. Um, but back to the basics, Barbara Gordon, Black Canary, and Helena Bertinelli. Oh, Jesus Christ. And I like that. But when I even said to you today at work, we're talking about doing this, and I thought to my – well, I said to you, hey, who is Batgirl's biggest villain? Huh. And it's it's tough. It's a head scratcher, isn't it? It is. It's a, it, it's when I have to itch that scratcher. Oh God damn it! What kind of idiot would fucking say <laughs> something like I, that? I don't know. Yeah, maybe some guy. I don't know. Itch that scratch. Um, also, who's Black Canary's biggest villain? I even looked like uh, some of the biggest villains of the Birds of Prey are like Basilisk. There, there's a lot of like weird, like new earth, like just crazy things. There's really, you also have like Lady Shiva, you'll throw right, right. in. Um, but nothing really iconic. No, nothing. And, Birds of Prey is a great title. It has great opportunities to do a lot of things that others, th- you can't do solo with Batgirl, Black Canary, whatever. Yeah. But people don't think about Birds of Prey very often. It's not something that sticks in your head like a fucking, you know, Superman or Alexa or even a Justice League no, Teen no. Titans. No, or like you have a Batman where you can have a legacy with a trillion different characters. There's not a lot. So, and it is Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. So obviously they are throwing all the eggs in the basket of Batgirl, which is, it's smart. That's what you want to do. Damn right. Uh, But really the biggest thing about Batgirl to me as a legacy is her as Oracle. And you can't, like, they're not going to, like, okay, all of a sudden Barbara's in the wheelchair again. You can't do that. That doesn't make sense. If not at all. That, then people are going to, people probably actually might look the other way because they love Oracle so much. The problem is, is that at the end of the New 52 and the Burnside Batgirl with Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, and Babs Tarr, their big thing to end was to get rid of the killing joke. And in their way, and, and, Kind of. Leave it up to interpretation, it, well, as they it was put it. An inter- interpretation, and even Brendan Fletcher, we talked to him, yep. and he said, listen, this is just something we wanted to say that's our our Batgirl that we made here. Is put a our Batgirl. little stamp it's on fun. it. It's fun. It's a Batgirl that it, it's not dark. It's it's a light Batgirl and all this. So the killing joke, and they made it seem like it was a messed up memory. It was a memory messed up in her head. It was out for Possibly erased. And Yeah, and he did say, though, when I talked to him, because when that happened, there was it, again, it was a shit show. People all over the place yelling and screaming and this and that and the other thing. And people were happy. People were mad. People were sad, crying. Pitchforks, torches. In it the was streets. crazy all over and the internet. And I talked to him and he said, listen, this does not get it out of continuity. It's for us. Any writer can get it back. Now, in the meantime, I think he already knew this story was coming down the line. Most I, likely. This was not that long ago. So he probably knew it. He didn't want to say anything. And in the meantime, also, it seemed like at one point he was going to write the Birds yeah, of Prey. I believe he was. 
and because of the way he ended, where it was almost like how Van Jensen carried on when Van Diddy left Flash. He told a little story to end. Well, that's what Brendan Fletcher did. He actually finished the new 52 Batgirl, and they, it was kind of a Birds of Prey thing. In fact, the last one, they even like keep mentioning the Birds of Prey. And, it yeah, and then we had Black Harper, Canary. we had Spoiler. And she, uh, or yeah, Birds of Prey, in that would have been, you know, Harper spoiled. Actually, a team we really wanted. Yeah, yeah and the team I know, actually so really like, wanted. If you people, when we talk about this, Brendan Fletcher also wrote the Black Canary book, the the rock and roll Black Canary book. Uh, so it kind of made sense, but something went wrong. Uh, though I think that possibly in the background with Mister DC sitting there smoking a cigar while he's on the <laughs> if they if they are the ones who said, because I would say they got uh, Julian Shauna in here. And I don't think that they have a pull to kind of show up at DC. They're in the rickshaw. They're smoking the cigars. <laughs> like, this is what we're going to do. You think that killing jokes out? Actually, they're women. You think that killing jokes off the books? Well, fuck you. I think they, they no would. No one talks to Mr. DC yeah. like that. <laughs> yes, we do. We're TV writers. You son of a bitch. And I think that they were like, listen, this is what you're going to do. And I'm not, I don't know anything about them. I hope that they <laughs> are fans. But I do think that one of the things was they wanted to bring this in. Maybe Brendan Fletcher was uncomfortable with that because he has his buddies there, his team background. They just got rid of it. So yeah. it would make a odd thing for him to go. And also, I do like, it's weird. We kind of yell about this all the time. It is nice to see a full female creative team on a full female book like i dig it like i do too and really some people probably fell off their fucking chair because they don't seem to think that we're like that but i do like it i like it a lot and for them to throw the killing joke into this i think it is to me i don't know it seems like people are like oh these women oh they should know better or not no get the fuck out of here just our thing with the killing joke and we have talked about this ad nauseum and I, just one more time. It, it's one of the most popular stories. I, you can, you can say all you want and say what happened in it, what didn't happen, whatever. I bet you next month when we get the sales, Killing Joke is in the graphic novel top 10. It always oh, yeah, definitely. is. And people do like it. The thing that I like about it is Oracle. That's what I like You're about it. You're damn right. And, I'm telling you, without the Killing Joke, which everybody wants to disparage and erase from history, you do not get Barbara Gordon at her most strongest in her yes. entire career. And also at her worst, or her lowest. And you could say – some people could be out there and say, listen, with this killing joke, just have her get hit by a car. Fuck have that. her fall off a building. It doesn't have that, that impact. where she's – yeah, the impact. She, she's not as frightened or not as – and then determined to come back. And, and I'm telling you, this is – it's going to be in this. If you do not like The Killing Joke and you're offended by it and you don't want it in any book, start with the number one, I guess, because it's in this. And it's full out in it, and I love it only because, again, where we're saying about the impact, it also leads to the impact at the end of this issue and the big reveal of the villain. I think that without The Killing Joke, just having her just quote unquote, oh, she's in a wheelchair. Oh, my God, we won't go into it because they've done that before. Uh, I don't think it's a strong a story then. No. And the way it's presented here is done great. Oh, I love it. I really do. And it's done very well, even to the point where they add a couple things. Well, we'll get to that in a second because it starts off. Uh, the one thing that threw me off right away is it does say 
that this happens after the Batgirl book. And that's always weird to me when we have a timeline that exceeds what we already have. Like, we don't have the Batgirl title out yet, but it's already done in this timeline. And it's already done. And at least the first story when she goes off to travel to train. You know, I don't know. I I never thought it out because it's just how Batgirl, she's going to travel. And I don't know. In my crazy mind, they're going to have 200 issues of her traveling around. Eventually, I guess she's going to come back. We see it here. Yeah. Um, it would be weird to say that throughout the whole Rebirth, uh, say Rebirth last five years, that this is always going to be later. Because, you know, not even just crossover-wise and have that. It just would be odd. Um, but I do like... I like the idea because I said to you, like, what the hell are they going to do with this book when Barbara's supposed to be, you know, traveling around Asia, Europe, wherever? And they do address that. And so uh, really and the way the way that we have talked is as long as we get an explanation, we're fine with it. So I'm exactly. And the way it starts off, she is fighting these villains on a rooftop. And I actually a little after hours bank robbery. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually like it because in my mind. Especially the sweep the leg, Eric. She's fighting. <laughs> sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah, she's <laughs> get him in a body bag, Johnny. I um, I like the fact that it's more of a um, she's fighting a different way. Yeah, she's fighting more of a martial arts way than I think that she was before, and that kind of like okay, she was training. That's what she went off to yeah. do. I liked it. And she's fighting these guys, and one of them has a phone. I think it was really odd what she was doing. <laughs> She's breaking the law because that's the guy. He has a thumbprint lock on his phone. She puts it there and it opens up and she sees that these guys have been sent or it's been set up by, quote unquote, Oracle. And or, and she you see she looks at it and she's like, what the fuck? And, and she doesn't know what's going on. She leaves these guys leaves, but she's taken aback. Now, I'll also say right away before we move on, I really do like the art. And I like this art, this this one here, this first scene where they're fighting. It seems to be more of a, um, would you say, a mature version of the Burnside Batgirl? Yeah, I would go with that. It's, it's an evolution that? of that to a degree. You yeah, know? And, it and, it, and it's darker like, as well. Yeah, I think that what this whole book kind of seemed to me in the art uh, deal by Claire Rowe is that as it moves on, it melds all of the styles of each character in the book. And it, it works kind of like, really well. And it blends it into, by the time at the end, it's got its own little style that has bits and pieces of all the others. I really liked it. I really did. And uh, so we go off. That and was th- one of the main selling points to me when I got done the book. Because I actually went back to look at all the art again. I'm like, that Black Canary is very reminiscent to the Black Canary style of her own book. Yeah. And, and I'm like, the back of Burnside. Because when I read it, I even uh, sent you a message. I'm like, you know what? When they first show Black Canary, uh, well, as she was the Birds, the of, Prey, old Birds yeah. of Prey, I said, boy, it's exact. It's the, Obviously, it's the same costume as the old Birds of Prey in the New 52, which we'll talk a little bit about when, when they get together there. But it then it, that kind of melds into the old – or not the old, but the just-ended rock and roll Black Canary book. Yeah. That's so good. I really do like it. Uh, you go from this where she's fighting, she sees this oracle, oracle, and then she starts talking about how she became Batgirl. And I really like that, too. I love the Gordon. No, I love the Gordon, too. Gordon. The thing like, is, I'm, yeah. I'm looking at them. Like, the one scene is them sitting on the couch eating Chinese food and watching yeah. TV and laughing. I'm like, laughing. that reminds me of when I was a boy, but there'd be a bunch of beers on the table in one of my father's hand. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> your dad passed out and his girlfriend for the weekend there, freaking, you know, yelling at you. I, I, Star, actually, what are you doing here? Why is your name Star? Where did he like, find you? Star, and then the next one's, why are you Sapphire? Why doesn't my dad know anybody with a normal name? He, he runs in some weird, you know, circles here. And why do you keep grabbing that paw? I don't. I love that panel where they're sitting there laughing. And that's a big panel because of what happens later. But I really like it. And he, she says, like, oh, everybody thinks that I am big because of, Bat, uh, you know, I, Batman. But the, no, my dad was there. I learned that, you know, justice never rests and, and all this. And my dad inspired me. But then Batman as well. Um, and she even felt bad. I really like the point where they show her fighting uh a bunch of people with Robin, Dick Grayson, and uh, Batman. I wish like, he had his cape like, on, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, and uh, yeah, really, now that I see it, that is a little on. But she's like, yeah, and the family grew. They're going on. And I like that she was like, and I felt bad because she kept it from her dad and never and told her that's always been dad. the case. Yeah, and I, but I like it spelled out that just to show that, you know what, I felt bad. And she even looks sad even then. Like it already, being Batgirl was kind of, Getting her down a little because she couldn't share that with her dad. Yeah. And there you have the killing joke. And she says in that, the part that I really, really like that was added, she's like, I didn't concentrate on his white face yeah, and smile. Well. It's that goddamn stupid Hawaiian shirt. And really, when you see that whole scene when it happens, uh, it'll, it, that does catch your eye right away. But I like also, it's not overdone. They no. don't even show the full deal. You see the gun, you see a little the camera, you know you what it is. You don't even see Joker's full face. No, you don't even see his full face. And I really like it because that really isn't important. It's no. an important thing. And Moving again, right they're, along. Not gonna, they're not going to show the crap with the pictures and stuff like that. You don't need that. What it's showing is one of her worst times. That's and she. I love the thing. I can't eat marshmallows anymore because I really that like is that a thing. Too. That's a thing where even like if you have association chemotherapy, uh, they always tell you, you know, you got to watch what you're eating and stuff I, like that. Because that's the thing. I wish associating with that. I wish I could remember what it was, but when my buddy had cancer in high school and went through chemo, there is one food that he can't eat anymore, and I'm like, God damn, that's terrible. Well, I'm telling you, I used to eat when I was in college. I came home my freshman year, and every day I worked the summer. And every day I would go to work in this fucking factory. It was 12 at night till, uh, or 11 at night till 11 in the morning. And we would get a couple of breaks and I'd just have cans of tuna. Yeah. Just regular tuna. And I was trying to work out. Yeah, back, I did that too when I was working out. Back in those crazy days. Yeah. And it wasn't the actual fact that I ate that every day for like three cans a night for the whole summer. Yeah. One at near the end of the summer, I didn't feel good and I went to work and I was just so used. I ate a can of tuna and I threw up. I really cannot eat plain tuna anymore. I can eat it with other things. But, yeah, that's a thing. And I really do like that. And, again, it's a very subtle, not even subtle, but a little, like, throwaway thing. But it shows you right there was something that she had enjoyed. Like, when she was down and thinking, God, I can't help my dad. I can't tell my dad what I'm doing. She could still, like, here you go, dad. Here's our marshmallows. That is something else that the Joker took away from her that you would never think of. That you're like, God damn it, Joker. You know, it crippled her, but also she can't marshmallows eat marshmallows. Are delicious, and, it sounds, and it sounds so goofy. It does, but it, to me, it adds it, another layer to it. And the layer of the fact that she says later, he took away my joy. Yeah, and our laughs. Because she sat there with her dad and took away the laughs. You know, oh, it's funny to say the Joker, you know, the Joker with the laughs. Uh, but yeah, she talks about how she felt sorry for herself. She was down, and that's where you see it. it's almost the same thing. They're eating Chinese food again. They're very miserable, you yeah. know. And it, it's dark. The lights aren't on. They're there. Everything else is kind of the same. 
Jim but, Gordon looks like he's about to eat a gun. Yeah, he, he's very depressed. And with all this, and again, because the people, you don't have to deal with like, oh, the one bad day for Gordon. No, he's upset there because his daughter, and he probably blames it, you know, blames himself. Oh, yeah. And he's just sad. He but didn't protect what, his little girl. And even yes. on top of that, I'm looking at that panel right now. Jim is fucking depressed as shit. But even Barbara, the way she's sitting there, completely straight sitting up, it's like she has to like pretend to be this rock right yeah, now. So nobody feels says, sorry for her, she, even right she here. Says, this, like everybody feels sorry for me, and I. You but know, even this panel, I mean, I can see yeah. it right here, de- de- depicted with no goddamn words. Yeah, it's God, so I like good. this book. That's what I'm saying. I don't know why the people. Yes, these people with their. Ca- it's not. It's done in a way to show that Barbara is at her lowest, and she fought back and. Got her joy back. And that's my favorite thing about Barbara Gordon. It's not even the fact that she could walk again because of that crazy surgery. It was that she got the joy back and she she went because then she thought, no, you know what? I can be better. And she was. She was better than being Batgirl. As Oracle, she was kick-ass. And they show her she's working on stuff. That that. happened, I think, Killing Joke happened in 89, I want to say. And she was, you know, paralyzed from 89 till 2011. So the majority of my life, she was Oracle. This is why I yeah. always knew Batgirl to be, except for when I was watching the Batman 66 show. Yep. And then later, even she even fought the Joker when she, she got knocked out of the chair. <laughs> and then, the, you know what I'm saying? She, yeah. It was great. And now I'm saying this, and don't call me on a fake in the funk, because I did not read a lot of it. I read it later. Yeah. And and the weird thing is, is I read it later Kind of amongst where the tone had changed with the freaking popular opinion of the, oh, my God, he did this. Now, all of a sudden, they're yelling rape and things like that. And, and I'm scratching uh, my head. I have no idea what scr- the hell these you have the, you have about. To, you have to itch that scratch. Scratch that itch. What was it? Itch, itch that scratch. Itch that scratcher. That's and idiotic. Again, people who are mad about, oh, my God, they, the Batgirl, Burnside Batgirl got rid of the killing joke. Why are you bringing back? If you're going to bring it back, I like the way this is brought back. Yeah. Because it's not focusing on anything. You don't have that crazy stuff that everybody's talking about. All you're dealing with here is what happened to Barbara. And it was dealing with rebirth in general. Legacy. Yeah. It's not even – I wouldn't even say it's what happened to Barbara. It's how she changed and evolved and got better from it. Damn right. So why are they mad, Eric? Why? Shaking my fist at the need ceiling. Something to be mad at, it seems. I know this is that you know the whole internet with the people. They always need a fucking cause. How about a cause? You read a book, and if it's good, you're like, God damn it, that's fucking good. Because there's my cause. It's my cause for here because I'm freaking Oof. loving it, Eric. I'm loving this. <laughs> and uh, she gets to the point where they're they're talking to this, but in the meantime, this is what happened. You have now. She knows that there's somebody saying she's Oracle, or somebody he or she is Oracle, and now we've seen why. That means so much to her. I, I love it. And then she calls up Black Canary. She thinks about Black Canary and thinking about her as well. Um, and um, you see that Black Canary back in the day, back in the Birds of Prey. And I love it. And well, it's, 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 it's saying, the exact style. I'm saying you cannot go back and tell the entire Birds of Prey freaking history that we had in the New no. 52 because that'd be there's ridiculous. there's no reason to. But I would have liked a little bit more, though. Because, like, I'm telling you, with that book, we had the character Strix, who I love. Gail Simone, in my mind, created Strix because she couldn't use Cassandra Kane, And then she became in the, uh, the Birds of Prey book. They had that book. And then Secret Six. Stuff. And I love that character so and much. I hope she comes back. 
I, I do too, but she's not going to be in this book. And if she yeah. is, it's going to be later down the line. To introduce her in this rebirth, then you start to have to do a lot of explaining. And oh, I know. When, I know. And you told me even that when she's like, oh, Dinah felt like – and they're talking about the birds of prey. Hey, we're on the birds of prey. We did this. I even like the little bit um, – where Barbara was at the window sitting there and there was that crow right. sitting on the windowsill. And then when they say about the surgery, that it's empty and the, the bird's flying away. Uh, it, that might be cheesy to some people. <laughs> I, actually, I actually really liked it. I'm like, yeah, you got to fly, birdie. Fly. All I, I'm saying with this don't, Where's my free bird fucking thing? But no, when, when they say then they're talking about the birds of prey, and yes, this, it's a little off because she's like, well, Dinah decided that we didn't need to be birds of prey anymore, and they disbanded. Really, in the new 52 birds of prey, when it was disbanded, really, the people not buying the book, Eric, that's what decided them that. But yeah. Barbara got mad. Barbara got mad at Dinah and basically told her to lose her number. Like, don't call me. Uh, you know, you are selfish. Yeah, shit got real at the end of that book. It did because she threw them all in a lot of stuff. And this was a story involving Kurt Lance coming back from the dead, supposedly. And uh, she thought he was dead, but didn't have his memory, didn't remember Dinah. Uh, and then in the meantime, Dinah trying to figure out how to get his memory back, kind of making a deal with Raja Ghul. He was against the Lady Mother Eve. They were very eternal battle. It was very crazy. Uh, but yeah, at the end, Barbara realized, you know what? All this was because of you and it occurred. It never got resolved. Fuck you. I'm out. And then in the meantime, this mother Eve, this old juvenate, she had Felicia. She took Strix. Uh, Strix stayed with mother Eve. Now in the meantime, she went to secret six and we really like Strix. We love her. You said even cause that was a, um, a what's it called? Gail Simone character. Yeah. That we were talking about that Gail Simone couldn't put Cassandra Kane in the book at that point. So Strix was like an amalgam, you know, uh, variant of Cassandra Kane. I actually like that. I don't know if that's the fact or not. That's how yeah, I always saw it. Like it has to be. It's, yeah. a, it's a train fighter that can kick anybody's ass and barely talks. Yeah. And it was pretty much, I like Strix even more than Cassandra Kane. I don't have a lot of history with Cassandra Kane. So right. it's weird when Cassandra Kane came back in Batman and Robin Eternal, I was like, man, I, I wish Strix was here. Like everyone else <laughs> sees Strix wants Cassandra. And I know people love Cassandra, but. Now, the only um, problem with the backstory that we lead in here with the Birds of Prey is that. The way it's depicted here, it really looks like it, Birds of Prey was only Black it Canary was, and Oracle. Really, here's the thing. For the most part, Starling. Yeah, big Starling, fan of Starling. Poison big Ivy. Big fan of Condor. Condor. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, if I could remember and not remember Starling and especially Condor, <laughs> God damn it, I wish I could. I want my brain to hit a rebirth. I, I did like uh, uh, cut like Strix, like we yeah. said. Um, but yeah, really the whole team and Poison Ivy, I didn't mind. It just seemed weird. Poison Ivy on the team. Maybe Catwoman was on the team at one point. Yeah, I think Catwoman was at one point. And those almost seem like a gimmick like Clayface in the new Detective Detective, comic. And, uh, but I really do like this because really what you're going to do, you're not going to deal much with the, the Birds of Prey book from before. Not many people even read it. What you have to do is get Barbara and, uh, Black Canary and uh, uh, Helena, Eric, Helena, Helena, get get Say them into the, the get the get them in this book in a way that makes sense. Yeah, mission accomplished. And I like the way it was presented here. I, I'm uh, saying the yeah. only the only problem I'm saying is that it just appears. I know if you're just but, reading this. That like it was I just said, those two. the people who I, most of these rebirths are going and we're saying like, oh, you know, if you're interested in this, you should go. But no, no, don't go back. No, don't do that. Right? It was really bad, and I. <laughs> I said, I think I sent you the message. This is the best Birds of Prey book 
that we've had since before the new 52, this one issue and these people, they can pish posh it all. You got mad. Cause like, why did I have to review all the shitty issues and you get yeah, really? I reviewed so many of those and this is easily to me the best one. So that, that's just, that's what I think. But yeah, you want to, Barbara's going to try to find, uh, Dinah and pretty much it is weird. I don't mind it because it, it gets rid of the whole, you know, rock star thing where she says, listen, she used to be in the band. I know that she watches out for them. So right. she goes, yes, that's a little forced. It is, but you, you kill two birds with one stone. Now the, the guy she's kicking out of the concert though, cause she's kind of spying on them from the background, making sure they're okay. But then she kicks some guy out of the concert. You think he's a bootlegger? I think he is at the one point you see, but here's the thing though. While the concert, she better start kicking more ass. There's a lot of bootleggers. And I think, when was the last concert you went to? It's been a while now. Yeah, I think, I think I'm, I'm making up shit, but the, what I've seen, they really can't stop this shit anymore. Bootleggers uh, are all over the street though. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying people with their phones and stuff. You Rerun. I thought we were friends. But yeah, he looks like when he gets kicked, he's selling knockoff t-shirts and CDs. CDs yeah. CDs. Eric. CDs. Uh, if you look at one point in the scene where uh, he, the guys in the background still picking up, it looks like I guess it's a CD thing. It actually looks like he's involved with the black hole, Eric, from really? Flash. Yeah, there's a weird black hole. I see it yeah. now. Yeah, I think that that he, a Dreamcast. It's thinking. The, yes, it is. Uh, one time I got a Robert Plant bootleg T-shirt, and I this shirt must have been made of water. By the time I got from the – it was the Spectrum back in the day. Yeah, yeah. By the time I got from the Spectrum to the freaking uh, – the train station to go home, uh, the thing was already falling apart. It was crazy. <laughs> I, uh, oh, it was the worst. I look oh, like – don't buy I look like shit, the man. smallest, whitest Hulk that they ever had. <laughs> but yeah, the, here's the thing. I will say to you, I don't know if you agree, you buy a lot of bootleg stuff in your day. Kind of. They always have the better shirts. You it's have that true. lousy, you know what I'm saying? You have that yeah. lousy, like, vanilla shirt for a band. They have the coolest fucking shirt. They just are made so poorly. I First wonder... time I became, uh, like, uh, I realized about bootleggers and shit at a concert, it was the Aerosmith yeah. Nine Lives tour. Huh? And, but luckily, luckily, Aerosmith had Where's some Where's my crickets? Fuck you. <laughs> they had some kick-ass shirts for that freaking concert. Yeah, um, when I went to see, like, a... I really – I learned my lesson at this Robert Plant concert. I think I was probably like 15. Right. My mom and dad didn't even fucking know where I went. And me and my buddy Herb uh, and my buddy Matt, we got on the train and went. And uh, it was this crazy like – I don't know. It was like not camouflage. It was a tie-dye shirt. I wouldn't have liked this shirt anyway. I don't know what I was thinking. I, I, I just might, wanted something to remember the I might have been smelling the air around me. <laughs> you know, crazy. But, yeah, and uh, – it, it, my buddy Matt at that concert, he actually had a tape recorder. We didn't know. It was like I was in the fucking Doobie Brothers. That's episode. what I'm saying. Rerun. I thought we were friends. All of a sudden, reruns there. He's bootlegging because this guy's forcing him. Now, Matt actually got caught and he got kicked out. And yeah, uh, yeah we left then and he was outside and he, he had a fat lip and a black eye, my man. That Just like sense. this guy. Yeah, yeah, they didn't treat him very well. And he, he kind of laughed about it. It was nonsense. That's because and, you didn't see him when he was out there crying before you got out yeah, there. Well, were, were we dicks because he kind of got yanked? And we were in the front row. It was awesome. And he kind of got – they came, yanked him, and we didn't even think of leaving. We were seeing Robert Plant. Like, that's bad. I freaking uh, – we went to a strip club once for my buddy's birthday, mm-hmm. and he had been in the freaking like the New Jersey fucking – like the Atlantic Ocean at the beach. Okay. And it, with his wallet in his pocket. So it washed away his fucking ID. So we went to the strip club. Oh, he couldn't get he in because his in. ID was fucked up. In. 
And we went in, we just kept saying, yeah, we'll be out in a minute. Yeah, we were in that goddamn strip club for an hour. You are more of a dick than me. <laughs> you are a dickhead. Yeah, I just, when he got yanked and we saw what was going on, I was like, fuck him. And then I, I even told that story when we were in Buffalo. Brandon freaking would love that. Uh, but remember the hockey story where the, yeah. our one buddy got kicked out, then we all got kicked out. I was so mad at the odd in Buffalo. The biggest piece of shit stadium I've ever been in. It was Buffalo, awful. of course. It was awful. But yeah, it moves on from bootleggers to that's where Barbara says to Dinah, listen, uh, I need your help. And she's kind of like, no, you know what? No, I, I don't think so. You're always wanting this. And they're like, no, there, there's trouble. There's more trouble. Somebody calling themselves Oracle is selling info to mafia families. Now, I will say that at that point I went, what is this mafia family's business? I, I didn't fully get that, I guess. Right. Um, but she researched she's, that. I'm saying she's been looking into this shit. Yeah, she looked into it. So that's when Black Canary's like, let's roll my bikes. And in. I love that part because all she has to say, somebody's taking the name Oracle. Okay, I'm on board. And then boom. And she even like, it's almost like, a, yeah, it's going to be a one night stand, baby. But we're going to get this done and then whatever. But they go back and that's where you get the other little tidbit from the new 52 Burnside Becker because she's in this big thing. I like the big clock. Yeah. And, uh, Canary's like, how could you afford this? And she's like, oh, you know, the Gordon Clean Energy is taking off. Now, I like this, too, because they really spell it out. I'm not involved in the day. Exactly. And I like that. And so you don't have to worry about that. But you realize where she's getting the money. And it's I'm telling you, it's not the greatest apartment. It's not, you know, a luxury apartment. Honestly, See, I don't even know if it's kind of coming down. I didn't even consider it an apartment. I consider it's it more a layer. Yeah, like a yeah, but you know what I mean. At least that explains secret it. hideout. And then it goes on because she like has the things. Hey, look, I got my. It's like one of those rape walls. <laughs> I'm looking for the yarn. The free. Yeah. There's you. The picture of you in the corner, and she's after you. Uh, but I do. It's like oh. And she's like, oh, I got this. You know, I got some of the old files. I'm kind of getting this back to the deal. And it, it, I like it, too, because she's at this point, she's in the, the, the frame of mind of Oracle again. Yeah. You know, she's this is the Batgirl who is going to figure yeah, she, shit she's out. She's not in costume asking no. for help. She's, she's not going to bust Gordon. heads right here. Yeah. She's going to figure shit out. because she's She is legitimately one of the smartest people in the DCU to me. Damn right. Uh, just in normal, she has a eidetic memory. I don't even know if they're going to continue with that. I guess they will. It'll be there uh, when they need it. Yeah. Um, Hopefully it's not yeah. overused like it was and, in uh, Burnside background. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Uh, but then you get another call out where Canary goes, hey, you know what? Your girl Frankie, she could be doing this. And really, there were some people who, when this was announced, immediately thought that it was going to be Frankie. That well, you, are, okay, from where okay. we left off in Batgirl, it really made you think that because they had the whole thing where she kept saying, hey, I'll be like, and they would interrupt the speech. would never interrupt her. And, because she was exactly like Oracle. In the meantime, I love Frankie, and I hope that she gets on the book. And I love when she was doing the thing with the talking motorcycle. Oh, that was great. The whole kit thing from Knight Rider. Ah, I love Yeah, I love that. I really did. But yeah, and they, I like that. They're like, nope, it's not her. I already checked. I looked at her thing. I like that. So that's yeah. not out there. I just, because sometimes a writer with this sort of situation would let that hang. Like, yeah. oh, we don't know, and you're going to keep – no, I'm glad. Out. Now watch. It'll be her. Clayface. I'd be so mad. But yeah, uh, they go. They they're talking they're like, hey, we're gonna go see this guy, Louis Terroni. Pepperoni. And that's where the pepperoni and uh, it did kind of get a little too. Uh, it, it was a little too much after. Yeah. But yeah, uh, she's like, oh, we got to figure out why do you need me? And like, no, we're gonna get the band back together, baby. We're gonna go. I need you. Or and then really spells it out at this point. Like, Oracle isn't just a name. It's me. 
And I really think that that I don't know that the Julia and Shauna are so in tune with the fan base that they know like the, how much of a craziness this has been yeah. for me though. That's what she was saying. Listen, all you guys, you can pish posh and the, this is, that's Barbara Gordon. That's me. Oracle was me. And I built myself away from this and I, I made myself a skilled hacker and I, I dealt with this, you know, I got to do it. And it's enough for even Canary too. She's like, again, she's like, let's go. Yep. I like it. Let's roll. And, yeah, she actually says that there. I love that. Let's roll. And that's when we go to see the last character that's going to be involved in this book, which is Helena Bertinelli. God damn it. Stop uh, saying Helena. that. Helena. I'm telling you, I heard that somebody say it. And I'm sure it can go both ways. We like Helena. Like me? I, I do like Helena. But now that I know how much it drives you nuts, I'm going to say it all the time. Um, it's a, actually a, a pretty cool action scene. If doves flew by, I would think John Woo was <laughs> there. And then freaking, uh, what's his name? Uh, John Travolta and Nick Cage would come out, and then we'd have Face Off. Face Off. Uh, yeah, she's like, hey, you know, I haven't been in church in a while. Forgive me. In the meantime, she's talking to a dead man, Eric. It's a little crazy, right? Uh, she's a little crazy right now. She is a little and crazy. That's the thing is, though, we find out from this, like, she's killed this priest or, so, like, you know, would-be priest. I don't even know if he is supposed to be a priest in this. Cause... Yeah, I actually think that maybe he was, but he's also a mafia hitman, right? I don't know, because I don't know if she's in the freaking, uh, the priest section of it, and he was going to confession. Yeah, I don't she know. was laying yeah, in wait. Totally. But, um, and then she's just, this is just trash talking. Like, this exactly. is post-killing uh, action movie one-liners that's a couple sentences. But this brings us up, yeah, but this brings us up to speed to where we know that, uh, now I almost said Helena, you piece of shit. (laughs) Helena! Where Helena is now Huntress and her sole mission is taking out the hitman, hitmen that destroyed her family. That destroyed her family. I just, like, she talks about Spiral a bit in this to catch everybody up to what she was before, but. I I actually, with the Spiral stuff, I will say. I like that they didn't try to go into it very much. You know, they oh, I thank God they say, did. I'm done. If people don't know what Spiral is or whatever, they might they can look it up, and, and that was enough. I don't yeah. need to know anything that else. That was enough. I just would have liked a little I bit know more that background you don't on, her, on her crime family and See, like I where think she's that coming from. I, I think that that's what's going to be coming in the regular series, that we're going to focus more on that. I think right. that this is more this, of the Batgirl and this is more the, the Batgirl, section. yes. This is more the background and the, and how they kind of join together because then you see that that pepperoni guy. Now I'm just going to keep saying it um, is on her list. That's and nice. Helena is going after pepperoni and Helena. And what I really do like again, it's not it's not forced at all. She no. says she kills this one guy. Says I'm going to get the hitman that did all this to my my family. Okay, let me cross this off, and Dude, you just have, you end up seeing next on the list. I really like it, and again. If anything, the pepperoni and all that was to really make sure we knew when we see this name that oh, that's yeah. what it is. And I will say again, I fucking love the art. I love <laughs> so, how I love how Helena looks there, Eric. God damn it, stop it. <laughs> uh, and now what I'm saying, then you go, and the next bit, there's Canary so and, and Batgirl. And it's really good in the one panel where they're talking, where they're, they're going, oh, there's three guards here. and she. It's funny, too, because Black Canary the whole time. I still don't know why you need me. And it, the odds keep getting stacked more against them, but she still is like, you don't need me for this. But at this point, this panel is probably the one that I think the most where Burnside Batgirl and freaking Black Canary solo series, Black Canary together, they look fucking awesome. Yeah. I really, I, I do. And I was not a huge fan of the Burnside Batgirl uh, outfit. I really like it here. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just because that's all done. 
And this is just we seems move a on. lot more fun. It seems like this is this doesn't have an agenda. You know what the agenda is? To put a smile on my face. There's the now, agenda. what do you think of this line, though? Because, like, Black Canary's like, you don't need me here with all this. Like, yeah, the yeah. SUV looks like it's a manual, and I'm way too young to have yeah, learned how to actually, drive stick. That actually, to me, I I was thrown off a little at first. I think that that's more of a joke saying how old Black Canary is. I, I know, that, but I'm saying, yeah. do, and, and you, I actually stopped and thought about this. Do young people not know how to drive stick anymore? No, I, I, think, I think it's just that she's, I don't know. I don't know. I was just curious. I know. I know it's a ribbing against how old Black Canary is compared yeah, to Barbara. Yeah, I thought you were. I thought I, you were no. I actually stopped like she was fourteen. No, I actually yeah, stopped I and thought that... about it. My God, do people not know how to drive? Because I don't know how to drive stick, and that was like just me because I didn't want to yeah. have to deal with that nonsense, so I, I never learned. I, I learned on a, a stick, but I never really was taught, so I taught myself. Yeah. And then my dad ended up uh, complaining for five years. How I grinded the gears and he had to get a yeah, new find clutch. it, grind it. And I'm like, you know, Jesus Christ, Dad, you could have fucking given me one tip <laughs> for fucking asshole. I, I'll tell you, when I first the tip was, you're idiot, doing it wrong, Jimmy. We, I had a Volkswagen Rabbit, and the way that you had to go in reverse, if you can think of this, you'd have to pull, push down, yeah, and over. I did not know this, and the little round fucking cap thing at the top that usually shows you the gears mm-hmm. was gone. My dad never showed me how to do it. I didn't know how to go in reverse. The first night I rode out, me and my buddy Herb again, we were riding. Way to the right I, and down. I couldn't go reverse. So we ended up in some really odd situations that night where I couldn't turn around. I don't, it was awful. Then later, it was a Volkswagen Rabbit diesel. And I used to fuck around with Herb when we were driving around and say, hey, oh my God, look, we're almost out of gas. Cause you could be on, on, empty yeah this diesel you still had 70 miles you could go <laughs> so the one time we were out in a trexler town that you will know anybody listening has no idea what i'm talking about we're out there we were kind of lost in fact we were trying to get to Pottstown, eric and we were in trexler really oh yeah well i'm telling you people who don't know i was probably what 60 miles away <laughs> from where I, I thought i was going we were going to cruise eric we we're going to cruise the strip i remember and we ended up in trexler town so we're driving it was late like 1 a.m and I kept fucking around with him, like freaking jamming the, like, the gas up. And like, oh, my God, we're out of gas. And then we ran out of gas. And we had nothing. <laughs> we walked. We got out of the car. I parked it, locked it. We started walking. Um, and we went. We found a diner. I probably walked for about an hour. Got to this diner. Every place else we passed was closed. It was everything. And even then, the problem back then, and this is in the 80s. Most gas stations closed at night, yeah. too. They, they really didn't have a lot of, uh, you know, all-night gas stations. So we got to this diner. We had some money. And we went in, and we started eating. And the lady came. I think we ate our meal, and we were going to just kind of sit there and drink some coffee or soda and have some more things. And, like, the whole thing was we were going to sit and talk and then have breakfast in a couple of hours. Yeah, and wait for the gas station to open. They kicked us out. They, they told us we have to leave, and I really, for this whole time, me and him are very convinced they thought we were two gay guys. I, I don't know why. And also, maybe they saw us walking down the street. Hand in hand, I got you. In. Yeah, skipping. But no, they, they were really jerks. And then we found a hotel. Well, that's like when like my buddy had cancer, and we were kicked out. Of, we all shaved our heads when he started losing our, his hair, and we were kicked out of a diner because they thought we were skinheads. You're like going, where's the Telly Savalas convention? <laughs> hey, hey, who's you? Who's the Lex Luthers here? Uh, we uh, we ended up going to a hotel, and again, now Fuck this guy it. was nice, but I think again, I think the guy thought because we're like, yeah, we need a room for two, <laughs> and we were so happy. King to or get two that queens, room. and I think that we ended up having that room for maybe 
three hours because then we we called. Uh, actually, for called, much more than here's, that. Here's a great story. I called my dad. He told me to go fuck myself. Good times. And that's what he told me. And I think it was like a Sunday morning. I called. Hey, dad, I ran out of gas. Go fuck yourself. He hung up on me. So then we called a guy we worked with. He came and picked us up and got some gas. And in the, in the roundabout way, uh, I think that he actually was a gay guy. That guy that has nothing to do with the story. He was a real nice guy. Huh, Eric, where are we? Where are uh, we're they're kicking about some ass. Guys. They're, about to fight these, they're about to fight pepperoni. They have all these guys. And through the whole fight, I really do like the banner. It's more of like a boom, punch. Hey, I told you to need my help. Boom, boom. But then Canary comes through, kicks a guy. I, I don't know how that leg is up there. I want to know, Eric. <laughs> I want to know. But yeah, uh, Barber zaps the one guy. I like all the things. Well, then that's when uh, Arrow zips by. You you know what it is, obviously. Oh, yeah. And it is Helena. And she says, <laughs> she says I'm never going to be able to say it different now. Now that I've got it in, it's Helena for me. It's Helena or nothing, Eric. Um, but yeah, she's like... Uh, this is personal. I'm going to kill this guy. Barbara wants to, hey, you know, we need more information from him. And that's when Canary and Huntress start beating the shit out of each other. And it's like a dream of mine, Eric. A dream. Now, this this but, part, though, has, in my mind, I think it's a fuck up in the art. Really? Where we see Batgirl freaking put the gear shift going because the guy, yeah. uh, Pepperoni, starts driving away. But it's we see Batgirl's arm put the car in the gear. Yeah, I think, actually, I think And that... the next panel, she's away from the car. I think that maybe, huh? I, I don't know if it's that she's stopping the car. This guy looks like he's dead. Well, he was and zapped, and then we see the freaking car get shifted in the gear, and then yeah, boom. Maybe, maybe she's like letting him go and crash into a wall. Like I, I don't know. Dead and maybe maybe it was her plan know. to get away because they weren't yeah. going to be able to stop this woman. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know. But it's yeah, very I odd. Actually, I actually didn't even think of that because I was just concentrating on the fight, and it was nice. I like it. And Helen, uh, uh, again. Uh, Helena. What the fuck? Yeah. I'm going to say Helena from now on. We're back to Helena. Good, um, good. The big thing with that that comes from Spiral is that she knows their their names. And, she and well, it's about time we get back it. to that superhero goddamn list. Cause yeah, we, that list. We started the Grayson series off with that and barely ever talked about it. Yeah, and what I like about it, and again, if people hadn't read Grayson, the reason Grayson started out was Batman sent Dick Grayson, who was supposedly supposed to be dead. So he, you know, it's one of those like he can hide in plain sight. Exactly. Dead. He went in a spiral and they had a list of all the superheroes' secret identities. He went, now that the, I loved Grayson. Grayson was one of, it was my favorite book. They did get away from this list. They, they yeah. kind of lost track of that. It came at the end, but this shows obviously they're going to go with that, uh, Helena. <laughs> now Fucker. I Helena, uh, Obviously knew the list. And she yeah. was the matron of Spiral. She was the head of Spiral at that point um, that she would know it, I guess. She looked at the file. So she knows that Batgirl is Barbara Gordon and she knows that Black Canary is Dinah Lance and calls him out with that. Uh, in the meantime, it seemed to be a mistake because you get to see um, Oracle, quote unquote, this Oracle. And she's the new evil Oracle. Yes. And she's watching through or he. I'm saying she. I don't it's know. It's a she. Yeah, I think so, too. And um, she's watching through the cameras and the thing and sees that. And she's like, oh, yeah, oh, Barbara Gordon, huh? Oh, Dinah Lance. Ooh, I know everything now. And, uh, you know, you don't know what's coming. And you see where she even has pictures. There's uh, Frankie in one of the pictures. There's Jim Gordon. There's like her whole life. And, again, I think now that I see that and now that I think of it, I think that the reason also they threw Frankie in there, I think that at some point, Frankie's going to get kidnapped, maybe, maybe, or something like that, or framed. 
for something that I don't know. It's it's weird that she's in the end. Maybe we'll never see her. I really really like Frankie, so I hope so. But there's there's the Burnside College and all that, and you, she's clicking on Barbara Gordon. There's Jim Gordon and all that. And the only thing that I said to you that was kind of a hint, I thought, was she has a couple things on the desk. She has this Pocky, yeah, that, that Japanese or pokey, snack, who knows how to pokey, it. and a little figure and stuff. And I said to you that possibly the reason why they really did spell it out as well, not just because you need Barbara to be away from her trip to have this book, but maybe this is somebody that we're going to see. This is some repercussions future. from her yeah, trip. Maybe something happened in that trip where somebody got pissed off and they went. I, I can't say that this person is really in Gotham as we speak. They right. Could be anywhere in the world. I would think they would be only because, you know, location, 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 location. Yeah. And they'd want to have them fight or whatever eventually. But the, the, he or she could be anywhere. Has a pretty cool fucking soundboard there. Probably has, look at all those buttons where you can hit their fart sound right there. You got the crickets. You got it all. Eric, I'm stalling. Just trying to bring up these things. You can go like this. Oh, <laughs> I <laughs> killed it. <laughs> See, you hit that one button. You got Chris Farley. You got it all, Eric. You got oh, God damn it. Ah, uh, yes, all of a sudden. You're, oh, my goodness gracious, Eric. That's uh, And then they press this one button. Oh, my good. Oh, what's going on? Always classy here at the Weird Science Podcast. I remember when we used to do a respectable show. I remember when if I wanted to have a fart sound, I had to create it myself. <laughs> that was called the Big Bang, Eric. Uh, what did you give this book? I gave this an 8 out of 10. I would probably give it an 8.5, uh, nice. maybe even a little more. I, I really liked it. And from all of these other Rebirth now, do you think that these people who are also rating this lower, if we went and looked, do you think that they have reviewed or read every Rebirth? Absolutely not. I don't think so either. And I don't think some of these from reading these reviews kind of in their mind even know what these Rebirth are supposed to be doing. Uh I remember my first Rebirth book. <laughs> uh, even then, we, you know, we it's been a learning curve for us as well. And we've been trying when we're talking about these, really trying to keep a perspective of what new other readers. people that didn't. Yeah, new readers what, who weren't in the New 52. And I really do think that this is one of the better ones that they're like, OK, don't worry about this. Don't worry about that. And not even just not worry about it, but let's not fuck with the continuity at all. Let's not bring let it up. Go. Yeah, let that go. Like even when you said about, oh, I wish that uh, you know, I got an idea that they're saying that the Birds of Prey was always Barbara and and Black Henry. They never fully say that. It's just like it's, it's just how it comes like, off. In to me, well. what it came off was those two were the, in the lead. If they right. say the team's gone, it's gone. Really was like that. Uh, it really was. Uh, yeah. For the most part, at the end, it was Black Canary's team. So I think when that whole thing with Barbara saying, oh, Black Canary said it was done, it was done, it does kind of make sense. It's not really how it played out, but it was Black Canary's team. Yeah, we made sure to check out the last uh, issue. Yeah, we of, did. Uh, I went right before I, we came on. I grabbed it and looked, and yeah, I remember, and really, Barbara tells her off and leaves. Um, but they were the, they were the two big things that yeah. I I expect Condor to show up any any issue now. Gotta be so if, angry. If Regan Julie or Shauna Benson are listening, we want that Condor, the greatest character ever. Oh god. Is there anybody who liked Condor, do you think? I'm no. anybody who's like, I love Condor. <laughs> he was the worst. If they put it if he was in this issue, if they even showed in a flashback, I would have dropped two points off it right there. <laughs> but yeah, we'll move on. And we're back here. We are back. Um Back, we went yeah, somewhere. I, yeah, yeah. The back girl and birds of prey. Ooh, uh, I, it's like we just talked about it. Yeah, it is because we did. <laughs> no, it isn't. 
Uh, Don't take away the illusion. I'm trying to remember. Did we like that book? Is yeah, that one of the ones we liked? Oh, sure I forgot. I, I wasn't mad about the killing joke coming back. No, you weren't I at thought all. I was. I think wasn't it was the I furious? Wasn't I furious? And I said, listen, nobody likes the killing joke. Why are they bringing it back constantly? It never sells. Didn't that'd, I say that? That'd be an idiotic thing to say, Jim. That would be. Uh, you know what else is idiotic? What's that? The rules in this next book. Aquaman number three. Rules, Eric. You are a man who loves the rules. You know what you have to do? You have to learn the rules before you can break the rules, Eric. Or bend them, maybe. Do you agree with that? I did. That's how I spent my first half of my freshman year in high school. Oh. And then I broke them all. Really, uh, this book breaks some rules, and I don't think that Dan Abnett knows what these rules are. I I don't know, but it is Aquaman number three, written by Dan Abnett, art by Felipe Bronis and Gabe Altieb. Gabe Altieb, Eric. After a kerfuffle at the destroyed Atlantean embassy spindrift, what is he? That seems weird how he wrote that. This is from Reggie, by the way. Aquaman and Mera meet with the meet with the president of the United States, chief of staff. States is, is exactly, chief of staff. That's weird. Yeah, which is exactly as boring as it sounds. While chit chatting at the White House, Atlantean terrorist organization, the Deluge, attacks a freighter and kills everyone on board. So Aquaman is handcuffed and taken into custody. If the feds think they're going to waterboard this guy at Guantanamo Bay, they're in for a rude awakening, Eric. The only salvageable part of this issue was a conversation between Black Mana and the super-secret oceanic criminal organization Nemo. I disagree. And even that was more silly than anything else. I agree with that. Uh, yeah, this issue, it, it seems like Aquaman's playing a little flip-flop here. Uh, we like an issue, then we don't. Then we like an issue, then we don't. It's starting to get more unlikable. I don't know. I think I don't think we've liked the last two issues. Well, that's what I'm saying. You had. <laughs> I think the, I think we liked Ray Delay, and that was it. I'm at this telling point. you, this has broken the code because we didn't really <laughs> like the uh, rebirth, and we liked one, then we didn't like two. Code broken because this is uh, it's not good. It's it's really boring, and, and this is the I problem know. I was having with Aquaman before we rebirthed. Well, and again. You had that crazy Colin Bunn nonsense, but when Dan Abnett came in, he was already starting. You knew the direction he was heading. He got political as hell. And it's this has been the whole New 52 as well, uh, except for occasional fun times. Yeah, we, uh, Jeff, Parker ju- Jeff Parker jumped in, and it got a little little crazier and even a little silly. Um, but, but really, it was Aquaman all... going out and having adventures, though. No, yeah, and it was like with his mother. Remember that? Yeah, crazy? that's what but I was yeah, actually thinking. He was thinking doing some other stuff. Um, but yeah, Aquaman, uh, the Spindrift uh, Station or whatever, it, it's been destroyed. It, it's been blown up, and it's weird. You don't really get a look. You do get a look, but it, boy, I don't know. What I, I don't. Re- I don't remember a Black Manta doing this much damage. Ray Delane was all over that place. But really, it only looked like a hallway. And now the whole thing is just falling. And they're they're shooing off Merc and the Atlanteans. They just show up. They want to go in now. And how really, big can the fire be when half of it is submerged in water? Well, here's the deal. Are you Do you have the book open? Yeah. Because it is destroyed. And really. This is really top sections that nobody's going to go to anyway. Well, that kind of this look is ridiculous. what I'm saying, though, is what you have to do. You talk to this. The military's called in. This is a fucking disaster. You have the uh, National Guard, whatever this is supposed to be, the Marines, the Army, whatever. They're there. Um, just tell these guys, listen, you, you have to have a plan set up. Hey, <laughs> Lanians show up. We got to say something. And really, 
this place should just be off limits because it's going to fall. It's a safety you say hazard. To them, you say to these guys, you're just these foot soldiers out here. The, hey, we want to get in. I'm sorry. I don't know why, but we've been told that it's too dangerous. Please, you cannot come in. No, they're just telling them, nope, embassy's closed, baby. You're not allowed in. You guys are fucking pieces of shit. Get the fuck out of here. Merck's getting so upset. Not only that, before shit gets real. All right, they're coming over here. Lock and load. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You were causing an incident instead of there being a plan of what to do. Also, why weren't Merck and the rest of the Atlanteans told about this earlier? Uncle Man even shows up, does not know what's going on. Like they went home for the night. They went home for the night, went to bed and then got up in the morning, thought, you know what? I'm going to go get my briefcase. I left it in my Spindrift embassy fucking. I'm going to go get my conch shell briefcase. I'm going to go get it. Yeah, my conch shell fucking phone. I can hear the ocean. Uh, it's so ridiculous. Next thing you know, you have fucking. There's so many uses for conch shells, Jim. Piggy's fucking glasses are broken, but he <laughs> wants the conch shell. He's in the he's the leader now, Eric. Uh, but yeah, first off, anytime Merck shows up, people are going fucking running. Kids are hiding their eyes. Ah, the guy looks like a fucking disaster. God, get out of here, Scarface. You ain't no, helping they're like, nobody. Wait a minute, aren't you supposed to be a Gotham Two Face? You <laughs> look at you. Uh, but yeah, they both sides. Like even that. Like the the government should have went right to to Aquaman. Listen, there there. This was we're considering this an, a terrorist attack on U.S. soil. That means there's an attack not only against you Atlanteans, but also to the U.S. We've got to come together. We're going to have to do something about this. Let's have a press conference. We're going to get out there and say, listen, uh, this was an attack. They can even bring in Black Mana, who they seem to have let slip through their fingers by now. Which because nobody talks it looked about. Like the, government, the government had him, and then he just got away. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe the government's wink-wink, you know, Nemo. I mean them? Well, yeah. They? Yeah. In the meantime, you would have had press con. Like I said, you would have them working together. It was obvious from everything that happened that Aquaman, at least Aquaman, Mara, the two big dogs there, were not involved. They, you know, Mara got almost killed. Aquaman had a spear through his fucking shoulder that he had to put it take out, you know, through a fucking wall. And again, you also you mentioned that you don't know how long this has been. Like it, it looks like shit's still smoking. Yeah, yeah Aquaman, he's fine. But it just the seems like this is, is though, nothing is set up here. We ha- exactly we start the thing off the military telling Merck and all the other landings you can't come in here. This is a terrorist attack on America. So I'm like, yeah, this is uh, you got to be calm that shit down because this was a terrorist attack on Atlantean soil. This was it the was embassy, on both. and even them claiming like at one point claiming that it was both. Like like uh, like Arthur himself, it was almost spelled out like, look, this is a place that's both – like if they blow up the British embassy, all of a sudden they're not treating the, the Brits in the embassy like shit, like they are here. Like, no, yes, because you might be declaring war. You might have – like Merck to me is pretty much like a uh, – amb- not an ambassador but like the uh, secretary of war even – Sure. The guy, the guy has a hook for a hand and a fucked up face. Nobody wants any parts of him. He has get seen him out some of, shit. Get him out get of pissed but off. If this guy shows up at the embassy the next day, yes, they may say, "Hey, you can't come in because it's a disaster area. You know, the shit's gonna I fall." I can see that, but not a "Oh, you dirty Brits! How dare you come lock and load?" <laughs> There's a British guy here, and the embassy was blown up. Get ready to fire. We don't want an incident. <laughs> 
What what fucking incident? Yeah, and Merck. Like again, Merck is not the guy you want to show him. And also Aquaman shows up. He's got his fucking trident. Really? You you know, you're trying to get this whole thing. He's walking around with a weapon. And then it's funny because then Merck is yelling when Aquaman shows up again, like he doesn't know what is going on. They have closed the embassy. Nobody's told him. It's so ridiculous. But yeah, Merck's like, those two, eh, talk to the hand, Merck. He does. He like shoves him aside. And is this really to set up like Merck turning? Because Merck then is pissed. At least he looks it because of that. Because no one has face. told him to talk to the hand since the nineties. Nobody has, but yet Aquaman does because he's and talk to the hand. And, Mer- then, and then Merck thinks, the "Is this like you know play on me having one hand? What are you doing here?" He's like, "You son of a bitch! Why he you always got to bring this up?" In somehow front of he remembers when Aquaman had the hook, and nobody made fun of him <laughs> with that fucking long hair. But yeah, then he's like, "Hey, the State Department revoked the embassy status at 0600 this morning. This is what a normal soldier is telling." The king of Atlantis who has built this fucking embassy, he's the one. This is like being traded. You're in the NFL, and you find out you've been traded by watching SportsCenter. Nobody's told him. It happens, but it's just ridiculous. So, yeah, uh, Aquaman's like, hey, why are you afraid of us? And you see Merck behind him. This guy is so fucked up. I'm going to have nightmares about Merck for a week. Red victims, right? Oh my, not even that. His fucking one eye's out. His fucking, he's got like the, actually, he is a combo of fucking Jonah Hex and fucking Two Face. Scares the shit out of him. <laughs> fucking hook hand. But yeah, then you're there and they're like, oh, you know what? I'm going to take care of this. Who do I go to talk to? I guess the guy said the president because he, he's, that's who he's going to go. But yeah, in the meantime, that's the next step. You know, in the come meantime, on. he's, he's a little horny. So he goes to find Mara and he wants to know and he wants to get Mara. Hey, you're the ambassador. But really, Mara is just she wants to make jokes about the surface world people and she wants to fuck. That's all she wants to do. Yeah. She doesn't give she, a shit about any yeah. of this. Like, oh, and, look, and, I don't have to put on the Aquawoman costume. Yeah, awesome. She How about we go happy. back to bed and fuck? She, she seems very happy because uh, Aquaman goes to find her. And he's like, oh, my God, you know, they closed the embassy. And basically her her whole reasoning through this whole scene is, yep, those surface people. <laughs> it's basically what she says. And then he's like, you know, you know, that's that's, you know, that a lot of them are just afraid of us. They don't know. And then she insults him by saying, well, you are half surface. And he goes, "Ooh, ouch. It's like, you know, me and you working on the site and our wives and girlfriends just placating us. Yeah, that's really nice, dear. Yeah. Yeah, really. We're like, and then we're going to have a side column. We're going to have the featured posts. Yeah, and then that sounds, Mumbo that Jimbo's going to come in and Mumbo tell us something for the come, future. And it's going to be future telling and all that stuff, and it's going to be real fun. They're, like, yeah. They're playing Candy Crush. All right, yeah, that's cool. And keep playing. All of a sudden, you hear that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Mumbo Jimbo. He's back. <laughs> I am back, Eric. Are you going to tell I us something? Think, yes, I think I'm going to predict that Jim did not like this book. Oh, shit. Mumbo Jimbo has spoken. Oh, I'm back. What happened? I, did you go sudden, get a soda pop? You missed Mumbo I, Jimbo. I, 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 I keep missing the guy. What did he say? Did he say something about this book? He says you're not going to like it. Oh, my God. He's wrong, Eric. I love this really? book. Really? No. Mara. And then Mara, we did say earlier that we uh, we liked the thing. She's like, I didn't like that aqua woman suit it was infuriating or it was embar- humiliating yeah uh, but then her big concern is she's sick of talking to people about how she can keep her hair so good in the salt water <laughs> i'm like i don't know who to be more mad at mara <laughs> or these people who must keep asking her that uh, but really she seems she wants to talk off. about atlantean like policy 
But how do you keep your hair so nice? Yeah. It's like, but but we're they gonna take you seriously. Thing. We're man. gonna have monthly meetings where we get that. But but that hair. God damn it, Arthur! I'm gonna actually. She's very. How do you get out of that Aquaman oh, suit after a couple of drinks? I'll tell you. I'm telling you. I said earlier. I actually think that Mara's gonna die. I, I'm making the call right now. I you think keep that, saying this I, about people. No, I said I wanted to say this. I said it earlier because when she says – about Gotham, Gotham up, Girl. Because she says, ooh, is that the best you can do, husband to be? And it really dawned on me like they're never getting married. They're not going – something is going to go wrong. Either Mara is going to leave them at the altar. How great would it be? I'm telling you, DC is like – you know, look, we're bringing legacy back. These two are going to get married. And then they're like, oh, ha, 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 we pulled you good. You, I pulled that fucking rug from under you, baby. I really got the idea they're never going to get married. People would explode on the Internet. Hey, they don't care. that. You know what? They would care. That's what they want. They want the explosion. It's going to happen right when that Marvel now happens in October. Mara dead. It really, uh, Black Man has spelled out that he's going to try to kill her. So you have that already set up, and this whole thing of pushing the husband to be means to me the husband that never will be. See, Wait. you take it as that. I see it as like, to calm down, DC fans. It's going to happen. Uh, Don't do uh, it. Uh, oh, hey, no. I am back. Mera will die. Oh, you, you're never wrong, Mumbo Jumbo. Mumbo Jumbo is smoking. I forgot my ending. Oh, I'm what? Back. That wasn't my ending. <laughs> no. What happened, Eric? Yeah, I, I think that she's not long for this world. Everybody's going to die. We all die eventually, right? We all die. Not, not and they'll bring her back. He'll use some fucking Atlantean fucking thing. She'll go into some fucking goddamn trench. The Atlantean and she'll, uh, Pandora she'll, vessel? She'll come back with a hook fucking hand, her face like Merc, and, and Aquaman will pretend he never even met her. I would. I don't know who you are. He'll pretend he has no memory. I, I've told Jess if she ever becomes an amputee or anything like that, we're through. It'd be funny, too, because then she's like – and also she loses that goddamn hair, and then she's mad because nobody asked her about it. Ask about my hair. That's how she's going to talk. Oh, Actually, God. Talk like a sh- Ask about my hair. There's like, a guy behind me at Speedway. It's so like that, that today. And she goes, and she's like, all I can do now is is join the burned. And they're like, no, no, no. Oh, no. We, we don't accept you. This they is a gentleman's club. Nobody wants her. Gentlemen's club. Nobody wants her. What do you think of that? Yeah, you, we go off then. She, and also, it ends with the hey, if we're going to go to the to see the president, we better have a, a proper good morning. I'm like, fuck what? it. I, either I'm jealous of Aquaman, <laughs> or it's just like, really, Jesus Christ. Yeah, he he might that's not all she to her enough. That's all she thinks about though. He's got all this. He's like, God damn it! I told you not in the morning. Brush your teeth first, bitch. Yeah, he's like, God damn it! That fucking you smell like tuna. She's like, that's not my teeth, baby. Ooh, that's my hair, Eric. That's what. Oh, I mean. that's what I meant too. Yeah. Then we go back to Maine, <laughs> uh, or go back to Maine. We go to Maine uh, at an abandoned airfield. In Maine. It's funny. It's a weird name for a town there. <laughs> Welcome to Abandoned Airfield. That'd be funny if it was actually a town. Uh, but there's uh, there's Black Manna. He's handcuffed. Wink, wink. And we see Blackjack. Who yeah, we, you were right when you said it's Blackjack. I'm yeah, like, yeah, Jack's not a girl's name, Jim. Hey, Jack. You know something. Jacqueline. Yeah. She's like, hey, that's cool. Hey. Oh, she goes, hey, Black Man, you go by another name? Not one, I'll tell you. I'm like, oh, God. And she's like, hey, I'm Blackjack, you know what? And he's like, he doesn't give a shit. We're Nemo. Nemo. And that's where I was like, Nemo? Really? (laughs) That's your fucking kick-ass organization, Nemo. You you couldn't even be something like, like, 
trident. What what else would you be? Like underwater, like great shark. white orca. How great about that? White, orca yeah. would be good. Great white. You're like, would, you go, great white. would you go He's to like, a show? Oh, shit. Shit's going to go yeah. bad. <laughs> that that's why they were great white the fucking embassy caught on fire jesus christ uh but yeah nemo but yeah they want uh black man to join says hey if you join with us you know you'll even get to meet our leader <laughs> like really what is going on uh and yeah, you know the all-powerful leader of nemo yeah nemo here nemo it's fucking dory and then they're like hey blackjack goes hey uh take his handcuffs off and he's like he thinks he's fucking david copperfield here look at me i i took them off and then she's laughing and goes blackjack says like huh took you 10 hours huh you're no fucking angel and then he's like yeah it took me a i was just waiting for the opportunity isn't isn't there a line though that he's when she's like took you 10 hours it took me two i'm like that's not bragging yeah is that uh, in there did i make that up he says uh, he throws the handcuffs off, and she says, oh, disappointing. Took you a whole ten hours to get out of those cuffs. I was out of them in two. I'm like, that's not bragging. That's not, that's you're not. a supervillain. It took Chris you two Angel hours. Over. I'm thinking of what's his name. Yeah, you're thinking of David, David Blaine. Blaine. Yeah, he's no David Blaine. <laughs> fucking guy. Next thing he's like, okay. He gets all upset. Listen, we're going to set up an ice fortress that I'm going to live in for three months. You come back then, Nemo. Nobody cares, David Blaine. Like, she's like, that's not impressive. Okay, I'm going to make the Statue of Liberty disappear. Like, Dave, right, David Copperfield, you are mixing your street magic with your illusions here. You get it right there, fucking black man. What are you doing? But now the black yeah. man is out of the cuffs, it's time to kick a little ass. And I really wish it was attacking. like, and when I'm done with yeah. you, they're going to be finding Nemo in pieces. <laughs> That doesn't. They don't say it, but I wish they yeah. did, kind of. And they should have. Also, it's I all kind of ridiculous. There, that I, I really get thrown off when they have that sort of organization spelled out, and they don't tell you what it stands for. Like yeah. I don't know what Nemo stands for, and it's probably nonsense. But yeah, then the guys attack them, and then it looks like they got Pac-Man symbols on their chest. <laughs> it was that they got broken. Pac-Man fever. Yeah, they got Pac-Man fever, all right. Also, they had golden masks on that don't seem very practical to me. And when they get knocked off, they look like the Flash. They have like a Flash side. I don't know what's going on with these guys. What's with uh, that overzealous have... guy to start screaming and yeah, crushing fucking nuts. And then Manicism, the dim mock right to the <laughs> fucking chin. Yeah. Yeah. And then Crack. the guy can kill him. And he's like, no, no, no. And then they're t- uh, Blackjack starts fucking harassing Black Manna. Yeah, Aquaman was right. You're well, pitiful. Conti- you don't like, have while any- he continues beating the shit out yeah, of the other he's guys. He's the crap out of people to the point where he crashes them into a table and the fucking, fucking screws, screws are-, are going everywhere. Yeah, I know. It looks like like a, a one of those, uh, what's it called? Ikea fucking put together things? Like a, a tool chest thing. I don't know what's There's going on. Allen wrenches and yeah, screws? Yeah, I think that that guy's dead now. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, Aquaman, he's pissed at Aquaman. He's like, hey, Aquaman, damn him. And then Nemo's like, hey, you know what? That's what we want. We want your your skills and your anger, more your skills. Uh, you that's know, the, you, that's you, actually the worst the part of the book for me because when she starts, like, he's beating the shit out of these fucking Nemo soldiers or whatever. that guy die. And he's like, uh, she's all like, yo, what about Aquaman? Aquaman, damn him. But, like, we just had, a, like, this whole, like, uh, no. character yeah, oh, arc oh, where yeah. he's back to where, oh. okay. We I can't had a whole man. thing in the New 52 that went against us. Then you got it thrown at us in this book already, and now he's mad again. He, it doesn't take much. Him. He's very impressionable, yeah. Black and Man. To the point at this, at this point in it, I actually thought that Aquaman was going to save Black Man, and then they'd kind of go their separate ways, but 
he's there with them. He's, you know, she says, you join us, you, you meet the leader. Uh, but then you go and you see the White House. You're going to go with, uh, with fucking, uh, what's it called? Freaking Mara and Aquaman show up at the White House. Now, I do want to point out right away, they do not care about that terrorist attack on the embassy. I see the people that died are not uh, going to be treated to a uh, half mass fucking flag on top of the White House. They don't give a shit. Atlantean deaths don't mean anything to them. And not I to really me that one guy dead. But uh, it looks like in this version of the White House, you might be able to distract these two guards, jump the fucking fence, and in you go, woo, 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 running across. Because you can walk right up. There's people taking selfies. There's a guy running with his fucking dog. There's no leash. There's fucking leash laws there. What do you think of that? That's rule-breaking, Aaron. I, I, I don't I is that Dalmatian not on a sick. leash? I don't like it. I don't either. <laughs> but yeah, Aquaman just shows. We're gonna call it out in a mail next week. This well, actually, the, in Washington DC, yeah, you can actually, yeah, I would believe there would be leash laws, but uh, so this actually has happened a bunch of times where uh, Queen Elizabeth has had a problem with the president, so she gets in a plane and shows up and just walks up to the gate and says, "Hey, and they let her in." Can I get in? Is, is this an issue? Again, he is holding a weapon. He's got that trident, and and it's just wrong. And I want to think, though, that they confiscated it because when they're sitting down, it's not anywhere to yeah. be seen. Well, you would hope they did. But, yeah, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what? And the next thing you know, they're in. Yeah. And, yes. And and all it took was for one guy to go, that ain't no cosplay. Okay. Let's go. Oh, shit. No cosplay, huh? Everybody. Nobody here uh, move because we're opening the gate and letting them walk across the fucking lawn. But, yeah, the next thing you know, they're in a meeting with the Secretary of State. What's his name? George because at one point it's so uh, it's mr gantry mr. Gan- george there. gantry and mr gantry uh oliver uh, uh, uh arthur's there hey you know what i don't know what's going on this is a state visit from royalty it's still this is not and he says i don't know how this is done that's fine and the secretary of state you know like, what i don't either so actually, you can do whatever you want he's the chief of staff i was wrong he's the chief of staff and he's like hey you know what i you know things aren't usually like this it got to me whatever it just everything's off and that's when they say, listen, your embassy was closed. And to me, that is pretty much an act of war. Seems they, like it. To close that, like they are jumping to so many conclusions. And really, they are acting like dicks to Aquaman, who was involved with getting hurt. You know what I mean? They're, oh, yeah. This wasn't like uh, what we wanted, where Black Mana would uh, make it seem like Arthur did it. Like Aquaman had done it. Like, uh, hey, I want you all to be here. Now that I got you here, there's something I want to show you. And then there's a bomb that goes off and like, oh, my God, Aquaman set it up. You didn't get that. They saw him fighting Black Manta. Black Manta was taken away and then and then freed by Nemo. Nobody's concerned. No, nobody's talking about that. No, nobody. And, he, and, and basically Aquaman even says like, hey, you know, we're involved too. I am an American. I'm an American citizen. I'm proud of it. What's going on here? Why are you doing this? And they're like, nope, terrorist attack on U.S. soil. That's it. And it just – I love though. Mara wants to get involved and goes, George, can I call you George? And she no. says, not really, but okay. What? And then she just goes with the Mr. Gantry. He, he goes with the flow. Yeah. And then she's like, hey, you know what? There's all these problems. It just – everything seemed weird. Well, uh, then we get to that freaking the battleship, the USS. Well, then there's the battleship that gets attacked by the. Now tell me that freaking uh, name of that. Uh, the battleship, I I remember it being the uh, Pontchiver train. 
I, I'm telling Pontra. you, I Pontra. I'm sure I could have looked up the phonetic like Pontra you know train. Pronunci- pronunciation, Pontra but train. I just spent like five minutes while reading this book to look at and doing exactly what you're doing right now. Yeah, uh, I have that, no idea how to say that. Okay. How about this one though? The worst. This this actually, if if anybody thought that the book was say an eight out of ten, you got to take points off because uh, freaking Aquaman says, "Hey, you don't trust me. I know who you can go talk to. Superman. Superman. Superman's dead." Yeah, I had a bit of an issue with that too. It's like, why are we going with that? Everybody believes that the new Superman is the old Superman. And and not only that, but then Aquaman kind of is lying. Because why would they trust? Nobody would really trust this new Superman that was really involved. It's funny when you were talking about the Gantry. Maybe when they were talking to the Gantry about the things, I was thinking about um, like what about when Ral showed up, this Kryptonian god, and they took control of everybody. Like, why would we trust Superman even more? Well, uh, I even thought like they're like, hey, if you don't trust me, go to somebody you do trust, like Superman. You mean that stinking alien? Exactly. But I was also then I'm thinking like. Who would they really – because Batman doesn't seem like a guy. You love Batman. I'd say Wonder Woman. But it's weird because, again, she's not American. But Superman is an alien, but he grew up in Kansas. Are they going with that? Because you really – Barry Allen might want to go with. Cyborg, though, he's a stinking cyborg. You know, he's a robot. I would think that either Hal Jordan, who isn't on Earth, but maybe Flash – Maybe, Maybe. <laughs> but Flash is the Justice League. He doesn't seem as big, but calling out Superman is just wrong. Why would you say that? And he's an alien. He's Kansas alien, but he's not Superman. He's not a dirty Atlantean. That's not for sure. Superman. It's a different Superman. But I don't see- know. In my the way I'm seeing things, though, I believe that everybody except for the people in the know, like the Justice League and Lex. They believe that this Superman is the old Superman. I don't know. I think that it really, if you had everything going on, you were just told Superman died, especially a government. This guy is, you know, he's the chief of staff. He's involved in some, you know, shit that we don't know. I couldn't tell you what a chief of staff does, so who knows? Chief of staff, I'm saying, you think that the people under the president, the guy right under the president, would not know like a little more than us. Like they haven't been looking into shit. Like they know. I'm sure black they know Mana. a lot more than us. I would an know. Idiot. Just me sitting around wouldn't know Black Mana. They do. They he knows exactly who Black Mana is. They look into shit. They they are the people who are controlling the government. They're they're not just going to be in the non no. They when Superman died and another came out, I am sure that they went and had a million people trying to figure out what's going on. And even so. Just that. Oh, you mean that guy who died and rose from the dead? Yeah, we don't trust Jesus? him too much. That's what it seems like. I wouldn't trust him if if it was me. What Going off on another tangent here, do you, after but, Superman came back, do you think they continued building that memorial where his grave was? I don't. Uh, it was kind of already built. No, they're going to put the statue on that freaking shield. Well, they shield. were. I don't know because uh, I don't know how much later that was. I don't know either. Just kind of. Yeah. I just thought about it though. But I just like I, again huh, because they still build it there. I don't even know what normal people would think because Jimmy sees Clark and a Superman and still yells like what? you're supposed to be dead. He doesn't know what's going on. Nobody does. Everybody keeps saying like in, in action comics is where you're getting it the most of the like, what's going on? You were dead. And oh, he was dead. And I don't think that's Superman. And Lex doesn't believe in all oh, this hocus pocus. But yeah, here, you could just go talk to Superman. Uh, it's funny that he says that. That's like a ruse. He wants to send him on a wild goose chase. But then in the meantime, the deluge, the deluge attack, this uh, the USS 
and pretty much kill everyone. The big thing about this, though, is that they call out that it's to, uh, you know, this is for Atlantis. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's reporting it back, though, because everybody's dead. That's like, Maybe. and then there was no survivors. Well, how do you know about it? That's what I mean. You always have to leave one survivor. Yeah. It's like the fucking Dread Pirate Roberts, Eric. you got to leave one guy to tell the story and then keep it going. Uh, but, yeah, nobody survived, but yet we know it's Atlanteans. Uh, but even then, if you are working with Aquaman, which you should have been up till now uh, when that embassy. You know, what with the embassy and destroyed. whatnot. You would talk, like Aquaman would be there and just say, well, listen, um, I know that Black Mana did this, but we have this side splinter group that we don't acknowledge. They're terrorists to us as well. The deluge, they're doing yeah. this. This should all be set out. This should be stuff that is already between those. Even when they had the embassy, when this embassy was being built, uh, Aquaman had to have at one point spelled out everything. And, and basically what is said here is, hey, uh, anywhere you go, there's going to be trouble because people want to kill you. Well, maybe you should help him then. You know what it's I mean? Funny too, These you, people who are trying to kill him aren't good. You say all about the stuff that he should have. I really don't think he told anybody that he was building an em- embassy on Amnesty Bay. He just kind of built it and said, this is my embassy. Yeah, I know, but you can't do that. that they <laughs> let that. So it was bad from the beginning. <laughs> there's no, there's no, no they even said here. Because even that, they're, you know, they had like, here's where the service people can be. And we did this for you. And they were having that big to-do. Oh, I know but they said that. But just, like when he started just, building and just built it with well, like three weeks, thing. I think it Again, was. Amelia was not allowed to build that fucking brick wall. You cannot build Spindrift Station. That's I'm fucking the, I look, eight The Atlanteans build faster people. than Amelio. I guess. It, it was built pretty quick. <laughs> uh, but it just is so And those people in Amnesty Bay, from what I've seen in the Just League trailer, they don't really get out much. No, they don't. They seem very off. But, yeah, they put Aquaman in, in cuffs. Mara's yelling, I'm going to stop she's this. And she's everybody. like, no, you won't. You stop. Just settle down. She's like, who's going to say good morning to me tomorrow? And then this, the one guy's like, hey. Burke shows uh, up. My hey, name's George. How you doing? Uh, but yeah, they, they're going to take him away and it just seemed stupid. It really did. And there's just ridiculousness, uh, about it that I just can't take it. But I didn't mind the art. At first I actually was thrown off. I like Felipe Baronis. I, we have talked to him before and I thought that yeah. it took him, a, it took him a couple pages to get Aquaman down. Uh, but once he did, I, I did enjoy it. Uh, but Mara, I thought. I liked Mara great. the whole way through. Yeah, yeah. Mara looked great. Um, and pretty much everybody else looked pretty good, but, uh, they weren't giving him any favors by giving a, uh, issue that had a lot of people standing around talking. That's you did get the deluge fighting a bit. Even the deluge fighting, quick. that was, that was very yeah. quick. We saw it, it's them one ye- guy, and it's know. them yelling while there's explosions going on. Yeah, the Atlantean deluge. Yep. You did. Not, Felipe did not get a lot of, uh, things to work with here except guys yelling at each other. And I, would give it a 5.5 is what I'd give it. Not a fuck you 5, but a 5.5. Reggie gave it a 6. Did he? Yeah. I think Reggie I'd give it a 6 as well. Gave it a 6. I'd go 5.5. It, just, it, it really did nothing for me. It bored me. And I think that this is a book that if it doesn't get better very quick, that's another thing about these twice a month. You're, DC's cashing in on these, you know, you buy two issues. But because two issues a month, I think that the we're going to see – the numbers change drastically between months because you're getting to – I think that once – usually we say everybody gets their three issues. That's what we've kind of figured out. I think that that 
is not the case anymore. I think that if you're going to bail on this, a lot of people already are. I think that the numbers are going to go down drastically, and I think eventually this will be a once-a-month book. What do you think of that, Eric? I've been saying that for a while now. Yeah, yeah, it does seem that. But we're going to stop now and head off to Reggie and Chris. What's that segment called? I always forget. It's so catchy. The weird comic book history? <laughs> it's No, it's the Cosmic Treadmill. Uh, the the, the cosmic- Mind Grinder? Yeah, the mind grinder, and here is what Reggie says about it. Here it is, a listener request that we purposely denied and picked something older and weirder. I don't know what that means. So I basically, don't somebody requested something, they told them to go fuck themselves. Who, who, what listener is requesting anything? I want to know this stuff. This is breaking the rules again, Eric. Now <laughs> I'm, I'm shutting down their embassy, and they're done. Act of war. They're going to be reviewing World of Krypton number one from 1979. And then it says, kind of makes you wish we had a mantra comp, matra comp on Earth, huh? I don't know what that is. I don't either. Sounds like a dance move or a dance team. Matra comp. Matra comp. Or it sounds like like a, a weird type of porn, right? <laughs> sounds really odd, but yeah. Let, let's see if it is. World of Krypton number one. Take it away, Reggie and Chris. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we like to go back to the past and read some comics from DC's yesteryear of publishing. Uh, you can hear us every week on the Weird Science DC Comics.com podcast, which is what you're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're doing a, a comic that was recommended by a listener uh, named Frenny. She wanted us to do, I bet she wanted us to do uh, New Krypton. But of <laughs> course, in my typical way, I didn't feel like doing that one. And I decided to go back to the origin and do World of Krypton number one, written by Paul Kupperberg, art by Howard Chaikin and Murphy Anderson. Adrian Roy did the colors. Cover price is 40 cents. Cover date July 1979. Mm. Have you ever wanted to know more about Superman's home planet of Krypton, specifically the bureaucratic dealings of various municipal agencies and science programs? Well, are you ever in luck? Because Soup's found his alien father's diary, and now we all get to snoop. What was Papa Jor-El's favorite flavor of ice cream? What was his favorite kind of music? We're going to find out none of this and more when we read the Jor-El story. But before we get into that, well, let's give you a brief history of uh, the planet of Krypton. That's right. Or at least in the publication here. <laughs> it was uh, shown, but not named, in Action Comics number one, back, way back in April 1938. Um, in his origin, it was described as a distant planet, destroyed destroyed by old age. So it doesn't say how it was destroyed or if it was destroyed, or, you know, if it was, uh, you know, blown up. Yeah, just fell um, apart like all old things. Yeah, just uh, decayed. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> It was embellished upon in the uh, Superman Daily newspaper strip that uh, that debuted uh, not too far after the comic, actually, January 1939. Yeah, right away. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Uh, and that shows that the inhabitants of the planet were having, uh, they had super speed, super strength, so pretty much implying that the entire planet were super, you know, super powered yeah. people. Which makes a lot um, more sense, frankly, than uh, this yellow sun business, but that's my opinion. <laughs> Well, I, I like them. I like that they sometimes play up the uh, hyper gravity. That's right, yeah, exactly. That's, <laughs> that's why I can fly. Yes, and and lift things. <laughs> uh, the uh, planet was finally named in in Superman number one in uh, June 1939. 
And uh, we have here the quote in, uh, from his origin, the doom planet Krypton exploded to fragments. Yep, right in the first panel. Yep, and then we first actually see uh, Krypton in Superman number 52 from May-June 1948, which is uh, titled uh, The Origin of Superman. Yeah, so there's a long gap right there between the uh, first time we hear about it and the first time we see it. That's just and, about a decade. Yeah, I'm not sure when this, uh, you know, uh, Jor-El... Uh, Lana L business really came in, but uh, you know maybe it was in the interim. But you know it all got embellished much later on during the Silver yeah. Age. And there was so much media back then, like uh, the radio show, the serials, and it seemed like they were pulling from everywhere to put this origin together. Absolutely, yeah. You know th- this was this was a time now where you know people are much more uh, uh, cautious, I guess, or you know they mm. they really husband their personal version of of these characters. But back then, it didn't matter. It all came from no. every whatever whatever people liked that worked for them. Yeah, whatever worked worked. <laughs> So uh, to start out, World of Krypton number one uh, has a nice cover with an awesome uh, logo for World of Krypton that's 3D reminiscent of Superman's logo. Uh, mm-hmm. Just a, just a nice attractive cover. You go inside, and you get Superman sitting in the uh, on the bridge of a spaceship or something. It's really I don't know where the hell he is. <laughs> uh, so he found some of his dad's uh, Kryptonian eight tracks on the moon somehow. There's, <laughs> there's a, uh, a kind of a hokey explanation about how there's a I don't know a warp in between both planets and that's why there's so much Kryptonian artifacts mm-hmm. on Earth. But whatever it is, he gets them. He pops them in the uh, dashboard and starts grooving to the tunes of his daddy's diary. Uh, right away, we uh, Jor-El is telling us all about the wonders of Krypton. Actually, what he's really doing is he's um, sort of narrating from the point of view of his grandfather. You know, I mean, the whole diary thing kind of falls apart instantly, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it, just, it just turns into exposition. Well, yeah, we're just, we're just seeing things that are not being uh, said in, the, in there. So, uh, But he describes the crystal peaks, which are formed by the deaths of giant crystal birds plummeting to the ground. I mean, that's disgusting. That's yeah. Clean, <laughs> clean it up, guys. What the hell's wrong with you? Uh, and Antarctic City, uh, a city in a giant snowy mountain, which is obviously named for the intergalactic fame of planet Earth's Antarctica. I can't imagine why they would name it that otherwise. <laughs> and of course, Kandor, capital city of Krypton and the seat of its worldwide government for five millennia. Uh, you know, I figure there's a worldwide government because Paul Kupperberg just came up with the Crystal Peaks and the Antarctic City. What do you want him to name a bunch of countries too? And, you know, give the guy a break. You know what I mean? One city. One tourist attraction, that that's a couple of tourist attractions, that's good enough, you know what I mean? I think he, he fleshed out the place as much as he was going to. Sure, sure. I mean, I mean he, it's it, you know, it's not like he had you know fifty. They, they, it's not like they had like fifty years to come up with this. No, no, you know. <laughs> as a matter, but you know what? You know, it's funny, and uh, I didn't look this up, but I believe the Crystal Peaks and probably Antarctic City, you can see those on old like Silver Age maps of Krypton. I believe it. So I think I bet he really did go back and decide he was going to, you know, give these things some credence. But it's like, what, you know, you're just breaking your balls the wrong, wrong way around because <laughs> I'm sure that uh, Mort Weisinger didn't think too deeply on it when he came up no. with the idea. <laughs> no, and I think this is before they had the uh, DC Universe role-playing game where they came with those those weird maps that had all these places you never heard of. That's on. right. Yeah, yeah, like a full-on atlas, you know, what I mean? yep. of, of the DCU. 
Yeah, much to the uh, much to the writer's chagrin, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, we uh, pop in on Jor-El's childhood. We find out that he had a twin brother named Nim-El. Mm. Their uh, grandfather instructs them to be civil servants and politicians. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, kind of kind of takes on the the. Uh, Becomes like the Kryptonian Joe Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this is interesting because his clothing is very reminiscent of uh, of the Legion. Yeah, it doesn't it kind of I, I, it doesn't look, look like Sunboy, but it's also like uh, what's his name Mon L in a way. It's sort of like a combo of a couple of outfits. Yeah, it's it's very because it's it, it looks very much like a Legion thing. He's got the he's got a headband and a collar, which is a little odd, but everything else is you, you can just see that it's. Uh, it plays into the whole Superman uh, gave them uh, inspiration. Yeah. Somehow. So, uh, yeah. So, Granddad is uh, being a ball buster. And uh, now it's time for Jor-El to go to school where he is just the smartest boy in school. Uh, all the teachers marvel at his ability and how quickly he takes to things. But, of course, that doesn't make him very liked by the other uh, Kryptonian children. Mm. In uh, all of his studies, he's only able to make one friend, really. A gentleman named Kim Da, who's also lonely. And I assume he's probably friendless because he has a girl's name. Uh, <laughs> Jor-El also has a cousin who has a, a name that seems oddly prescient, don't you think? His name is Cruel. <laughs> a, a name, that, as you point out, that would make Sinestro blush. You know, yeah. it's a little too obvious, you know? It's like Dr. Evil or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, you're kind of wearing that one on your sleeve. Yeah, here, I have a feeling you're going to turn out to bite him in the ass later on, crew. <laughs> I, some, something about your name just doesn't sit right with me. Uh, he delights in pranking his cousin Jor-El. In fact, oh, a delightful prank. He calls him outside to play. And there's an air mat or something, and like something. blows them up in the air. Like you know, this is the most brilliant prank ever. And you know what's actually funniest about it is there's no one else around. This is all for Cruel's sociopathic delight. You know what I mean? This is, he's he's just doing this. this is, he doesn't care what kind of audience he has. He's not trying to make Jorel look stupid. Uh, he just wants to harm him and and you know humiliate him between the two of them. This is uh, all to tell his diary that, that night. Exactly. That cousin crew is just a big meanie, you know. <laughs> uh, and bit, no big surprise, Jor-El, he's great with the numbers, but he's not too smooth with the ladies, even though he can learn complicated mathematical problems just by glancing at them. Uh, as in my experience, ladies don't give a shit about that. Personally, I don't know. Maybe some ladies do. <laughs> uh, but no, I've, I've never had a lady, like, you know, really be wowed by my ability to glance at complicated mathematical problems, although, frankly, I'm not really that good at math, so maybe that's, that explains more of that. I hear these days if you want to sign up for Match.com, you need to pass a math test. That's right. You have to do a little calculus. You have to <laughs> yes. make sure that you're on a certain level. It's just brief calculus. So it's, not that, it's not that bad. Um, now, uh, Krypton has the most committed space program in the universe. Uh, uh, Jorel joins the space program that's run by... Corrector, I'm sorry, Director Kendall, and overseen by someone very familiar, uh, Drew Zod. Yeah. Who is, you know, that Zod. That very Zod, who we would have seen a year before in uh, Superman, the movie. The motion picture. Yeah, yeah. the motion picture. And, I, you know, frankly, I'm not sure. If did, I guess I think he did exist in the olden days, but he just wasn't such a goatee-wearing prick at the time. Yeah, it was. A, it seemed like a very different character before the film. Yeah. Um, now, Ken Dahl tells uh, Jor-El, these names are, oh, God, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that the space program is in its infancy. Uh, and uh, Jor-El has a... 
he uh, sees a uh, pretty young thing run past, and uh, that's Laura Lara Laura Vaughn. You know, this is really where you start to see that uh, Jor-El isn't very well socialized because he yeah. just, he just can't get over it. You know, he here he is his first day in the space program, and he's like, "Oh, I want to meet that girl." Yeah, I wanna who meet, is that? Where know, is she? Where did she go? Director Kendall is like, "Here's some important safety procedures you have to notice to keep you, to save your life," and he's like, "Oh, I'm trying to get with that girl. Where where does she go? What does she do?" It's like that's my daughter, dude. Okay, no, but yeah, that's not true. But that would have been funny. It would have been even yes, it would have been funny. They need they need to put some uh, some saltpeter in his meal that night. Um, now uh, Jorel, does, he either invents or discovers this anti gravity particle. Um, I, I, it's not made clear if it's a discovery or, or an invention. But you see but, him uh, working hard at it, whatever it yeah. is, uh, over the cor- <laughs> over the course of a month, and uh, eventually cracks the code. <laughs> and that's the uh, the month of Belioth. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, he's uh, the diary is naming the month and year, and it's totally arbitrary. In fact, in the beginning, yeah. in the beginning of the book, I think it says this. Talk about a complicated math program uh, problem. It says uh, I think eighteen Earth years is twenty-five Kryptonian. Like yeah, why, they, they didn't make it easy. Uh, they didn't make it an easy exchange rate. Just just break it down to you know one you know uh, a one, one is two exactly yeah. one to something <laughs> ratio. Like why are you breaking? I got to do this like really complicated algebra. And, and it's the funny. It's eighteen Kryptonian years equals approximately yeah. twenty five Earth years. So it's not even an even. Why why, why are you even bothering yeah. with that information? I don't understand like why it's relevant. But yeah, the whole time there's different months. I just named this one because. In what you know, for for this program that's in its infancy, this guy figures out everything in one month. You right know? Away, yeah. Like, like, well, who'd you have working for this thing? Like, you know, the, the local idiots or something. You know, it's like, ah, oh, my my brother couldn't figure it out, but he's never been too good at reading. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, now, with this anti gravity particle, he finds that he can negate gravity clearly uh, to lift uh, heavy objects, and he can even fly. Mm. Um, he. We, I don't know if we skip any time here, but he is suddenly Dr. Jorel. Yeah, I think that's all you need to do. You come up with anti-gravity, you, you pretty much get a doctorate. You know, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you got to at that point. Yeah, you, you, you've done your work. And uh, now uh, Miss uh, Lorvan is... Uh, she's kind of noticing him. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're... Uh, this, is this before they get together, or is this... Uh, this is before they get together. She's just starting to kind they're of... They're just starting uh, to sniff around, yeah. Yeah, she thinks he's he's kind of cute. Obviously, you know, uh, her mother probably said, you got to marry a doctor or a lawyer, and, you know, here, here's one, so... Here's a doctor. Newly deputized. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they do a, a test flight of this unmanned spacecraft that's made from, what is it, the most pr- uh, abundant resource in Krypton. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Twilight Zone episode where those guys store all the gold and put themselves to sleep for uh, like 500 years. That's right. It, that, that's <laughs> totally useless. That's the same thing here. It's <laughs> just a rock. It's ma- it's made from pure gold, but because gold of the gold. anti-gravity things, uh, you know, there's no problem with making it fly. Yeah. And uh, Lara, she stows away on board. Um, she feels she'll never get the opportunity to fly again because the space program is just so slow. Yeah, it, 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 yet they've gone from nothing to flying a rocket in one month. You know what I mean? Like This, <laughs> this is slow? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, Jor-El takes off after her in the rocket, carrying a bunch of uh, colonists to the, the very next day. And uh, like you said, it's 
this is all within the month of Belial. The next day, you know what I mean? Like, what, <laughs> gee, what if that unmanned spacecraft? What if she wasn't on it? You know, and it, I mean, as a matter of fact, it did lose. They did lose contact with it, and they're still sending colonists out. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, what the hell? This is a really ballsy space program. <laughs> you know, we had to kill ten million to save fifty. You know, that's the sure. way. We, that's how we work. <laughs> that's the way it goes. Uh, he does rescue uh, Larry. He find he he finds her because she's using smoke signals. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing that that planet has has ozone, right? Well, well, you know, luckily she found a valley with some air in it, so yes. that, that was fine. Then that's okay. That makes sense. Some air was some low lying air was hanging out in the bottom. This is very much like when we talked about uh, Supergirl. Was that last uh, two weeks ago? Yeah, and uh, you know, her neighborhood pops off of the planet with a bubble of <laughs> air around it. Like, how does that? How does that work? I don't really think that's how air works, frankly, that it could just kind of like <laughs> sit localized around your uh, breathing holes or whatever. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, you know, uh, Jor-El's high in the hog. Uh, he rescued his, his lady. Now she's really feeling his, him. And, uh, you know, he's a doctor. He's he's head of the space program. So he decides now he's going to tackle Krypton Krypton's overcrowded prison system. Uh, addressing the science council, he exp- explains that he's developed a suspended animation gas, uh, which can paralyze criminals and then put them in orbit around the planet for whatever their term is, you know, however many years. And uh, in there, they can ruminate on their crime. Uh, you mentioned, and that I would say this has to be a, a precursor to the Phantom Zone, and I bet that develops later on in this uh, three-issue yeah. series. But I just want to take a minute to talk about... <laughs> The Phantom Zone, and I mean, these are the cruelest punishments you could ever levy against anybody. Far crueler than just killing killing them, them. you know? Because, okay, in this case, let's say you got a five-year sentence. You know, they put you in suspended animation. You're totally frozen, orbiting, and, you know, just stuck in your own mind. This is like, like, uh, you know, uh, what do they call it? Solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. You know, this is the kind of thing that's been known to drive men mad. And uh, you're doing this. Now, Phantom Zone is way worse because <laughs> you're sent to another dimension where you never age and you can constantly watch the goings-on in the third in dimension. The real world. yeah. So as I was saying before, let's say you stole something and they put you in the Phantom Zone. Well, you're going to see that person that you that you stole from. You're going to see his whole lineage, you know, grow and die. You'll, you'll be looking at his great-great-great-great-great-grandson <laughs> take his last breath and you're still in the fucking phantom zone. Like, God damn it. <laughs> like, just kill me. You know, just just, just shoot me where I stand. This is the worst yes. thing. So, uh... Because yeah, this was this was pitched as an alternative to vaporizing the criminals. I as know. A, as yeah. a, you know, peaceful re- yeah. resolution. Like, no, this is somehow better. I mean, this is... I actually love this because this, to me, is uh, one of superhero comics' greatest things about heroes not killing. Even to the point of total ridiculousness, you know what I mean. <laughs> in, in any other situation, you know, in the in the real world, if we could even deal with the fact that there was a Krypton and Kryptonians, we would be like, yeah, Superman, just kill him, just kill him. Don't worry about it. We're not going to arrest you. You know what I mean? Like it's yes. cool. But in the comics, no, no, we got to put him in the Phantom Zone. Can't kill. Can't ever kill, even if it's much crueler not to. Uh, somebody else does think it's very cruel though to do that. Apparently, Tron Et. Uh, doesn't like the idea. He favors vaporizing criminals, but of course, 
he probably votes against cellular farming and the birthing matrix and restrictions on owning sonic screwdrivers, too. <laughs> so he kind of represents a certain uh, contingent of the planet's politics. Yes. Um, as uh, as Lara and uh, Jorella get a little bit closer, you know that you don't get you don't just get married on Krypton. <laughs> you, you don't uh, you don't you know court and uh, you know get engaged and get married. You actually have to go get analyzed yeah. in a uh, matrimony machine called the Matracomp. Uh, it's a it's like a large booth, and uh, you go in there, and you and your you and your significant other, you both put your hands on this analysis sphere. <laughs> and then you go home, and uh, and you know a few weeks later you get a knock at the door saying yeah yeah you're nay. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> I mean I mean it's 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 so weird. This is apparently created to reduce divorce rates, but yeah. I mean uh, you know so so in this case you got two people that love each other already going to use it. Like, <laughs> how, well you know what, what what kind of news are you going to give them? You know so yeah. I guess we'll find out. Yes, because uh, a couple weeks go by and uh, Lara gets a knock on the door and she's told, "No luck, Chuck. You're not marrying him." And what's what's uh, the what's the name of that fellow, Chris, that uh, gives her the news? What's how do you pronounce that name? Anarmu. Uh huh. Oh, right. <laughs> he, he's named after Japanese cartoons. What had, did, did, did they lose a vowel? Did they did they run out of vowels for names like Anarmu? Like Anarmu. What a bad name. Yes, that's A N R dash M U. Yeah. Yeah, he comes by, says, you know, can't do it. He, he kind of resembles Quicksilver from the X Men. Doesn't he a uh, little bit though? Like he does. He does. Yeah. He's got that real like like snobby kind of just douchebaggy. Sort look. of a Romany, yeah. Sort of a, like an like a very thin faced look. Uh, I don't care to explain it. Like a pointy, yeah. Yeah, very pointy face. <laughs> he's got very he's got very severe features. Yeah. But yeah, she's uh she's not to marry the man she loves. Yeah, that's too bad. That's okay because now we return back to the most committed space program in the universe again. Uh, <laughs> now they're gonna send up a rocket with a life term prisoner who volunteered to orbit Krypton and put him in suspended animation. Uh, again, why did Lara think they would never fly a rocket again? You know what I mean? Yep. Like they they're flying rockets <laughs> for nothing. You know what I mean? They're like, ah, I think I want to uh, you know. Put something on the moon. Let me just fly a rocket up there real quick. Uh, so they they set him up there. Within minutes, the rocket crashes and the criminal escapes. But now he seems to have superpowers. He's super human. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it, t- it turns out to be the criminal's twin brother. And now listen to this this plan. <laughs> he went up at an identical rocket. Okay, so that's two rockets fired two rockets. like in, almost at the same time. Again, like. <laughs> <laughs> when, when aren't they firing a rocket? That's really more the question here. Uh, he went up, he vaporized his brother's rocket, then crashed to Krypton wearing an anti-gravity device to make him appear powerful. I mean, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Who was the criminal here? Like, what, what's going on? Uh, all of that was orchestrated by Tron Et under direction of the powerful private prison lobby. Mm-hmm. So They don't mess around. No. Now, back uh, back on the softer side of the story, uh, Lara goes to appeal the science sphere's decision. Uh, and she's informed that she is not to marry Jor-El, but Matricomp dickhead Anna Moo. <laughs> that could be a Lara Moo, huh? Yeah, Lara Moo. Uh, she runs away, but she's caught and then hypnotized by Moo into loving Moo. Hey, it works. So... Now Jorel, he's 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 beating down that criminal uh, fellow there, and he runs over to Lara to brag. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> he's, he's got his chest popped out. Yeah, he's then, feeling then like a real alpha male. Yes, and then he, he finds out that, that she's got a man. Oh, uh, what's a man got to do with me? <laughs> she's got a man. I ain't trying to hear that, see? <laughs> <laughs> they, they go on and they enter into a battle with the Matricomp <laughs> computer. It's like one of the lamest battles ever because it's it's not it's not like a, a military computer. It's just a fucking no, computer. No, it's a sphere. <laughs> it's just a sphere yeah. in, a, in a booth. <laughs> uh, and we find out that <gasps> Anurmu was an android the whole time. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> and then... Lara and Jorel get married. I mean, even funnier, we find out that the Matricomp computer loved her. Was in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, after years <laughs> of setting up Kryptonian, started to understand love and loved Lara. And it's like, give me a damn break. But anyway, that didn't work out. They get married. And, and uh, Clark is there. Uh, Superman is there. there. I, what's weird about that is when I first saw it, I looked at it like being, you know, allegorical. He's listening to the story and he feels like he's there. Yeah, well, it he's actually, actually there. It actually ends on a cliffhanger. How is he really there to watch this <laughs> Paris thing? It just shows the unbridled creativity of Paul Kupperberg. Maybe uh, he's a bastard. Maybe he's a bastard child. Yeah, possibly, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, with, with the DC Universe, you know, he could have hopped on the actual cosmic treadmill. We don't know he what the hell happened. And uh, <laughs> we didn't find out because we did not feel moved to read the second or third issue, <laughs> uh, despite having all of them, maybe someday, but this was a pretty dull comic, really nice to look at, really uh, ornate, you know, very, very embellished, Yeah. but uh, not really very exciting, but I did enjoy a lot of this stupid, silly, uh, Silver Age-ish... Oh, for the sake of it, yeah. Yeah, trappings of it, you know, uh, and, I, you know, I am sort of curious to know what happens with uh, Nim-L and Crew-L going forward, so... Uh, we hope you appreciated that, Freddie. But uh, as our usual way, we're going to tell you about the other times we returned to Krypton. Uh, I think we have four of them here, right? And I, I believe this pretty much are the main, the hit parade. Um, yeah, Krypton's like a, like our seasonal residence here. It's, uh, we're there a lot. <laughs> exactly. You know, you, whenever things get too boring, or maybe the Earth gets too messed up by successive alien invasions, well, then you want to go over to Krypton and sure. uh, you know take a break. So uh, the time that I know the best, and Chris, I think also, it's the World yeah. of Krypton by John Byrne with Mike Mignola on art. This was a four-issue mini in December 1987 to March 1988. Really sort of, I saw it as an outgrowth of his Man of Steel run. Yeah, this uh, was this was John, uh, this was Byrne putting his fingerprint on just about everything Superman he ev- could at the time. Every aspect of it. Uh, yeah. And in fact, this was only part of a, a John Byrne trilogy, which included the yeah. world of Smallville, and the world of Metropolis. And this um, might have been when he was writing all three ongoing Superman books, too. Uh, Action Comics, Adventures of Superman, and Superman. Well, let me see. 87? Uh, I bet it was. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it so didn't, didn't Man of Steel debut right then, 87? Or maybe it was late 86. I so. think it was late 86. But he, he took over. They renumbered uh, Superman as number one. Right. They changed Superman to Adventures of Superman. And he and after Marv Wolfman left, he wrote that. And then Action Comics, he was writing as a Superman team-up book. Right, right. So you have all three of those and these. And 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 drawing these, you know, Man of Steel and World of Krypton. Yep. He was a workhorse, that John Byrne. You, you Absolutely. Know, we may find cause to talk about him again in the near future. Perhaps. Uh, so this was a new post-crisis take on Krypton. Um, introduced the body condom Kryptonian bodysuit. That's the black <laughs> one with sort of like... I don't even know, like ruffles are down the side? Is that what you call those ruffles? <laughs> yes, on the reservoir tip. Something, exactly, yeah, something to <laughs> to hold it back. Uh, 
Also introduced the Kryptonian War Suit, which would be seen after Superman Returns from the Dead, which is, yep. I remember that. Um, a little bit about the world of Smallville, tells stories of Clark's youth, and even ties into the quickly forgotten uh, Lana Lang was a Manhunter story from Millennium. A lot of this, though, I mean, you know, part of Burns' run specifically was that there was no Superboy. No. So, so this is truly, in a lot of ways, the story of a kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like just a just a flat out powerless kid, and you know, wacky, wacky things do ensue, but it was not really uh, didn't grab you. World of Metropolis. I remember this one being the best one. I think um, so. Focused on Clark and Superman's relationships with the folks of the Daily Planet. So uh, that that was that. Yes. <laughs> And uh, we would go back to Krypton uh, 15 years later. Yeah. There was a four-issue event that started, it was February uh, t- uh, 2001. This is when Superman had four ongoing titles. And actually, this is uh, around the time I came back to, to the Superman books. Oh, yeah? And Yeah, and it was, uh, you had Superman 167 by uh, Jeff Loeb and Ed McGuinness. Adventures of Superman 589 by Joe Casey and Duncan Rouleau. And that was uh, the Man one that looked like the Dini cartoon, right? The Adventures of Superman, or am I wrong about that? Uh, the, I'm not sure. Maybe. Maybe. Not. Yeah. Anyway. I, the, one, the, one, the only one that the art really caught me on was the Ed McInnes one. Yeah, that was uh, that the was most just, striking one, yeah. Yeah, he had like a giant Superman, and it was, it was, it was very nice to look at. Uh, Man of Steel 111 uh, by Mark Schultz and Doug Mackey. Or Mank, um, <laughs> you know, it's like you have. I, I must have typed that name into my comic collection database a million times, but it's like you never say it out loud. You never say, yeah, <laughs> you don't know. You never get the chance to. I, I would have said Manky, but I'm sure he would correct us. It's <laughs> when I when I met uh, Kurt Busiek a, a couple months ago. I was like, I'm like, oh god, if I say his name wrong to him, yeah, really, <laughs> it's like what the hell? Hey, Kurt um, Busiek, Busiek. <laughs> Um, and also it, uh, it concluded in Action Comics number 776 by Joe Kelly and Kano. And this uh, shakes up the origin of Krypton, and it uh, it kind of negates a little bit of what came before, because uh, it, I think these are the uh, the writers were the readers from the 70s who had a, had more of an affection for the pre-crisis for sure. take yeah. on Krypton. So a lot of those pre-crisis elements were brought back, including... Oh, that's right. Which which I was glad to see, even as yeah. silly as it is. But you know, uh, you know, this also kind of was a time right around this time. DC had that twelve issue uh, Silver Age series. Remember that? Yep. Um, there was just a big embracing of the Silver Age at the time. That may have been a little misguided as far as sales goes, but uh, I leave that to the bean counters. Yeah. Uh, one year later, because you know DC never saw an event that they didn't want to just run right into the ground <laughs> right away. They did return to Krypton 2, another four-issue event, right around June 2002. Uh, this also had four issues, Superman 184 by Jeff Johns and Pasquale Ferry, Adventures of Superman 606 by Joe Casey and Duncan Rouleau, uh, Man of Steel 128 by Joe Kelly and Carl Kirchhoff, who I didn't know actually drew any Superman. I, I would be yeah. interested to look at that. And uh, Action Comics number 793 by Joe Kelly and Pasquale Ferry. Uh, this was sort of a mixture of Silver Age and more contemporary Kryptons, and uh, th- it featured a civil war between religion and science, that age-old mm-hmm. battle. I wonder who won out by Rao. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> and because I, I did, wasn't John's part of, uh, like, uh, wasn't he an assistant to Richard Donna? 
Oh yeah. On the so I, I think a lot of maybe a lot of the uh, movie elements were started to started uh, to pop in here. I bet they did, and and they actually did a uh, a uh, graphic novel later mm-hmm. on that I think I think dealt more about Krypton and kind of restored more of its crystalline. Yeah. Uh, appearance that you know. I mean, it, as as we were thinking about it before, I, I don't believe Krypton proper is shown in the first movie or the second one, but you see a little bit of it. You know, you see like the interior of a. I don't know. I guess. A, I mean, you know, what's funny is what you see is basically Kal El being put in the rocket, but it always yeah. seems to be happening in their house. Like, what, what, did, wouldn't you think that would happen on a rocket launching pad? But no, you know, whatever. Just put him in the microwave and ship it out. He's fine. Ship it you know? out. <laughs> so that, yeah, that's, that's how it happened in Man of Steel number one too. It was like they were in like a penthouse apartment. Yeah, it, like they, they launched him right off, right off of their balcony. You know what I mean? Look at that. <laughs> that doesn't seem safe to me. Like, what is no. going on? Now, at least, at least it wasn't on a uh, on a floating sentient neighborhood. <laughs> That's right. That, that that is a much more humiliating way to have to go, especially when you got to line the streets with lead. Uh, yes. This this last return to Krypton, I think, was the, is the one Frenny was talking about. Perhaps, yeah. This is the uh, new Krypton story. That this thing took forever. There were eighty parts to it. This yeah. was a. Uh, this was orchestrated by uh, Jeff Johns and James Robinson, and uh, took place in in all the Superman books. Uh, they had a few miniseries and Supergirl that showed up, and uh, this is actually a time where Superman was removed from his titles. <laughs> you know, they they pulled him out of Superman, and uh, Monel took over, and then they pulled him out of Action Comics, and Nightwing and Flamebird took over. Which is kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> I, I always had I have a soft spot for Nightwing and Flamebird because it's just oh, sure. such a silly thing. Yeah, it's the uh, it's like the Kandorian Batman and Robin. Exactly, and the and the namesake for Dick Grayson Nightwing was actually yep. taken from uh, this character in Kandor. Yeah, because they actually just mentioned that in the uh, Nightwing Rebirth, there was a footnote. Which I thought, or, which I, I thought was damn cool, because then that implies yeah. that implies a lot of other things that are we don't need to delve into. But if you yeah. if you follow <laughs> stuff that we thread, didn't, you can figure it out. Yeah, yeah, stuff we didn't know whether or not it was still around. <laughs> yeah. Now the uh, gist of this story is a uh, hundred thousand Kryptonians are found alive after a uh, battle with Brainiac. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Kryptonians are viewed as invaders by uh, Sam Lane and uh, some other people. And I did not make it much further in this one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't read this story at all. Although I have thought about reading the uh, Nightwing and Flamebird books because uh, they, I have seen them in trade somewhere, but uh, never got around to it. I'm assuming this is this is the one that uh, we people are thinking of. It's the most recent one, but it's also the most dense one and uh, who knows painstaking yeah uh, and, and of course in the new 52 there was no reason to go back to Krypton because no. all of the Kryptons apparently landed on earth I mean it was like every <laughs> every other day oh here's another like what, another one what happened to the last surviving man of Krypton nope sorry every, <laughs> it seemed like everyone you know a good half the planet made it out alive and they all came to earth to fight Superman mm-hmm. so uh, that'll do it for world of Krypton number one from 1979 uh, if you would like to follow us on Twitter, I'm at Reggie Reggie. I'm at Ace Comics. And uh, I say every week, and I'll say it this time, you got to go check out Chris's blog, which is Chris is on InfiniteEarth.blogspot.com, where he reviews a DC comic every single day. Very entertaining, very enjoyable. We also are regular contributors to Weird Science DC uh, Comics.com. Is that what the hell it's called now? I don't even know. <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, keep those suggestions coming. We are going to keep covering comics as long as there are DC comics to cover. So until next week, give anything else for them, Chris? See you next time. All right, then keep it uh, on the treadmill cosmically. Should have watched your back like a soldier. Come to hit your hoes hard, focus for your shoulders. Bitch, you ain't no Superman, but I hate to say I told you. My gains to my grains relate to rhyme flowers. But let me go like this. Here to flow like this. Oh my God, flash reviews, Eric. Nice. We haven't had flash reviews in a long, long time. But we have a couple books that really... Uh, we're going to probably have it a little more coming up. Some of these books uh, in the New 52 that have continued on just seems weird to talk about them. I know that uh, there's people who have invested time and whatever into them, but uh, this these were special cases as well because the first one is New Suicide Squad number 22. Reggie reviewed it. Uh, for us to actually jump in, you haven't been reading the No, I haven't since like the all. first issue, I so think. So it'd be really one. odd for you to even try to jump in and read. So, though the way it ended up, it seemed like maybe we could have because it was Sean Ryan, which is odd. Written by Sean Ryan, art by Ronan Cliquette and Blonde. The rest of Suicide Squad is on vacation this month as we go on a fantastic journey in the inner workings of Harley Quinn's mind and her mildly depressing childhood. Have a nagging mom and a philandering father enough to justify becoming a sociopath, then Jim and Eric should be genocidal dictators. Ah. Dictators. I think a dictator is when you have a potato and you put it on your groin. Dictator. Ultimately, this is a reasonably entertaining comic book that just happens to have as much to do with the Suicide Squad as absolving blood of Jesus Christ has to do with Mormonism. Thank you, Good. Reggie. Good. Reggie gave it a 6.5 out of 10, and I have not read it, um, though we get, we've get we already had a bunch of Harley Quinn origin stories, if that's kind of what this is, or well, childhood, and I don't know. They get away with stuff like that with her and the Joker because you never know what to believe, and I think that that's pretty much I didn't. Bad. I did not realize that Sean Ryan was on this issue because yeah. I love the work he did with Harley Quinn and his run of Suicide too, Squad. But this seems like Reggie saying it's a bunch of nonsense. This was definitely a uh, an issue that he had done before, possibly for a uh, an annual coming up yeah, or yeah. something along the line. They had it, and it, it's just odd because when he left this book, New Suicide Squad, I mean, he left. He yeah. left DC, and they must have already paid him for this. I don't know that he even supported this issue on Twitter or anything like that. I have no idea. Uh, but, yeah, like I said, Reggie didn't like it as much. Uh, the next one is a book that you and Reggie combined to review, but Reggie has not done his parts yet. He's busy on that cosmic treadmill, Eric. Sure is. What his book is it? We have Legends Tomorrow number 5. And I'm telling you, it's, I don't have a fucking blurb for this because there's so many goddamn artists and writers and whatnot, but I, I read the Firestorm part and the Metal well, Men. You read, you read your two parts, Firestorm yeah, I'm saying. and Metal Men, and I, I have told you that if I have to listen to any more of this Metal Men garbage, I'll fucking strangle you, maybe slice your throat. Uh, but I laugh when I saw that the review isn't up yet, but I saw your uh, your part of it was done and looked, and you didn't like the Metal Men as much this issue. Not as much. Baby I still enjoyed it a little bit. The art's great in the book, but Firestorm, we're finally getting to see the characters like you know Jason and Ronnie back in high school from because in the last issue they were fighting the military or the military was going after them. 
not really dealing with that anymore, and we get more of multiplex and what he's up to, and it's fucking nonsense. Uh, it's a convoluted fucking mess, and yeah, I really and we don't. Have one more issue, right? And one I more. don't care about the story at all anymore. Yeah. It was not fun to read. The art was actually lacking from where it's been lately, and I gave that a five point five out of ten. Okay, how and about the, Metal Men? The Metal Men we have our Metal Men characters f- facing the new Metal Men team put together, and that's pretty much all we get is a big really? fight between the Metal Men is, and Mercury there telling to be us somewhere in room temperature. <laughs> Mercury telling us that he is the only metal that is liquid at room temperature. It's the same jokes we always get. Oh. You know, they don't always hit. They, you know, God damn it, I want to love this, but but we do get Chemo showing back up. And I did not go back and reread the last issue, but his response, responseometer somehow just is rolling around at the beginning of this, goes into a vat of chemicals, and now it's up to both teams of the Metal Men to fight Chemo and save the day. Okay. The art's great, but I gave this a 6.8 out of 10. So basically what you're telling me, and uh, Reggie told me that he couldn't even stand even opening this, but I have a feeling that this is not going to be a, a very positive review overall when he does Metamorphic Probably not. Sugar and Spike, though. The one review up I saw earlier was like, if that, if there's any great book at DC, it's that Sugar and Spike. God damn it. Like, really? You, book, you're really going to say that? That book in this has been so tough to read. Yeah. So, I was just actually then, happy I didn't have to read it for this podcast. No, I have a feeling that the review will probably go up, uh, will be up when this podcast hits. I have a feeling that Reggie, when he gets back from San Diego, will hit that. Uh, though, really, I, I don't even know who could be buying this book anymore. <laughs> I guess if you already were in, you're going to finish it out. You want to finish oh. out your Metamorpho story? Your I'll tell you, I, I have it downstairs. I actually, this is one that I get the print copy of yeah. for free. I'm not reading it. I might use it for toilet paper. I, maybe we'll have a contest. Whoever loses the contest gets this book. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. But This book just needs to go away, though, just, because nobody dead. cares anymore. Nope. And even the people I, that were reading it who did care, they don't care anymore because I don't want to read any more Firestorm, and I love that character. That is true. And that is Flash Reviews, Eric. Look at that. I queued up the music really nice. good, didn't I? Come on, Eric. Just a minute. And we're back, Eric. We're back. I, I have to apologize. I, I hit the, the just a man sound, and I couldn't stop it. I didn't mean to, I meant to kind of shove it in the, in the place that, to hit later. And, uh, yeah, it was like the Oscars. It was, yeah. I was going on too long with my speech. Okay, uh, you were like, <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody and uh, the Lord above – and, you know, don't forget about uh, Africa and, and everybody. And but you know what? People should have the right to eat and to wear neat sneakers. But we should never have children work. Oh, let's go. Wait, I have, I, I'm not done. The <laughs> hook my, comes out. The, yeah, the hook. It's Merc. He slashes somebody over the fucking head. Whew. Luckily, nobody had anything to say about Legends tomorrow. Am, you didn't want to hear I, anymore. No, I, I told you, I, I did not want to hear it. I didn't read it. I don't care. I'm glad that Reggie was in San Diego so that you guys couldn't talk about it because that's a fucking waste of any sort of air. And uh, we're going to leave the podcast with two books. Uh, usually we say that the last two books are usually the bad ones, correct? We usually, and not, I'm not saying these two books are great, but what I'm saying is, at least it shows that Rebirth is doing something when the last two books are pretty big books. 
right? Everything yeah. on the podcast is pretty big. All these books that we read, there's not one yet that you're just like, uh, oh my God, not like, uh, you know, new teen Titans that we have next week. Shit like that. The stuff that carries over from, uh, the new 52. Uh, everything is a big character at least, but, uh, this first one is not great. <laughs> it's funny. It seems to be the one that everybody wants to drop first besides for Justice League, but we have Green yeah. Lanterns, Green Lanterns number three written by Sam, Sam Humphreys. Art, I know. With art by Tom Derenick, Robson Roca, Jack Herbert, Neil Edwards, Tom, Tom Palmer, Jay Lyston, Keith Champagne, Hi-Fi, and Dave Sharp. The fight is on now that the Red Lanterns have arrived on... What? What's going on, Eric? Well, why'd you stop? Because some jerk. <laughs> the fight is on now that the Red Lanterns have arrived on Earth, but man, it's really short-lived in this issue as Sam Humphreys continues to make Simon Baz the most important motherfucker you've ever seen by not only giving him the mysterious Emerald Sight, but also the ability to cure rage within a Red Lantern, at least for a short time. Hopefully it works... Hopefully it works on the rage-infected populace because as we leave this issue, Jessica Cruz seems to be rage's latest victim. Yeah. Um, it's actually funny because Simon is starting to get into Duke Thomas territory where we Seriously. said that like out of nowhere the guy was uh, everything. Uh, where was the, all these things that Simon's doing? Well, where were these when they were stuck in another fucking universe? Or where, you know, uh, any of the other times that this happened, all of a sudden he just seems to be able to think something. Oh, you know what? I, I cured my my uh, brother-in-law at one point. Eh, I'll, I'll, I'll he was in a it. coma, and they said I had this power, but it wasn't yeah. the ring or what. I don't even fucking know. It was his it, willpower. And no. it, who knows, it threw, What threw me off really, too, is you have the cover, and there's Simon with his gun shooting what appears to be, you know, the freaking Jessica, whatever. Why in the art of the book in this whole time has the gun looked like a construct? I actually have that, and why is all... The, I don't know if it's a standards and practices thing. Like, remember how cap guns had to have that fucking yeah, orange yeah. cover over the tip? Yeah. Are they forced now to say, like, oh, no, this isn't a real gun that shoots people. It's I don't a think construct. so, because on... If you or is it an cover, art fuck-up? On the cover, it's a regular gun. So you think it's a color is fucking up? Yeah, yeah. Because it I keeps happening. Somebody's getting fucked Yeah, we said before. We actually said before... Oh, why does he have a construct? Did he lose his fucking gun? He just likes the gun. But here Jessica even calls out, why do you have that gun? I'm like, gun. It's a construct. Also, I just want to point out, people are all, people were getting upset and even this bickering continuing. What I'm pissed off, we are now at issue three and had a rebirth. When are they going to fucking recharge these rings? <laughs> it made, they made such a big goddamn deal about how fusing the battery. You got to do it together. You got to do this all. It's going to make you a team. Not once. Not once in this. Now we've seen, actually, you want to throw in the Justice League book as well? I know that it, it's not really their deal or whatever. They have just been flying around willy-nilly. They've never recharged their rings yet as far as we've seen. Not it's once. a bunch of ridiculousness. And because that was supposed to be this bonding thing that was going to get Team building together. exercise. Yeah, no, never have done it. Um, well, you're just, worried about that. I want to know how the Red Lanterns wind up on Earth because... We start this issue out, and there's just a fire, and it looks like some kind of field. Yeah, and they walk out of the fire. Yeah, they walk out. They they're like a uh, they were in a, a meteorite. Is there like a fire teleportation the Red Lanterns now have? I don't know. I've that's never seen I, that before. That's what I got the idea that it was like the blood 
the blood transport. What would you call it? The blood fucking I don't blood know. transfusion. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just saying that it's like the blood teleportation. It's a new fucking ability. I'm saying that it's not even blood. It's fire. I know. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, honestly, somebody's probably going to call me out. Oh, they've been able to do it. I have never seen this before in my life. I like life. to. They're in the middle of a fucking farm, and they're just like, you know where we have to go? The city. And yeah. there it is. It's that just city. there. It's it right looks there. like they're right in the middle. Right there's St. Louis. He points right to St. Louis. We're right, right there. There's the city. You know that one field be, with that farm you know, yeah, right outside St. Louis. We just St. have Louis. to be in that one farm right outside. Like you said, it's so ridiculous. But, yeah, then he's like, hey. You know what, old man? You got a lot of rage. I like, too, where uh, uh, Bleas is like, hey, they show fear. No, they don't. It's rage. Look at that old man, how he's holding that gun. And look, look at that, that little, little boy. Look at that little boy. That guy's angry. That little boy looks off. We're going to have <laughs> so many red lanterns after yeah, the red so dawn, Bleas. And, and I don't mind that. It almost, you know, it's pretty much like, I told you, Earth is full of rage. Yeah, I, but... No. I'm, I'm just saying, though, they're here out of nowhere. I can understand Blee's showing up because she was sent ahead of time. Yeah. But Atrocitus and Dexter just show up with Blee's, right. and it's all like, Maybe all the, right. Again, do the hell tell? I don't know. I don't know. And, and also, Simon, put down that fucking teddy bear. Jesus Christ. The whole goddamn Earth is, is being infected by rage, and you got to fucking make sure you have that fucking teddy bear to get back to your fucking nephew. Just put it down. And now yeah, there's the gun. It looks like a construct. It, oh, it little teddy bear! Be, it has to be an art fuck up. It what has was that to terrible be. song you uh you sang to me before, Teddy oh, Bear? That was, uh, come on back now and talk to Teddy Bear. It's about uh, the kid who his dad was a trucker and died, and the kid's crippled, so he would sit on the uh, he would sit on the CB and talk Jesus to the truckers, Christ. and then the mom found out and said, "Listen, you you can't bother these truckers, Teddy Bear." The kid went by. That was his handle. Yeah, and, that's a terrible uh, handle. Yeah, and they're like, you, she's like, you can't do that. And all of a sudden, she heard honking and looked outside, and all the truckers came to give Teddy Bear a ride around the block. And next convoy. Thing, oh, they, next thing you know, they were touching him in wrong places. And then yeah. another song. The other song by the guy was a song called Little Rosa. This was a guy who did uh, these like uh, story songs. Like his singing, like was, and then. Uh, the the little Rosa was about a guy who worked at the train, like on the train track, or he went on the train, something like that. <laughs> All of a sudden, I don't know if he took the train to a job or he actually worked putting in the tracks. I forget. Uh, but he saw you know, guys, little Rosa. Well, his his no, his uh, little daughter, little Rosa, would come and wait for him to come home. And all of a sudden, he saw there was trouble at the tracks, and he knew there was big trouble. He went down. Little Rosa was dead, Eric. And then so he wanted to buy roses to put on his uh daughter's grave and the guy was overcharging him <laughs> and he had to tell the story about it it's, so it's a hell of a fucking song oh you got God, here it's so bad but it, it's like uh it, then they're singing in that one but his thing is i want so was a working down at the train station and that it's all oh it's well, what i'm getting at with this bit is teddy bear Eric. i see teddy that bear. teddy bear and as soon as i saw it i forgot about it in the last issue but i saw him like, come back there teddy bear Come back and talk to Teddy Bear. Yeah. Little Rosa was a little one because it had Little Rosa was her name. I was a working down at the train station when I saw a bunch of people going down and they said my Rosa was a dead. 
There it is. That's the whole song. Also, <laughs> do you think uh, do you think at this point that teddy bear's got to be fucking awfully dirty? Aaron, I don't, don't so. want to give that dirt. Uh, they'd be fucking nonsense. It's cut up. It's part it's of the teddy. fluffs hanging out. Jesus Christ. He even spells yeah. it out. My nephew likes teddy bear. I'm, I'm thinking, say. you know. Come on now. Put, pull your wallet out. Spend a little cash on your nephew. Yeah, really. Get some. Go, come on back now and talk to teddy bear. <laughs> but yeah, they uh they're going, I I don't know, Blaze shows up. Yeah, Blaze is going to stop because him. Because remember, he's like, that city over there. What? You mean the one that looks like I can fucking throw a rock at? Okay. And it's so weird, too, so, because it's like, all right, you're going to go over there because the Green Lanterns are going to come. You're going to be there and to stop them. And when the Green Lanterns do come, they're following, like, the rage signal. But when yeah. they get close to the Red Lanterns, oh, uh... We can't, the ring's off, we can't detect them anymore. I'm like, yeah. what's going on? You're like, close my, to them my now. My ring radar's off. Uh, when you first see the big panel of Blees, it, it looks like it's, it's not terrible. even finished. No. <laughs> the the first half of this off. book is terrible. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, like, yeah. Simon's not bad at, like, you know, in that no, some parts he's there, okay, but, but even you know, that, we got the construct gun. Construct, yeah, and then you have his, you know, it, it's just weird. Jessica looks okay, but even that, like, the whole thing, this book is not evolving yet. Uh, Simon is. Simon's doing great, but even that seems so off that the stuff with Jessica not being able to make a construct and all, it's just getting old. We need to do something. I guess maybe at the end, the spoiler, she becomes raged out. Maybe that because, because of the rage she'll be able to do some stuff because she's not as anxious and that that will make her learn is that what they're getting with uh but yeah, yeah as you go simon shows up and um it cures fucking bleeds uh yeah. in the it, it's just weird she tries and, to get him to succumb to his rage and with that he cures hers yeah and he actually thinks to himself like i was mad at all these things but i overcame that so i can overcome this rage and somehow cure you please and again i know that it's nonsense right it's nonsense but if you were going to do this keep her like this and i think you could do some interesting things we've already you've already been so mad because really the way the red lanterns ended it believes with atrocities makes no sense no. anyway. Um, this can be a way you can explain it out. Oh, he said that if I left, he'd do this or that or other thing. Now I'm not raged out. She could actually join up. I don't even care. You tell me that when those rings come through in Green Lantern Corps and she becomes a Green Lantern, it may seem ridiculous. That seems like a story that that has more interesting things going for it than what we get here. Well, you're talking and about rings. If, I'm saying you're talking yeah. about rings here. Where the fuck is that ring on Blaze's I finger? I don't know. Put, put a ring I, on that finger. Put a ring on this finger, Eric, because he does cure her, which is huge. Because before we were told, the when you become a redliner, it takes your heart. You're filled with rage. You cannot. You can't take the ring off. off you die. Now, unless you're Supergirl and you fly into the sun. Jesus Christ, off, that was fucking nonsense. Or if you have a blue lantern. But because St. Walker's kind of, he's up in the air. We don't know. He's what all sinestroed up. Well, I'm saying he was sinestroed up, but I don't even know where he is now. But, okay, if you're going to force this whole thing, because obviously either uh, freaking Jessica will full out become a full out red liner. Something's going to go on because you get the point, too. These people raging out, they're not red lanterns. So did they need to be cured? Somebody is going to need to be cured from being a red lantern coming up at some point. That's the only reason we're seeing that Simon can do this now. Well, even with the rage, with the way he's curing this, if it like – 
it ob- it doesn't work in this. Some, she starts reverting back almost immediately, like when she and, and just gets her fucking Red Lantern costume back. That's what I'm almost saying. Immediately, she's freaking. You know, she has her wings back and she's wearing some you know booby covers and a crotch cover, and then she somehow just is wearing her Red Lantern garb again the next page. Yeah, and then eventually reverts all the way and back. And it's not so- even like that happens. She's gonna kill herself. Uh, he has cured her per se, and but she's like, oh my god, with all this rage, I thought I was bringing justice to the universe. I'm not. I was wrong. I, I was actually injustice. causing the injustice. <laughs> um, but I did like that. I, again, it explains why, like, Blaze is so bad. She she's not really bad. It's just that when her planet, they even say that when her planet was destroyed, whatever, she was filled with rage. She became a Red Lantern. Now she thinks that she's doing the right thing because she's just raged out. Yeah, I can understand that. I really like that. But the way it's thrown in. But yet you go there. She's telling the story immediately. She's got her costume up. Right? She's going to kill herself. I, I can't take it. She's going to get. Why does she have the Red Lantern costume I on? I don't know. Again, I, I don't either. It's not even like that. Like Simon's like, no, don't go back. He's yelling, you're going to be okay. But he's trying to stop her from killing herself, which he does. Yeah. But it, it doesn't look like she's okay now. It looks like she's raged out again. And is it the rage the thing that is, Simon doesn't let her kill herself that brings it back? But you are now It sure. seemed like the rage at the one point, like she's about to kill herself and the rage comes back. I, I couldn't tell you. But the I problem- actually, if, if it was anything that I was going to guess, she wants to kill herself because she thinks she deserves it. Simon stops it and that gets her angry again. And she rages out. But okay. – she rages she's not out a Red then. Lantern now. She's not a Red Lantern. No. Just because she gets angry doesn't mean that you're going to go back to being a Red Lantern. You were led to believe she's cured. Yeah. What, what am I gonna, and if, there's no goddamn ring. Case, if that was the case, Eric, every Saturday night for seven hours, I'd be a fucking Red Lantern. I'm always <laughs> fucking raging out. But it really, this was well, only short term then. <laughs> really well, that's the thing, too, yet. because she rages, like, you know, she becomes a bit more of a Red Lantern. She gets her costume back. Simon then talks her down. Everything yeah, is good down because Jessica was not privy to the conversation. Attacks, please. And yeah. she's like, oh, and fuck this. Complete Red Lantern yeah, again. Again, then. And like you're saying, then, uh, Blaze is like, you know what? I was a princess. I was a pretty girl. Yeah. And before I was concerned with rage, how can I ever return to that? Well, I, I think that maybe getting hit with a copier might do it. And that was that art was confusing. I thought she got hit by a fucking truck. I didn't even know yeah. she got hit by it. I just knew uh, that she got attacked. I didn't even go Jessica into it. Jessica says, Greenix from the financial offices of Gordon and Gordon. They'll bill you for the copy machine. And then later, oh, yeah, Simon yeah. goes, oh, yeah, you're the Green Lantern of fucking office supplies. I'm like, really? This is the jokes we're getting? That's the joke. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke. Uh, but yeah, that, that she gets hit by a copier and says, like, God damn it, you know, I'm more important than getting hit by a copier. It doesn't look like a copier. It looks like a truck. Uh, but yeah, she rages out. <laughs> yeah, she flies out away. Again. Yeah, she rages it's out. It's like, I got to get out of here because if Atrocitus finds out I let my rage go, he'll fucking yeah. kill me. Again, if you're going to do that and get out, why not make her just stay a non Red Land. I I actually I really dug her. Really, yeah, I did too, and it intrigued me that she w- might get some retribution and and come back and and be a good person. Maybe. I think honestly, she'll be a great looking Blue Lantern if they ever went anywhere with them yeah. again. And that would be really cool because she kind of looks like an angel. You know how they always had that uh, yeah, like that yeah. religious and motif. Maybe that would be the whole thing that uh, once she got rid of the rage, then and maybe she'd find out something about her planet. Hope, hope. Boom. She's a blue lantern. Uh, but yeah, then no, Jessica, so, but... Jessica comes. Yeah, Jessica comes out and just like, hey, I saved your ass. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. They start bickering. 
And while this is while this is all going on, we finally get a little bit of insight on that goddamn lone guardian in the freaking like the rebirth yeah, we did issue. That, that, was that, the rebirth that, issue or was it the first issue? It's it was, it was the rebirth. It was the rebirth and the first. It was okay. The, I think they were both. I think the ring kept heading. We didn't know that the guardian was with it. The but, guardian yeah, is with it, and he's at Simon's house. Yes, he goes to Simon's house. Simon. It's uh, very uh, odd to me too sense. because. From that backstory we had about this ring being forged in this Guardian, I really got the idea that he's been in isolation for millions of years well, and all this shit. It seems like he's been a while, but he does know about Hal and John. He's like, and who's that new one? Stuart? Yeah. And like, the so he hasn't been that gone that, that long at all. The other thing that got me is like, he's like, hey, I got, I got a signal from here. And that, what signal? What signal, really? He felt the Green Lanterns? No idea. Yeah, but when? Uh, was it before? Why didn't he just, if he's going to feel the Green Lanterns, why isn't he right there with them right now? They're right there, you know, in St. Louis. Head to St. Louis. Well, maybe his Green Lantern radar wasn't working like I Simon's guess. Red Lantern like, radar wasn't like my working. my wife's gaydar. And he's, a guy could come up, hello, and she's like, oh, that guy. Uh, I'm why find a nice girl for him. Why isn't he married? Liberace. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't understand why Liberace didn't get married. He just didn't find the right woman. No, but... uh uh, yeah, it's just. I had a lot of problems with it, this book. Yeah, and he's got that ring back in that stone thing. I, I don't know. Are they going to open it? Is is it pushing for Simon's sister to become a Green Lantern because he's really saying how great she is? We thought I thought that it was going to be Jessica and it was going to be something to do with her anxiety. Uh, I don't know. But even that, there's Simon there and he's like thinking and his willpower spiking. Uh, and this is back. This is when he turns, please, into a regular. Where is this ring being charged? I, I want to see it charged at least once. Uh, It'll this thing never is be charged. Endlessly charged. But uh, we get to when Belize leaves. And basically, are you supposed to believe that the rage virus is already affecting Jessica because they're bickering? Because this seems like the same bickering as before. It's, it's the like, same as the first say, issue that I hated. Yes. And you can say, like, oh, well, the rage thing is affecting her right now because of what happens at the end. But, boy, they just Rebirth. seem to be pissed. And and they kind of stop and, like, they, they get the countdown that we liked. You know, this amount of humans infected, this amount of this amount. And um, Yeah, we got to cut our shit. We got to get back to yeah, work. We, we better get back to it. And even, like, didn't didn't she say was in this or Justice League with, like, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I'm a Green Lantern. Oh, it is in this. Yeah, you were a Green Lantern five minutes longer than me. And I know that's kind of like a diss, but it still brings up nonsense, yeah. nonsense and continuity. They're yelling, and then Jessica becomes a fucking Red Lantern. And uh, before that, though. Red, she rages out. Not only that, though, Simon has to go and pick up that fucking teddy bear again. Yeah, I know. It's so ridiculous. It, you just had to get it out of rubble. Yeah. Uh, and actually, before the whole, they they head off to the Hell Tower because Blee said, "Listen, atrocities with these Hell Towers." Yes. And then you're you like, "You got to stop okay. it before." And now you're like, "Okay, I see." Blee's was only uh, cured for a second so that she could tell him some info. Yeah. I, I I don't know about you, but if I was a Green Lantern, I saw what shit went down. I kind of would think these Hell Towers needed to be destroyed anyway. You know what I mean? These the things thing don't is, look nice. That's the thing. When they're even flying in, like, oh, man, I hope Argus doesn't pull their guns out yeah. on us and freaking have called jurisdiction. there. Again, the art and the story and the dialogue does not match because they're, oh, man, they're being polite, aren't they? They look dead. You they know what? It's, it's, it's me being a Green Lantern because I can't see. I just see a shape. Yeah. Oh, like, man, they're being really those polite, Jimmy. It's almost shot us. Try to be a little more polite, okay? No, then they're laying down. And then Simon goes to the one. Feels for a pulse and says, yep, they're infected by rage. 
<laughs> what is what? Where do you get that? Uh, Jesus Christ. But yeah, that's when all of a sudden, I guess, being close to the Hell Tower affects Jessica. Who knows? I don't know. Is it one of those that you would think that maybe because she doesn't have the willpower and they've stressed that, that through the willpower? But really, she is a Green Lantern that just looks raged out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. And if this is one of those things where Simon's like, I can cure you, I call bullshit because this is not, you know, like a red liner. I cured your being. Honestly, this seems a lot easier than trying to cure bullshit. But I'm saying it's not, it's not, it's apples to oranges here is what I'm saying. We did not see Simon cure. Simon seems to be curing, you know, his brother in a coma and somebody getting a heart back. I guess, but it's not like, okay, now Simon has done that. That means he can cure cancer, AIDS, and fucking, you know, the, the common cold. I, I wanted to see if you were going to do this, why didn't he just have him cure somebody else raging out? Maybe even Jessica's sister, you know, do something yeah. like that or find out that his sister was infected and he goes and cures her. But it, it just seems weird to stress that. I'm thinking that somebody's going to become a full-out Red Lantern down the line, and that's going to prove that. But I really do think he's going to throw it to change this rage virus and cure that. But, yeah, all of a sudden he's the fucking the fucking, de- fucking medicine woman, Dr. <laughs> Quinn. The Messiah. Yeah, I, I don't He's got that emerald sight. He's got the fucking cure. He can do anything he wants. Just has to think about a, it. He's got a gun that might be a construct. He's got some cool-ass tattoos. He's got a gun. He just likes he the way a- it looks when it glows. And he, hey, I, I got this when I got out of that prison, that really bad one. Like what? Now we can't say Guantanamo Bay? You said it last issue, I think. One of these issues, he said it, and now fuck you. There's too much shit going on in this comic, not there enough. Is, and and it, there's like too much going on, and, and almost all of it's nonsense. Yeah. Again, to go back to that bickering, by now, we need some progression. We need to see them rely on each other once or twice to the point where. You know, at this point, it would be one of those where I would expect Jessica to do something and go, you know what? This uh, I'm I'm the worst. This is terrible. You know, how can you be so good? And, and then Simon to make a joke. Well, I was a Green Lantern five minutes before you, you know, and they would laugh. And, you know, a bonding. There's none of that. They hate well, each other. That's because it really seems the way these stories are paced out now is that, you know, we get an entire issue, which seems to be 20 minutes of the story. Yeah. But it, it, you can do it a different way. I'm saying, like, in my mind, from where we've been, it's been about an hour and a half since we got started. Yeah. But yet you have, like, a Batman that seems like, you know, yeah. six months, whatever has gone by you. And it's not even like Tom King is spelled out, like, time. here's this, time, boom. It's just we're getting more progression. Yeah. You need the progression. The progression will make it seem longer. If you have this thing, if you have them sitting there eating together and Simon's like, you know what? Uh, you know, I love my sister. This is the, she's my rock. She does. You know what? Same with me. That's why, you know what I mean? You get that, yeah. that thing where they're together and then the progression makes it seem like it's been a longer issue. Jessica, like you, you said, ever have chicken vindaloo? Good. Yeah. Don't do it because it'll give you Don't diarrhea. Don't do it. Constantine once bought it for me. Or even like Jack is like, hey, you know, tell me about what happened when you guys were lost in, the, in this other universe. And he's like, oh, you know what? You don't want to hear about I, it. No, but he, even if he said, you know what? I don't want to hear about that. But boy, I heard this story about you with the Justice League. And yeah, I don't want to talk about that. And they laugh. You know what I mean? Just something like that would be funny. But no, they, they just they have no. 
there's no connection with these two at all. And it's becoming to a point where I'm losing connection to each of them myself. Yeah, and I liked them individually beforehand. Like we said, we love Simon going in. And Jessica was really seemed to be the breakout star of yeah. the book. I've lost interest in both of them. There's Simon going around. He's curing everything with that fucking teddy bear. And Jessica just, how, how long can you have an awful Green Lantern who keeps bitching and moaning that she can't make constructs because she's afraid? This issue, I didn't really feel like she was afraid. It just is still that same thing. Oh, make a construct. Make a construct. She's not, she's not even trying anymore. No. Uh, I gave this issue in a 6 out of 10. That's what I, uh, yeah, six out of ten I put. Uh, and it, it actually, it kind of kills me because this is the book that when I heard that people hated Sam Humphreys with his Marvel stuff, I really thought that it would be like when we love Charles Soule and then he went off to Marvel and I hear everybody bad-mouthing him. I thought that maybe Sam Humphreys getting a little change of scenery here, going to D.C., doing a Green Lantern's book might do him some good, and and then we would be left wondering why everybody hated him. Uh, he's just, the storytelling is not good. I can't no. say the dialogue was awful. It's just the storytelling and the pacing is, is way off. She, too much shit's happening at once, and then nothing comes about from it. That's not a good combo. And it's like very said, upsetting the, to me, too, because I think yeah. this was the uh, Rebirth book that I was looking forward yeah. to the most. You picked this over Hal the, Jordan Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps because you thought with Van Diddy and all that, you're like, I've been there, done that. You've already done that. Let me see some. I want to see some more Simon. And you yeah. like Simon and Jessica. And you thought it'd be a, a cool thing. I even defended the book in the, that first issue about the bickering that I thought it wasn't overdone. Uh, and we're still doing it. So I was wrong. And I don't say that often, or <laughs> I do not say that often. Here, wait, let me, I'm trying to grab something. Uh, 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 I have a prediction. What's up, Mumbo Jimbo? Jim is not going to like the next issue either. Oh. Bye, Mumbo Jimbo. What happened? Hey, Jim, you're back. What happened, Eric? Nothing. Green Arrow number three. Written by Ben Percy, art by Juan Ferreira and Nate Picos. I've loved Ben Percy's Green Arrow so much since Rebirth started, but this was my least favorite issue so far. It wasn't because of the art, which was fantastic, but the over-the-top cheesy dialogue and the setup nature of this issue. I will admit, though, that the more I read it, getting ready for the podcast, I liked it a little more. And yeah, I, I really, that first time reading through, even the first two times reviewing it, I think that I was really thrown off by the dialogue a lot. Me and you were even laughing about it. <laughs> even started this whole time. It is over the top. I think I went a little low on the score. I, I probably, unless, I don't know. We'll talk about it now. I might even go lower. I don't know. We get so angry when we talk. Um, the art's awesome. I was really worried. Now, I wasn't worried because of Juan Ferreira. I was just worried because uh, Oliver Schmidt was like kind of a, a new guy to me. Auto. And he kind of showed up, and I really liked it. I mean, really liked it. And because I couldn't believe how much I liked it. Same here. Even at the beginning, I thought, I think when we did the rebirth, I even had to say, like, at the beginning, I was thrown off. But by the end, it kind of was getting to, yeah. you know, I was growing on it. Uh, boy, I, I actually really, really like it. I may like Juan Ferrer. That's the thing. I was really worried going into this, too, because of how much I liked autos. But yeah. Juan kills I, it in this book. God damn it. And you know what? He does it right away. Yeah. And, there's been times where I've said, oh, you know what, Juan Ferrer's art's great as a static image that it didn't have much motion to it and all. And I think it was because of just the style. And the one good thing about Juan, he's a triple threader. <laughs> on Twitter, he inks, pencils, and colors. 
So if you like his art, it's not one of those where he'll he'll go to another book and you're like, boy, like you said with David Finch on Batman. Yeah. I didn't really like the colors. You're always going to get it. And I really do think this is not an insult. I think that of all the three things he does, I think the colors are the best. His color work, it's awesome. And it's the lighting. It's not just, you know, here's Green Arrow. I'm going to do this. It's the lighting of everything that it's so good. And it starts off with Oliver talking about, hey, when my, and I don't know, did you like this part? Because it made him seem like his dad and him are pieces of shit to me. Really? I, did you get that? I, no, I, I, I think it's. Because it, it was one of those things that's like, hey, even when you're down on your luck, you just look up and you'll realize you're rich, like unlike these motherfuckers down there on the street. Wow, you read a lot says, into this. Oh, my God. Well, he says then that, hey, look, my father used to say, look up. That every corner, every heart of the city, it's us. The heart of our family is here uh, because you can look at the shiny building that is our greatness. And I really was like, fuck you. Because then he says it used to – and it is a little forced. It starts right off the way, oh, right off the bat. By day, the windows catch the light, making the building shine like an ivory tower, one I've been cast out of. Oh, you've been cast out of your ivory tower, have you, Oliver? <laughs> I'm like, Really? It, it, this oh, issue, poor you. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. And this issue to me is very forced. The dialogue is over the top. You got a lot of catchphrases. Uh, I think it was the first issue where, first or second, where people even wrote to me and put in the comments like, Jim, the, this dialogue, it was when Emika was fighting yeah. and Oliver. And I said, you know what? I'm I'm having fun. It seems like action movie-esque. It's actually having fun with it. This is odd because it's inner monologue a lot of it and stuff like that. It just, it seems off. And honestly, the inner monologue, not a problem for me. It's that when he actually opens his mouth and talks, it's really over the top. Just saying that it was an ivory tower that was that (laughs) center monologue. It's bad. Yeah, it's a little bad. But boy, the art, I'm just looking at it. It looks so good. And the other thing that Juan does a lot are very interesting panel layouts. He does it one time, big time in this is the elevator shaft. I'm looking at it now. So good. But Basically, this is going to be Oliver. He's going to break into Queen Industries and find out what the fuck's going on. He knows that Broderick is involved. He wants to go find out what's going on. Now, this is where I really have an issue with uh, comics. It's a pet peeve of mine. I realize it's one of these things where you have to have a hero do things and then explain it away like it's not so bad. And basically, it's Oliver breaking into his thing, and he has to get rid of these guards. These guards have to be taken care of, and really, he hits, he shoots one with an arrow right through the shoulder, and you know what is he? Black man through the shoulder. It's still gonna hurt, right? Yeah, it's gonna hurt like hell. But also, he says, "I drank the arrow and dosed it with synthetic opioid, 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 <laughs> <laughs> torfin." And he says, "Unfortunately for this guard, yanks people instantly into a nightmare." That they won't wake up for hours. Now, there's a chance That's that terrible. this guy will never recover. I've heard of people in doing the bad acid. Don't take the brown acid air because if you take the brown acid, you may not wake up from that trip. And really, this guy, his life might be over. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it's almost like it's like, eh, yeah, he didn't kill him, so it's fine. See, then he goes. Oh, hold on. That's a pet peeve for you. But honestly – because I had to read and review the Ben Percy's original run about uh, yeah. Green Arrow, where I saw Green Arrow kill a shit yeah, ton of people, people, 
I like having these explanations yeah, that does not make him a goddamn murderer. Explanation, but it doesn't ring true to me. And if you're going to do, you could have him break into a thing and I like almost like a uh, Mission Impossible. Yeah. There's the lasers. You can do a lot of things with this. For some reason, he has to set him up to, you know, be. Isn't and isn't Queen Industries like crazy fucking guarded? They're talking about like uh, yeah, security two guards. guards a, no, I'm talking about. He when he's talking about the guards, oh, talking about, like it's they're the carrying thing. assault rifles. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about? And this is crazy high tech. You know, the ground sensors they have to have a, like a computer yeah. chip in their goddamn. Yeah, shoes. even at the point he, he gets the shoe, uh, the sole from the guy. It's funny. I, I'm like, just put on his shoes. Obviously, he wears a size seven. No one's gonna fit into that. Fits. I'm like, it, it looks like it fits the sole. But yeah, I just I hate when they do this where. Yeah. You're like, okay, he didn't kill people. Really, also, you have this happen, right? He And I, I do like it. You see the elevator open. Oliver's there. I like the one move where he's, like, got his arms out. He's yeah. flying. Ooh-wee. He thinks he's an airplane. But he goes. The thing opens. He punches the guy so hard that he looks like Jamie Foxx after he hits him. And uh, you think this guy is going to be Scott Free from Broderick the next day? You think that any of these guards are are going to be – this is not just a regular business going on. We've seen that this Broderick – he wears a mask, Eric. He is involved with the Ninth Circle. I'm, I'm trying to think of how it would work. Yeah, they killed the secretary. Do, what, do you think they'd go and murder the guards? Yes, I, these I, guards are dead. These guards let Oliver get through. I don't care if you have an arrow in your shoulder. They're finishing the biz. They're finishing. Like, do you think they're gonna like then like make it look like Green Arrow killed these guys? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I go with that. Yeah. I just these guys are not going to live to see another day. Yeah, Oliver. Oh, when I get my business back, I'll give them a raise. How the fuck would he know who this is? And you know, oh, you're that security guard. And someday, where down the line, that's the only black security guard they have. Roderick is going right to the deal. And he's going to look at the list of who is working. Oh, these two security guards. Kill them instantly. Kill them. They're done. And, uh, yeah, he's in the elevator. It's a pretty cool uh, panel thing. I really like that. It's really good. But the best part, I think, and it's so subtle, is the opening of the door where they show with the light. Yeah. Where Oliver's just facing us. And Oliver's wide eyes at that last panel. Big eye, yeah. And then it goes because when it opens up, it's the burned, and that's the that's the look that you would have given them. And boy, they again. Juan Ferreira might be the best colorist uh, at DC, and yet he's an awesome. You know what I mean? It looks like a group of dead men. Yeah, yeah, they do. They (laughs) badass, and they all have the fucking torches and shit. Oh my god. But yeah, then Each we. Sort of the burn carries a flamethrower. Like, don't play with fire, boys. Yeah, Ooh. really. These guys, something happened. You, you mess with fire, you're going to get burned. You know, that baby. sounds like a line that would be in this book. Oh, yeah. Well, you guys but, shouldn't be playing with fire. Don't play with fire unless you want to get burned. They're like, we are the burned. Oh, shit. But yeah, we go off to Italy to see Diggle. And uh, if anything, the art on Diggle is a little off. Yes. Yeah. At points. Um, but I like this. He's going. He thinks Oliver's dead. He's been told Oliver's dead. Plus, the guy he was protecting was killed by the burned and the ninth circle and left that coin. So he goes to find out. He's been looking into things. He's a guy who, you know, he can figure out some shit. He goes to this church. He tells the, the priest, hey, listen, I know what the fuck's going on. Don't fucking push me. And I like that the church thing is like the secret entrance as he gets the cross. Boom. What is this guy? He's just a priest. 
No, no, no. The guy like the, in the secret oh, room. Oh, that who's guy. Burned. He's just a guy who that is a guy, Virgil. It seems like in you know going through whatever he was checking in, Diggle. This guy, his name came up when he went it, it, through. It's just so weird because I'm telling you, this guy has a secret base of operations well, in a thing, secret remember, room in a church. And it's in Italy. That that kind of I've seen movies with that a lot. I but guess he also he's just said, sitting in a room full of skulls by himself, yeah, all burned yeah, up. Working business, but uh, that again, desk is empty. No. Well, here's the deal. Again. He spells out, hey, I'm John Diggle. I don't know why he gives him his real name, but he's like, hey, I had a client named Arnab Canute. Uh, we were in the war zone. This guy knows Arnab Canute. Yeah. And John uh, says, I've been tracing everything. This is the guy. He traced him to this guy from the files he had on that phone and everything he's looked into. But he also wants to know about the Ninth Circle. This guy is this guy. Obviously, he says, look, this is what they did to me. Yeah. So he's involved with them. He does. Think I know, but it's, it's just weird. Just, I just I just think he's in this town and it's one of those. It's one of the Ninth Circle's little, you know guys who does this he probably loans money you probably go to this church to get money and you go down with this priest and yeah because when they go down there's the chairs all that i just think it's something like that you're supposed to think this guy's just a hired you know loan shark type. Uh, this is real i'm telling you as much as the dialogue was this kind of choppy and awful through times this part really threw me off because like who cares about this fucking guy yeah, he's I, just sitting this, down in this goddamn yeah, skull this room by himself Diggle is just going through what he's trying to find. This is the next stop. And he goes down there and he's like, you're going to tell me? And the guy says, hey, you're going up the ninth circle. They burned my fucking face and that was mercy for them. That's the thing. It doesn't even sound like this guy's involved with them anymore. Yeah, but he says they did this to me. I think that that he did something. He fucked them over. At some point they did that. I think he is working with them. Uh, I don't know why he's telling him any info because they'll just come back to get him as well. But Again, you just have to have Diggle. He's on the trail. That's all it is. He's all about revenge. Great. Yeah, it's not great. He says, I, I don't care about this Canute. Uh, what I want to find out is the Ninth Circle killed my friend. He's like, oh, you know what? Ah, That's revenge. Better. But he's like, when they kill you, because they will, you know, you, you better be fighting for something you care about. And then gets in this whole thing that me and you were thrown off. It's like, listen, there's bad guys, but the bad guys need money. They're really bad guys. They're bankers. The ninth circle is the bank. And I'm like, is this a metaphor? Or are they, because it really does seem like they are just a bank. They fund the money. Uh, later you see where they're it's talking a hell of an about initiation. Yeah. I'm like, really? You don't have to, you know, burn yourself for <laughs> just to get Dante's money. I mean, Dante's hiring really. practices are really odd. Yeah, it's odd. It's tough. But like, do you think you like, have to be burned before you get into this? Or do you? go into this and then you have to be burned here's the deal like you said if i was a burn victim i'd probably be petrified of fire i wouldn't want to get near it and these guys like to fight with it i think they burn themselves on purpose i think to get in you burn your fucking self and then away you go that guy under the uh victor he he stopped halfway he he pushed out there and now he's just a fucking half i changed my mind who sits I want to go work at Starbucks. Yeah, he just sits there underneath a church now, and you know, deals with minor things, I guess. But there's Oliver that you is, see. Is that, Oliver is that shows a up. Joke? Yeah, he I know. Minors. He deals with maybe. <laughs> uh, he shows up, and there's Broderick. And now this is where I just I'm confused because immediately Broderick knows that Green Arrow is Oliver. And I don't know why. I don't know if this was the case in my mind. If he knew that Oliver is Green Arrow, he could have gotten rid of both Green Arrow and Oliver at any point before by saying, by setting him up. 
by setting him up before. Oh, you think Oliver Queen's this. He's that vigilante. He's doing this. He's doing that. He's an awful person. Oh, my God. And yet, out of nowhere, he's just like, oh, I should have known you'd turn up like a bad penny. And he's, and that's when he's like, huh, I trusted you, but you Broderick. were wearing a mask all along. Oh, really? God damn it. Really, but I do that, like that. Was the most cringeworthy line at that point in my mind? Yeah, I like when uh, he's looking through Oliver. He's looking at. Oh Oliver. yeah, it's a cool looking panel. And it's really good, but uh, yeah, it's really just crazy. Then Oliver spends all his time explaining exactly what he's going to do with this arrow. Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to hit this. You're going to go out the window. This is for Wendy. You destroyed. Tell me why you did this. Oh, give me the long story. I'm like, really, keep talking. And Shadow shows up and fights uh, the arrow that he was going to shoot into Broderick. So weird. And again, that was going to kill him. He was going to kill somebody. Uh, he shoots well, how many over people did Shadow. he kill there in that explosion? Oh, yeah. And he shoots at Shadow, goes over his shoulder, goes in, and it's going to explode. He runs across the table, yells, of course. He's like, okay, I've been saving this one up. You'll burn for this. <laughs> and this is where I told you when I was reading it that. I really didn't even think of him grabbing that laptop. Yeah, I actually went back, and then I remembered you telling me about yeah, it earlier. Because he slides across and grabs it, because he, he references it later, and I didn't even think of that. He jumps out, and Shadow jumps after him. Broderick should be dead, right? Yeah. He's and it not. Seems the only damage he sustained is that it cracked part of his mask off. Yeah, he's not dead. He's there. And also, Oliver gets – it leads to Oliver being confronted by the police – they're already claiming this was a terrorist attack on the Queen Building by Green Arrow. How do they know that right away? I know that you could say, but Broderick even Broderick called the cops. No, but even if Broderick called the cops, it's not like if you called the cops right now and said Jim Warner was over here and he blew up my house. What are they going to start yelling it to me like immediately? It's so weird. But yeah, I don't. I also don't really know how he survives. Really, no. Uh, but he's falling shadows after him. Then you get Black Canary, who's uh on Ezra's ass, and Ezra was the guy who was the dock worker that Oliver had paid off yeah. way back when. I think that, again, I get mixed up in these it issues. It was two issues was, ago. Yeah, so it would be number one. I actually thought it was the rebirth issue, but whatever it was, um, yeah, it was probably one. Because, I don't know. But, yeah, he's like, hey, I work for Green Arrow. And she's like, no, you don't. Uh, he only paid you, and I told him not to. And you know what I deal in? I deal in pain. And again, we're getting really. <laughs> is that, is that what she says? Stuff. My currency is pain. Where, yeah, where the fuck was it? My currency is pain. Oh I God! I don't trust you to do the right thing unless I threaten to break your spine. Okay, I give up. Whew. And then she she wants to know about the ninth circle. He only. It's weird. We we talked a little bit about this, where you know all these rebirth issues and going into the new series. It seemed like Jeff Johns was the guy who was all around making sure that everything yeah. like worked together. And, and like now that you got this. Issue now three. Yeah. It was like he's like, All right, you did these two issues, you guys know what you're doing, I'm off now, and this was yeah, his first attempt. Like, well, I set the GPS for you now, you know where you're heading. Okay, I trust you, and now shit's gone wrong. Yeah. This and Green Lantern. Even Green Lantern started even before. Oh yeah, the Green but Lantern never worked. This right. this issue is just everything is so forced. And uh yeah, then Black Canary basically is like, I'm going to find out what's going on. I'm going to stow away on that barge. Like, Don't do it, Black Canary. It's a bad like, plan. I, I really – she doesn't have an end game here. I mean she can go there. Yeah, she has the Canary cry, but the shit might go wrong, which it does. But then you get uh, 
Shadow and 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 uh, Oliver still fight. Oliver falls from that long and just falls on. He should be dead, right? I would think so. Also, that laptop he has probably would be destroyed. And, and if not, falls. then when he freaking goes off the freaking bus onto the ground. Yeah, yeah. And, and in fact, it's weird. I don't even get that he. I'm looking. Yeah, he falls on the bus. And then jumps. It's so weird. Like, at, well, at falling on the bus, he should be dead. It's just off. Actually, it looks like he fell to another building. They yeah. jumped the building. That it's so weird. And it's not even just confusing art. It's just confusing of why he should still be alive. But in the meantime, uh, we get some more crazy dialogue when he's yelling to Shadow. And if anybody doesn't know, Shadow uh, was. Uh, his dad's his lover. Dad's lover, and that's where they got Emiko. It's his lover, oh, Jim. It's his lover. My lover and me looked at the sunrise while eating the turkey leg. <laughs> uh, Shadow's, Shadow's attacking, and Oliver thinks he's going to save the day by yelling, My father loved you. Doesn't that mean anything? Uh. And then Shadow says, You know what I remember? I remember this Katana book that start, uh, you know, Anno Senti wrote, I think I'm going to pull some dialogue out of that. Love only brings disgrace. And then Oliver yells, lady, you write the worst greeting cards. And right there, I'm like, what the, really? This does, it, it seems like an Anno Senti book out of nowhere, doesn't yeah. it? So bad. It's just keep uh, on coming in this. Yeah, dialogue. they come because then you get um, Dante, who's the leader. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> know what he is he what is with this inferno this gigantic fuck fucking thing sitting up. off the coast of seattle why is nobody investigating this but again you have this where we have had green arrow attack broderick all this and now uh, really you think now dante should know that oliver is green arrow because he has a lot of people around so when broderick says oh oliver queen just attacked me i think word's gonna get back like no that was green arrow oh we must it this name, Green Arrow and Oliver. When are the I you I know you told me that our big joke was that Oliver was awful with his freaking. Oh, on the freaking uh, last run of Ben Percy on this, month. he. Uh, I don't think Ben Percy wants him to have a secret identity. That's what it seems like because I'm done. He kept doing stuff and he would have like half the green like uh, arrow costume on, no yeah. mask, or running around like, what are you doing? Running around yelling, he's Green Arrow. But yeah, yeah. It's come to roost, baby, because everybody seems to know it's him. It throws me off and. uh yeah, they're there, and you, you know, where's the assassin? She's out hunting. And then that's when Emiko steps up and's like, hey, you know, don't you talk about my mother's loyalty. And Emiko looked too old for me. That's the one big thing of the art, that Emiko just looked too old in this book. But in the meantime, you see... Made you feel uh, uncomfortable for looking that way at a 15-year-old? Maybe, but you see Shadow and Oliver fighting, and then the police show up, and they have to throw that dig in, because he's like, hey... We work together, you and I. And they're like, no, you bomb Queen Industries. Don't. You can't bribe your way out of this one. We're and like, the best part, I'm reading this uh, this part of the book. And I'm, there's a bunch of cops there. Like, you know, they're surrounding him. They have guns drawn. I'm like, not everybody's on the take. You might want to keep it down, boys. Yeah, that yeah, that too. I just think it's too soon for them to just start yelling about bombing Queen Industries and all this stuff. I, it just seemed like that happened 30 seconds ago. Um, but yeah, then you see Dante is fucking, look at him. I don't want to. He's a mess. That red suit. 
<laughs> and actually, how over the top that freaking burned up face oh was! Oh God! I, I actually don't was. Know what it is? You for see this part, and brain. In my mind, I was looking at him like that is so over the top. I bet it's all just a mask, and he looks fine underneath. He Maybe, doesn't want to tell anybody though. I you have to be burned I, to be in the club. You know club. what? It made me laugh. I'm reading this. I'm like, Eric won't mind this guy as much because you hate spiders, exactly. but like a eight legged freaks. They're if it's just a gigantic freakish. Yeah. yeah, they're too freakish that they, they aren't the real to you anymore. Of. Yeah, this guy's way over the top. But then you see Emiko behind him. That's like, not... It looks like Red Skull looked inside the Lost yeah, Ark of the John. Covenant. Oh, my God. He's starting and, to and melt. And then looked away at the last second. <laughs> and then the other guys just like look like Nosferatu's. But look, are you looking at the yeah, book? They're part of the Red Skull fan club. Now, do you see when he's pouring the, the yeah. wine? Look at Emiko back there. Mm-hmm. That is not a 15-year-old yeah, that's a girl. full-grown woman That's right like there. a 30-year-old woman. But yeah, there's Shadow. And Shadow spells it out to Oliver that she has a blood debt uh, to this, that she it transferred. And so does Emiko. And Emiko's, Emiko doesn't take any sass. Like, she's like, oh, you know, fuck you. She hits those Nosferatu motherfuckers, the Red Skull fan club. But in the meantime, we get a little more force thing. You got to end with force stuff with the, I usually drink to my enemies and say death to them. You know, I say that. You've heard it before, right, guys? And they're uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, we hear you all the time, boss. Yeah, boss. Yeah, me yeah, too, yeah, boss. Yeah. yeah, me, boss. My and skin like, hurts. Huh. And you know what? You don't want to be an uh, enemy to me because when I drink to you, that, that's fucked up. Right, guys? Yeah, yeah, boss. Because that means up. you're fired. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then you're like, so... I drink to you, Shadow. And then Ayamako's like, no, 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 look. Leave my mom alone, you stupid idiots. I see what's going on. Somehow I know in this container that there's fucking Dino Lance because Oliver only cares about two things. Not his company, not people, obviously not those guards that are now murdered. Dante's taking care of that. They, he cares about me. And her, and it's Black Canary. She's well, that's, it's stowed away. That is the weirdest part, to, like you know, besides for that whole burned up guy in fucking Italy. But this is the weirdest part of the book to me, where that she like she, points to a. Well, she's container. being held by two burned guys across the room. It's like, what, like break it, like she breaks off of them, walks up, no, 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 and she points to a small ass picture of the boat, grabs it, and then blows it up to size to see the fucking Black Canary is sitting on the goddamn crow's yeah, nest or whatever actually, the fuck it is. Like, how did you fucking see that? Yeah. To me, though, it's weird because she doesn't even point to the crow's nest at first. It no. looks like she's pointing at a container. Yeah. And then, yeah, then she zooms in, all that, and then you kind of see it as and hence. And, and boy, I'll tell you, though, that last panel, that cliffhanger, fucking awesome. It looks so goddamn bad. It was so good. And how yeah. did she see it, Jim? How did how she see, see it? it? I don't, only, not only that, but what's Black Canary going to do, Eric? <laughs> it's she a is bad plan. She's heading to the Inferno. I mean, how can you head to the Inferno? She's getting too close to the sun. She might get burned. I don't know how everybody's not heading to the Inferno, how big it is. I know, really. Nobody knows about it. At one point, also, it's so huge. Everybody can see it, and it supposedly has like a trillion dollars in it. If that sinks, there's big trouble there. Also, I'd like to, the the burn victims also seem to be uh, wearing Michael Jackson jackets. They they are going to do some. Is Michael that what Jackson. it is? I thought they were wearing red tracksuits. Yeah, no. At the one point, look when, he's pouring, look when he's pouring the wine. It definitely looks like Michael Jackson jackets. He thinks they they think they're in the thriller video because. Oh yeah, that's Dante. a beat it jacket. Yeah, that's a beat it jacket. And Dante is he's fucking where's Wait, they're not they're not pulling the freaking was it raw where Eddie Murphy wore the freaking jumpsuit? Oh, or was yeah. that hilarious? No, well he had the full leather fucking. Yeah. House. That actually looks like what Dante's wearing. A bit. <laughs> Dante's classed it up a bit. 
Uh, do you think He's that Dante wears that suit? It's red because all that fucking skin and shit just keeps bleeding and he doesn't yeah, yeah. want to point out. He it's like when I wear brown pants because I'm always shitting myself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also, Black Canary should tie those laces. Do you see that one? She was untied. What's she doing? She's going to trip on those she's laces. About trip is what she's going to do. Stop I'm tripping, tripping, Black Canary. They're like, why are you tripping, baby? What no, I'm, trying to think of more, I'm trying to think of more uh, freaking burn uh, fucking shit. <laughs> like a moth to the flame. That was great if Dante said that at the end when he sees Black Canary shows up. Uh, he's going he's gonna to get drunk because now he's got to drink to fucking Dinah. The guy, he has a bad plan. The only way he can kill him is if he drinks to him. He's going to get so drunk he passes out, they all leave. What do you think of that? Hey, Dante, and that's he, why he wears red. He wears red because every time he does this, he gets sloppy drunk and spills the wine on himself. And I, they I think all it's because he doesn't have any lips and can't really drink it, and it freaking dispels over him maybe, anyway. Maybe. just and He never hey, even uh, drinks. He, just, he pours one out for his homies. Hey, Dante, what are you drinking there? Fire water? <laughs> so, what else is <laughs> Trying to think of any sort of thing. Oh, yes. He's like, uh, I don't know. What what band starts? Like, what bands would he listen to? Is there anything freaking Prodigy, Firestarter? I'm That's burning, playing I'm in the burning background. you. He likes that. We can go on and on. But I gave this issue. Come now, on, baby. Talk about my fire. But put it I out thought, real fast because I'm scared of fire. What, uh, what I thought <laughs> I was going to do and then said right after that, like, maybe when we talk about it, I'm going to get angry again. I gave it a 6.5. On the site, I thought I might go up to a seven. I think I'm going to stick with a six five. That's funny. I really didn't know what do. you gave us. So I was going to give it a six five as well. Yeah, I think a six five. The art is it's incredible. It really is. The, it, it is worth getting the book just for the art. You can come for the art, but stay. Uh, that doesn't make sense. You done fucked it up already. The art is worth the price of admission alone. How about that? All right. Come for the story. Stay for the art. And don't come for the uh, story. Skip this. It's better than Justice League. Skip the dialogue. Right? It's better than Justice League, though. I like the dialogue. I thought was off, but also really, we really didn't do much. He broke in. He confronted fucking Broderick, which seemed to blow his cover. Now, now that that's the other thing I didn't even bring up. Now that I say that, he had the benefit of them thinking he was dead. Like he could get away with stuff and and kind blew of it. deal. He blew it and really. Did nothing. He didn't kill Broderick. He got his laptop later. He's, I wonder what I'll find in this. That's one. confiscated by the police now. It's, yeah, if not broken. It's funny. He finds that uh, Broderick has spent most of his time playing World of Warcraft during work hours and gets him fired. Uh, you know, for that. That's that's all that comes about from it. Everybody loves that World of Warcraft, right? Isn't no. that the craze? Isn't that I see all these people walking around with their phones? Isn't that them playing World of Warcraft on the go? It's I've never played band. World of Warcraft. At World of Warcraft Go, and and they're collecting things, but it's it's gold in World of Warcraft. Isn't Did that you collect ogres? I don't know. No, it's I was making a Pokemon. I know. Go, can you? I ain't gonna let you. You son of a bitch! You're out of that now. Before. I am. T- I think it's, I was never in. I really like the idea. I wanted to play. You watched a, watch a lot of videos. Watched a lot of videos. Went a week. You- and now I'm out because I don't care anymore. Yeah. Because I'm like, I'm never going to play. I'm not going to go never get a phone a and a fucking plan to play Pokemon Go. You were giving seminars at work. To I was. I knew more do. about anybody. You're like, ah, you should do this. And, oh, don't evolve that quicker. Well, she like, fucking okay, keeps evolving. You fucking build this shit up before you evolve it, dummy. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. What's your pick of the week? My pick of the week is probably Batman. Mine was Batman. Mine was Batman easily. I, uh... 
basically, I think you tied Batman and Hellraiser, actually. Hellblazer. Hellblazer, Hellraiser. I do like Hellraiser as well. I don't. I I thought that was a bunch of nonsense. I think that, uh, to me, Hellraiser was more of the iconic look of Pinhead. And then once you get into the meat and cheese of it, not that great. Not that great, Eric. When was the last time you watched it? A while ago, but uh, I'm actually saying something that you told me. You told me that years ago. Yeah, I know. That was not a very big uh, hit of yours. But I did watch Hellraiser 1 and 2. Nice. I don't think I went past there. Yeah, there's no reason to. Yeah, my buddy Jay was a big fan. I watched Lawnmower Man. I watched a lot of stupid. You know what's stupid? I want to watch Lawnmower Man again so goddamn bad. Can't find it anywhere. You know what's funny? We always say like that we go back like, oh, I haven't seen that in a while, and I I, I want to see if it, it changed. They never change, Eric. Rarely. <laughs> Rarely do you watch a movie that you thought, like you going, I want to watch The Hidden. Look, come on. I, Jeff I, Leahy like, is a retard who starts getting smart and fucks Jenny Wright. Yeah. What, what are we talking about now? One more, man. Oh, yeah. I, I can't remember. I, I the thing. And then I, he goes to virtual reality to get smart, Jim. Really? It's yeah, like Johnny this? Mnemonic. <laughs> That'd be like me. I, I want to watch Johnny Mnemonic again, or like a real shitty movie, like Tron. Fucking watch Tron movie. again. I, I got Tron from the library when uh, I think it wasn't. Was it Legacy? And then was there a second one? What was the second one? Legacy. What was the first one? Tron. Wasn't there wasn't there one after Legacy, or they just never came? It was a cartoon series. Okay, then it was just Legacy. When Legacy was going to come out, I, me and my sons decided we were going to watch Tron. I, I think I fell asleep after three minutes. You I, do that with so, every movie, though. This is so fucking boring, though. That Tron, uh, we mentioned Black Hole last week. That's another one. I'll never watch that. <laughs> but uh, that I, we, I'm saying this. I really get upset when you go back and watch a movie that you really loved and it sucked. Uh, and I'm really afraid to watch The Last Starfighter. I haven't watched the last Starfighter. You know what? It's still time. kind of. Fu- I I, just, I still like it, but I also so like Tron. See, it's yeah. so cheesy though that I'm afraid that I'm going to go back and I'm going to be like, oh Jesus Christ! It's like Battle Beyond the Stars, Eric, with John Boy. Fucking nonsense! But you want to hear what's going on next week? Sure do. Good week next week. We have a, a bunch of carryovers from the New Fifty Two that I really don't care about, but most of the uh, Rebirth books I have read already. And it's a really good week. I'm allowed to say that, right? Yeah. I, you know, I couldn't tell you what happened in Flash, though. Could I? Could I tell you that huh? next week in Flash, Flash has a problem with his bowels, just like Manship, and gets put in the hospital? Could I say that? Would I, I get could to say that. that. Okay. Action Comics number 960. Okay, we'll see if we're going to continue the battle royale that is Metropolis right now. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not allowed to do that. No. Batgirl number one. Yeah, nobody at DC is listening anymore anyway. It's too long of a podcast. Oh. Batgirl number one. No rebirth for Batgirl. She's right to Asia, Eric. Right to Asia to get the dim mock. She's going to show up. They're going to say, bottom brick. And then she's going to hit it. And then Jackson's going to go, whoa, man, you got to let him in now. Yeah, and then she's going to throw a batarang uh, at Chun Li. Yes. And then some guy's going to lose a tooth. The guy who cleans the blood off is going to grab it, bite it, and realize it's gold put in his pocket and fucking disgust me every time I see that part. And the Asian Asian Jimmy Hart is going to tour her around. Yeah. And then they're going to see that guy who's the fucking weirdest looking guy with his great line. Okay, USA. (laughs) For that guy. So weird. Uh, Yes. 
Uh, next one, Deathstroke number 20, one of my only remaining books. Of- is that your last one, or does that yep. go on more? That is, nope, that's the last one. That'll be the end of Deathstroke. We're going to get the end of uh, Snakebite, all those guys. Lawman. Lawman. We'll see how that ends. We have Detective Comics 937, 937. And when we left them, if you remember, uh, Let's Batman, play ball. Had been, Batman had been captured, and they were going to play ball. They were jumped into Clayface, and he got them the fuck out of there. And uh, it'd be funny, too. The issue starts, and they're like, okay, Clayface, that's all we needed you for. See ya. And, and then he gets all pissed off. You guys could have wiped your feet first. Yeah, and then he's like, you didn't know that I was also your dad, the colonel. But he he's never seen him, and he thinks it's Colonel Sanders. And Why wouldn't you? I would. Uh, Dr. Fate number 14, Eric. Good. You that yet? You got no. that two weeks early. They I actually did. Sent haven't it. even looked oh. at it. No, haven't even looked at it, huh? You love it. Uh, doc, and that's a book nothing that we, to do with we it. We know that at least goes to 17. Oh, my God. At possibly 18, 19. Keep Why it. do all my books fucking keep going? I don't know. I'm going to be so sick of this book that if they did have the carryover, I don't. Hey, Flash Review next He's going to still be in this. Yeah, probably. He's still going to be in this and in Blue Beetle. He will be if, if he shows up right away. Uh, Future Quest number three. That, that might not even. That's not even a Flash <laughs> Review, right? It's not flash review territory. I was it almost was not put it. I put it so we can laugh. And this, uh, that <laughs> is the, uh, that's the issue that they announced as a fill-in issue. Jesus Christ! Because they had some problems. You know, a six-issue miniseries and the third issue is a fill-in issue. There's trouble. Was, uh, was Jim Lee supposed to draw it? Possibly. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number one. God, I hope this is better than the Rebirth. Maybe we'll see the core, Eric. Maybe. Wink, wink. Harley Quinn, number 30. That continues. And really, uh, this is one of those books that might continue the new 52. It's going to be the same one. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Birth. So enjoy it. If you like it, you'll enjoy it. I'm just and waiting Night- for Dr. Fate to end because I wanted to because I don't want to continue with it. Nightwing, number one, Eric. If I read this one, I might say that it's better. I didn't read it though. This is one. That's the only one I didn't read. Which that's is so weird for you not to read that. But action comics. And- it actually threw me off. I started. I'm like, no, I'll wait. Uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws Rebirth number one. And recently on Twitter, Scott Liddell showed us some love. Eric, he is a. That's crazy. He seemed to ignore us. I thought that he was one that just thought we were nonsense. Yeah. Said that he loves us. Called us a gang. What's say I love the weird science gang. They're yeah. mostly nice. They're to me. mostly nice to me. And, and why? You know what? I love. I, that's 100% love from me because that shows me that he's paying attention. Aaron. Yeah, but it's like and the first little like, pat on the head we've ever had or anything. It, it's great from him because really we are mostly nice. Yeah. And you have been one of his biggest supporters. Well, that's the thing is, though. I love Red Hood and the Yellows. I think he's a great writer on it. His last run of that book was garbage, yeah. though. Well, it seemed to get rid of everything that we liked that he did with Jason Todd up until then. And even Joker's daughter. Yeah, Joker's daughter. I, like you could have left her, and maybe he we got were forced. forced into maybe, that. maybe that was forced. I don't I know. I don't know what goes in. This issue might get you back on board, Eric. Might get Hopefully. you back on board. But you review that one, so it doesn't I matter. I will be reviewing, but you'll be reading, and I'll tell you. Look for a positive review. Okay. Positive. Spoilers. Positively awful. I, <laughs> Teen Titans twenty twenty two. Anybody care? Nope. Teen Titans 22, you got the Flash number three, All right. is uh, 
the storm, the speed force storm happened, and we're, we are going to see some other flash, our speed force speedsters. I'm trying to think of what to call them. We'll, we'll see some the other. Speed League. And believe me, there is a twist and a turn in this one that you should stay tuned for. See, I'm pushing the books. I'm almost giving you a, a revised solicit. Yeah, but I don't trust you. I, I, half that stuff I'm just throwing out. Uh, Titans number one, Eric. You you wanted more Hawk and Dove, did you? No. Okay. Well, you're not going to get it here. But yeah, Titans number one. There you no go. No good narc? No. And Wonder Woman number three, which goes back to your story. Oh, that's right. Lies. My story. And as we left off, it's one of those that's weird now thinking of a book that's once a month because the story going back and forth. And it ended with her and Cheetah face to face. And that'll continue. Something better fucking happen, man. I want to like this book. I just don't so far. Really? You yeah. don't like it at all? Not really. Uh, uh, uh. Mumbo Jimbo here. I What's up, Mumbo Jimbo? Think, I think that Eric will continue to not like this book. Mumbo Aww. Jimbo spoken. God damn it, Mumbo what, Jimbo. What just happened? What happened? Stuff and things. Uh, Apparently, I'm not going to like this book. Uh, what book? Oh, Wonder Woman. Oh, Wonder Woman? Really? Huh, I don't know. I, I actually thought you'd like it. Oh, after, yeah? After reading it. I, I don't Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't read it yet. <laughs> I looked at it. You just know me. I just know you. I know you're miserable. All right. I, I don't want to be miserable. I want to look. I had a lot of uh, appearances, especially since at the, I was going to abort the whole fucking Mumbo Jimbo thing at the beginning. And, and it's then, been so long since we heard from him. I love Mumbo Jimbo. Yeah, I know. There, I really haven't had. Well, I could have thrown Mumbo Jimbo out. Well, I could have called him up, Eric. I wouldn't have. Yeah. Him. Um, what are you talking about? I called him up because I think that he Communion probably spirits. Was, Get him out here. He might have been the guy who would have said that that uh, villain in Batman was Psycho Pirate. Right? Yeah. We would add that. Well, now we have a soundboard. I think we're going to hear Mumbo Jumbo more. You want to hear a prediction of mine, though? Yes. When this goes up on iTunes, this podcast, you'll also be able to download the Weird Comics History Episode 3, Eric. That is my prediction. Nice. And you know what this is called? It's called the Cafalver Hearings. What? <laughs> I was waiting for you. What? The Cafalver hearings eric that's a kerfuffle right there thank you <laughs> if there was ever a need for crickets it was then uh yes uh this is the description chris and reggie get to the meat and cheese of their five-part look at the comics code authority 1954 senate hearings on juvenile delinquency starring senator estes Cafalver. They look at increasingly uh, increasing anti-comics public sentiment and the exact comic book that served as the tipping point and legitimized federal investigation. Then they take you through all three days of the hearings, <laughs> talking about each witness and their testimonies while interjecting the usual silly commentary, Eric. Good. I hear they do good stuff over there. Oh, you hear good stuff, huh? Yeah. yeah. I still want them to record something for me where they're bad-mouthing you, and then I can play. I'm like, hey, you didn't hear this one. They're like, yeah, you know what? I don't like that Kefauver, but boy, Eric Shea is a piece of shit. Wouldn't that be good? I, I think they do good stuff still. They know what they're talking about. They, they do know what I guess people are saying. that They know what they're talking about. Me and you next week are going to talk about the 1932 uh, missing of uh, uh, Senator Carver. What do you oh, think? I, I didn't, I didn't tell you. Gonna... I got I to... Get off next week. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, but you know what else will be on our site this week? And the site is weirdsciencedccomics.com is on it? Monday. Is that what Christine said? Yeah, I know. What do we have on Monday, Eric? Monday's Marvel Monday. Monday is Marvel Monday. And again, there were not a lot of Marvel reviews. We're going to swoop in and steal them all. Oosh. We're going to do it all. Do you, Take I that, know, Marvel reviewers. Do you, do you have any of the books that you know that you're reviewing? I, have I no can't idea remember at this the point. ones up to it. No. I think uh, I, I think I may have a Gambit v Deadpool or Deadpool v Gambit. Not quite sure. I might no. have a Spider Man this week. A Spider Man, you maybe say. a Mockingbird. Who knows? Spider Man. All right, I, this is gonna get me up. I, everybody loves me. Everybody loves me. It's the news, Jim. No, I just wanted to hear my name being sung. I love it. Get Mike. I just want to. I want Mike to cuddle with me, hold me tenderly, and yeah. Sit me. Oh, <laughs> oh, Mike. I, I want Mike now. We need a male song, even though I do like the Pee Wee one. Pee Wee's great. Pee Wee uh, intro. But, Eric, that is it. I am so goddamn tired. So am I, man. I actually thought tonight was going to be quick. Me too. I don't know why. Next thing we're talking about, guys with the Ava Gabor wigs. And, and it's four. That was good, though. I guess it is a little earlier. Last week we went to like 509. Uh, it's 420 right now. It's, oh, yeah, it's 420? Yeah, all these people, man, 420, what does that mean? All these people with their fucking, you know, nonsense. Oh, we're so tired. We can't get this podcast in. Fuck you, all of you. Fuck off. <laughs> what do you think of that? Now I'm so tired, I'm just going to yell shit. It's just spiteful Fuck now. you. Yeah, at 420, I'm spiteful. These people, they half of them, that's their job. They go to work. They review comics. They do some things. And, oh, God forbid they have to do a fucking 45-minute podcast. Oh, heavens to Murgatroyd. What the fuck? Here we are. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hit the wrong thing. Here we are. We're freaking – we work all week, and then we get some time up. I actually went shopping tonight to get the high C Ecto cooler. My yeah. kids wanted some more. And uh, when I went, I was walking through, and I'm thinking, okay – I got to go home and start getting ready for the podcast. This was like 3.30 this afternoon. And I'm looking at all these people. I'm like, why the fuck are we doing this? <laughs> these people, like all these people are getting stuff for dinner and they're going to have a relaxing night on a Saturday, have a little wine like fucking Dante. Maybe even have a cookout. Who knows? Maybe have a cookout. We're going to fucking shoot some fireworks off. They're going to fucking fuck, I don't know, fuck some hooker. Go to the porn shop. Well, people do different look, things. Go to chat roulette. Fucking Chatterbait, whatever the case may be. It seems like Saturday, especially. Like Friday, you get done working. And the day, you know, that's not the, the relaxed day because you already work. You just, you're so happy to be home. You might I don't know, man. I got home yesterday. I fell asleep. Yeah, but I'm saying normal people, though, with their standard day. Saturday is the day because Sunday you're already like, God damn it, I got to go back to work tomorrow. Saturday, though, you, you go to bed. That's all we get. <laughs> you wake up Saturday morning. You get up and you're like, oh, the day I, I could go to bed now. I could do whatever. I can ignore my kids. I could fucking play basketball in a hundred degree weather. Whatever. Not me. Not you. We're there, huh? We got to get ready for this podcast. Oh, you podcast this. You fucking jerks. I don't even know who I'm cursing. I'm who are you yelling I'm cursing at? Out. Me. Me and you. Aww. Why? Why? Because we so love why? all our listeners. Yeah, we do. That's why. That's the people better appreciate this because I don't love. I don't even love myself, and I love them. I love. Oh yeah, we're terrible. We hate ourselves. I, I, we do, but I love when people kind of get in with the jokes on Twitter and message me and talk about things. That's like, great. 
It makes me feel important. It actually makes me think that I've done something in this life worth doing, and my dad can go fuck himself, Eric. He's what about, dead. What about being a father, Jim? Yeah, I'm not very good at that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's not bring that up because I'm not that great. But uh, but this, I think we're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Keep yeah, doing what that you're doing. Keep soundboard? doing what? Yeah. Let's, uh, that is inappropriate. Oh my I'm God. angry about that. You hear me, Jim? You hear me, Jim? You hear me, Jim? Oh my God. This is my Jim? nightmare. It's just you hear me, constantly. Jim? Jesus Christ, that door. Whew. Down here, it's our time. It's our time, Eric. It's our time, it's our time, it's our time down have, here. We have this podcast, Eric. Down here, it is our time, Eric. Down here, it's our time. It's, it's our, our time, time down Eric. here. It's, it's our by, time. By down here, does he mean hell? Because it's hot as fucking balls yeah, down here. And yeah, I, up there, though, that's their time. Down <laughs> here, Eric. Diplomatic community. Just been revoked. Goddamn right, it's been revoked. For anybody who's wondering, that was supposed to be an Aquaman. Yeah, it was. I had that. Sound. I even had it in its own folder. Aquaman never used. I I wanted to yell that Aquaman. Actually, I would have rather have you set it up like, "Hey Jim, don't they have diplomatic immunity?" And then I'd hit that, and then we'd be fucking. I forgot all about it. Oh, I did too. Wait, it would have been hilarious, Eric. Hilarious. <laughs> I don't know what's going on right now. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm going through all my sounds. I didn't have that many sounds tonight. Eric, you know what? Down here, it's (laughs) our time. It's our time down here. Shut your fucking mouth, Mike. You fucking, I hate him. I hate him. And I know you say without him, there's no movie. God, thank God. They would have had to move out of the goondocks. There is a movie right there. That to me did not stand the test of time. And <laughs> people go on, it's like, that is one of the best movies. And my kids have started to watch it. I think that maybe Ethan really liked it. Uh, the rest of them are like, this is You don't talk nonsense. to him no more. Uh, there was something that happened in um, Rick and Morty. We were watching a Rick and Morty, and I don't remember what episode, but there was a guy in the background, and it was Sloth. All at, right. Uh, my, he at the party? Uh, uh, maybe I can't remember what it was, but my ten-year-old guy, that's that ugly guy from Goonies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Was it all the imaginary people in Mike. the house? He meant Mikey. Oh, he didn't mean Slaw. <laughs> no. He meant Rudy. Yeah. No, I don't think it was that episode. It was like a, they were in uh, space, or I I can't remember. Might have been the one with all the Ricks. I I can't remember. But yeah, he did say that. But you know what I say about that era? Down here, it's our time. It's our time. What down my goal here. now is to play that so many times that everybody hates him as much. <laughs> Because boy, he is that, the, that line makes me laugh though. It's just it's so it, absurd. Is, yeah, it is. That is inappropriate, and I'm angry about that. Jeez, Jess, Jess, I didn't even know she was involved in the podcast. But friggin' every time I hit those, Brandon is cowering in the corner. <laughs> like, please let it stop. You hear me, Jim? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I love that you made me edit the door slam to everything she says. <laughs> it makes me I, laugh. Next week, I'm going to have it that I'm just going to edit like a word out. She's going to say, I, boom, everything. <laughs> just any, even a syllable slamming that. I like the idea of her being like a character in Pee Wee's Playhouse that just has a little door that opens and she says something and slams she says shut. something and then slams it shut. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, Eric, let me get to the sound that is the most important one for the night. What do we say when we end it? Everybody. You have a great week. Keep great week. Weird. Proud. We'll see you in seven. Proud. See you in seven. Oh, there he goes. Oh, there he goes.
isn't appropriate, and I'm angry about that. You hear me, Jim? 